Hey everyone, you're listening to episode number V100 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. For some godforsaken reason, we've actually made it this far. Uh, today's date is March 2nd, 2018. I'm Robert Ring. With me is Jay Totoro. Hello, hello. And a we have whole, 100 guests. A whole bunch of other people. <laughs> uh, where do we even start? Okay, first, in the red corner, we have Alex Scott. Challenger. Yo. Otherwise known as SNES Drunk. What's going on? Alex, how's it going? Uh, I'm here. <laughs> I understand. In the other corner, we have uh, Jay David, aka Gaming Jay. Hello, Jay. You doing? You doing good? Uh, I think I am. Are you doing better than Alex? Uh, yes. emphatically, yes. <laughs> it's not a contest, Robert. <laughs> but I'm doing the best. We also have. Can't, somebody's rustling their bag of chips right up against the microphone. By the way. Or a beard. I'm gonna go with beard. Uh, we also have in the four in the third corner, Ken from Extra Lives. Walla walla Washington. Ken, good to have you back. It's been a little while. It's been great. Thanks. Uh, we also have your drummer who is new to the podcast, Taylor. Holla at your boy. Taylor and Ken, uh, well, Taylor, we were talking about this just briefly a minute ago, but um, for everybody who is listening, I, as I said, this is your first time on the podcast. You are the drummer for Extra Lives. You were, uh, you said you joined the band in June, which right. was, uh, so, so you would have joined after we had them on the first time, but we didn't have the drummer on uh, anyway, so I guess you wouldn't have been on regardless. But you are... I guess relatively, you're the newest member, but I guess you wouldn't really be considered a new member of the band anymore, right? Uh, but uh, so Ken and Taylor, since it's since you guys are the ones that we've that has been the longest that we've heard from, uh, why don't you give us a quick update on how Extra Lives is doing and all that shit? Uh, things are great. Um, uh, we're keeping on the the weekly uh, the weekly jams, uh, kicking one out every Monday. Um, been going great with. Taylor, he's brought in a sort of a fresh new rhythm vibe. Um, and we've got a show coming up on the 7th, uh, which is Wednesday here in L.A. So if any of your listeners are out in L.A., we've got a show at Amplify in Hollywood. Uh, and we're, we're backing up Mega Ran. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he's kind of a uh, larger-than-life cult figure in the chiptune rap uh, corners of the world. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we're doing well. It's, very, it's, uh, it's been fun. Very nice. Yeah, we've had a couple, couple first, since I started with them, we've had our first couple gigs, and this would be our first, uh, or our third official gig, because uh, before that, we'd never played live. It was soon after I joined the group, what, like a month or two after we had our first gig, which was really cool up at, um, uh, what was that place called, Ken, CIA? Yeah. Yeah, which was a great event. It was all these video game groups, you know. Um, uh, super Madness. Kirby super Street Madness. Yeah. 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 That was super cool. cool. It's fun playing live. Well, we didn't think it was, the episode was going to be long enough already with what Jay and I <laughs> are going to be doing and with uh, Alex, uh, other Jay, and Ken, and Taylor. So we have one other very, very, very special guest to introduce to everybody. Please welcome the illustrious 
Chase the night cleaner. <laughs> I am. I am not that special. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just. I'm running through uh, what everybody else did this this week. This week alone. So, like, we've got the Final Fantasy Battle Team cover, which was awesome. By the way, actually, this oh, you're talking month, about you're talking about extra lives. Yeah, extra lives. Right. Like this month, you guys have been on fire. Like laying laying down Fantasy Star right at the top of the month. Oh, and then, like moving into oh, that Final was a good Fantasy one. And, yep. And uh, and like the Skullman theme, like that was that was really really nice. And then heck, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And then um, like uh, SNES drunk Alex, when I was uh, when I was working, um, I w- I came across what was it the uh, Al Alca- Alcahest? Um, yeah, Alcahest. Yeah, like I had never even heard of that game, which I mean isn't a big surprise for me. Like I, I do sort of lose track of, of ROM stuff quite often, but like it was interesting. That was something that I, I was really uh, after I saw it, I was just like, Well, I like Soul Blazer. I yeah. like Terranigma, so I I don't know how I never heard of this. Um and then uh, Gaming Jay, uh, like I put your stuff on while I work. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's just like you've got you've got such a good dialogue and you have so many games you have to get through. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you. But yeah, man. So um, all all I do is uh, is work, <laughs> <laughs> work and a podcast. Well, yeah. work on coming prepared is what you do. Yeah. <laughs> so Chase, you're the only one who I guess we haven't really gotten to promo their stuff very much. Why don't you give us a quick rundown um, of of your of your podcast and what you've been doing with that. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm one half of the Learn from Gaming podcast. My uh, my uh, co-host Stu and I just um, we just focus on games that we enjoy playing growing up and think about ways that they shaped us and what we learned from them while we played them. And that's what we talk about. And like we we usually end up sinking into all kinds of other stuff too. Um, like we'll we'll talk about news. I mean. Uh, Definitely, uh, this coming week we're gonna have uh, some serious stuff to talk about if Trump actually uh, goes and talks to video game companies. Oh, but I mean, it's like we're going back in time. But uh, that's neither here yeah. nor there. Um, <laughs> but you know, like uh, stuff like that, just it falls out of the sky now. So it's uh, like it's so easy to fill a podcast about video games, especially if what you want to do is talk about what you learn from them and what you like. So that's what I do. Sweet. So they can find your podcast, Learn That Gaming. Uh, I'm sorry, Learn It. Learn From Gaming. Podcast. Uh, yeah, no, you you know what? I want you to give the website. That's great. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's Learned From Monkeys at I Don't Know Where. Um, no, it's uh, Learn <laughs> From Gaming Podcast. Uh, so it's at learnfromgaming.com. Um, that's all you, yeah, yeah. If you can find one of those, even just put it in a search engine, you'll find something. Well, right thank on. you. Thank all you guys very much for joining us. We did have a, uh, a few other people that I had to uh, cut out, unfortunately. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, Hideo Kojima all wanted to come on, but I, I was like, sorry, it's, it's already a little bit too cool. <laughs> it's tough with those Please. guys. Yeah, so, uh, so uh, maybe they can come on next time, but uh, for, for now, we had to have on the important people. Um, this is what we're going to do. So, as you can see, we're having a little bit of a, of a get-together party. And since Jay and I, in a little while, are going to do our top 100 games of all time, we thought it would be have, we thought it would be fun to have uh, a bunch of our past guests on and things like that, to uh, to get to hear all of their uh, top five uh, video games, favorite video games of all time. 
So we're going to go through the list here. It's so difficult to do. Oh, man. Yeah, five is... I'm sorry for you guys. It, five is tough because you have to leave out so much stuff that you want to mm-hmm. put on there. Um, we're going to let Alex and Jay go first because they may have to leave early. And, I, and then Chase third because there's also a chance that he might have to leave a little bit early. And then uh, once all of our guests are done doing theirs, then we will bid them adieu. Because they probably don't feel like hanging around for the other eight hours while Jay and I give our top 100s. I would. I would if I could. Just let you know. <laughs> okay. I would I help you guys it. read emails. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, oh, shit. Then we got emails. This is going to be... Chase the email reader. <laughs> so um, let's go with... Uh, I'm just going to look at the list here. Alex, why don't you lead us off? Are you ready to give us your top five favorite video games of all time? No, but I can... Do it anyway. Uh, it's really hard to come up with five. Is yeah. is my point there? Uh, it's let's see. Obviously, most of these are going to be Super Nintendo games. That kind of goes without saying. Um, but there is one PC game from two thousand four on this list. Uh, Interesting. Number five, of course, Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League. Oh, Baseball. nice. Okay, it, it has to be on there. I'm so for glad. Me. I've completed. I've completed at least. I've lost track of how many seasons I've completed. At least 160, or uh, I'm I'm talking like 162 uh, game seasons. At least three or four, I think. And I'm in the middle of another one that I play off and on. <laughs> so, so it's I not live... just it's not just like a favorite game that you return to every now and then. It's like a favorite game that you still actively play quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, if I'm sick of everything, <laughs> like especially like if I'm grinding through an RPG, like right now I'm trying to get through one of the Fire Emblem games on Super Famicom, and oh my god. Some of those are uh, not that pleasant. Oh yeah? They're really grind-heavy and tough. And uh, so it's like, you know what? I'm going to play <laughs> something really easy. Griffey Baseball's always been there for me for the past... Uh, well, when did it come out? 94, I think, for the past 24 Sounds years. Sounds about right. Wow. So, that yeah. home run derby life in there. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, with, I forgot uh, about that. Can O'Corn is one of the... <laughs> <laughs> names of the <laughs> participants <laughs> fantastic but yeah that's my number five number four is the original star fox nice because, because and i know a lot of people hate that game and they look at it now and it's like what, what the hell is this like this looks like crap like this looks like the 90s like i think we've advanced a little bit past this but it's the whole package it's the it's the soundtrack it's the the weird anim what's i can't anima por- am, anthropomorphic Anna, there you go Anna oh there you go yeah you did it it's <laughs> <laughs> hard let's it's see hard you enough. can say it first correctly the talking animals <laughs> yeah there you go they uh they're funny um <laughs> except for slippy he sucks but uh, you just let him crash every time. But um, Slippy's the one who you always have to save, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> not a myth either. But and he's the most annoying. He has the most annoying voice, even in the Super even Nintendo even game. the instruction manual says something about like how yes. he's. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. It's funny. Keep an eye out for Slippy. Or <laughs> he's like, like he always gets in trouble. Like he's still every time. a great wingman or something like that. I feel like he always gets targeted. Yeah, like yeah. he's the one that's gonna die first. So why not just let him? Yep. Yeah, I think he sends a clear <laughs> s- signal to the enemy. Hey, I suck. So they're gonna target him, and you have to save him. And then he flies but, directly, directly away from you. So once you're 
lasers are done killing the bad guy, they go through and hit him, and then he gets upset about <laughs> and it. And then he yells at you for hitting. <laughs> I try getting out of my way. Um, <laughs> so I, I love that one. I love the soundtrack, especially. Um, I still like it. It's got some big problems. It's got uh, frame rate problems, mostly. Uh, you got, like, stuff popping up, like, <laughs> seemingly, like, 30 feet in front of your ship. Oh, yeah. Way too much... Uh, Time, or uh, not enough time to dodge stuff. I still like it though, and plus you can beat that game in like the, on the easiest path in like less than thirty minutes. So that's oh yeah, that's nice. the easy path on that one is really easy. I when yeah. I played it uh, not too long ago, I was unable to beat it on hard. On hard, yeah. yeah. The, even the first boss on hard—that's where where the sky is all red, um, and it's that tank thing instead of the ship. Yeah, I had um, a little that, trouble with that one. That's not that easy either. There was one, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was one of the ones in space also. And like, I could not, it was so hard yeah. to judge when to dodge out of the way when, when he shot stuff at you. Because, you know, it's, the judging depth in that game is kind of difficult. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's very limited in that sense. I think you're talking about the one where you said you fly into the base? No, 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 um, I don't... I don't remember. It was in, oh, okay. no, no, no. It was in space, is what I was saying. Oh, in space. Part. Okay, sorry. Uh, it was the first or second space level. I don't remember how many there are okay. on that path. But I yeah, eventually got past level, him. Really but I, yeah, I eventually got past that one. But I still couldn't get to the even yeah. to the last level. So that's my number four. Number three is Age of Mythology for PC. Interesting. It's <laughs> the follow up to Age of Empires two. As opposed to Age of Empires 3 came after Age of Mythology, but it's the same kind of game. It's real-time strategy, only you get god powers. And you get, like, gods, and then you choose, like, sub-gods, I guess? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. How many pantheons get, were in that? Yeah, yeah. And you, you get to create <laughs> heroes. Uh, my favorite was Loki, uh, because eventually you get a dragon, which is so awesome. It's like, I've been thinking about playing that game again. It's really fun. It's on Steam. Yeah. Uh, they did an extended edition. It's uh, mostly the same thing. I think they added another. They added another uh, three gods to it, but I haven't taken the time to look and and play as them or anything like that. But I love that game. It's it's fast paced and has the strategy element. It does real time really uh, fairly. Even playing against the computer is kind of fun. So yeah, there's that number three, and then number two. Is Mega Man X? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! That's a Robert, good one. I don't think you've. What was your confession, Robert? That you haven't even. Yeah, the my, yeah, it was that. Uh, the only Mega Man I've played is Mega Man Two. It's coming you out on the Switch, that. Robert. But the yeah. uh, oh, is it the, the oh? That's right. Yeah, the, yeah, the collection. Switch. Yeah, that's right. I heard about that. Yeah, I will. I almost promise that I'll eventually play Mega Man X and bunch of bunches of others. I mean, it's pretty much the definitive action platformer. Like, yeah, run to the right and shoot stuff, but kick-ass soundtrack. Oh, so well the, made. Some of the best uh, pixel art. Um, it was made in 93, which is really crazy. Um, and uh, it's I get flack from people for saying this, but I don't think it's that hard of a game. I can beat it reasonably... So when I sit down to play it, I expect to beat the game every time, and I usually do, unless I get impatient. But some people are like, this game's way too hard, but yeah. <laughs> um, last level on that one's the hardest, I think. The which one? doable. The very, the very last level where you got to go through like three bosses and fight Sigma? Yes. 
That's that's the hardest part. Yeah. Up until then, it's totally doable. Is that with the spikes and then you go underwater uh-huh. and all that stuff? Or am I getting that confused with the second game? I'm probably getting that confused. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't remember that part. Okay. That's probably the second game. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> I get all those levels mixed up once you play them a million times. But Just a blur of Mega Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a blur of death. Um, <laughs> number one for me is Chrono Trigger. Uh, this comes in the light of nice. Chrono Trigger being released for Steam, quote unquote released when they really just put the phone port on Steam, which is really sad. Yeah, it is sad. Um, they is didn't cool. even remove the. Wait, touch when did they put interface. this on Steam? Like three days ago, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. It was earlier this week. I don't think it's staying on for very long either. I think they're <laughs> they're taking it off again. It's like a limited release or something. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> well, just no. so blatant cash in basically yeah i hope they know that it's garbage <laughs> like <laughs> well, they have hope... such a perfect rom with the the, the ds version yeah. like honestly now the ds version is probably the definitive version of of uh how to play that game like one of the best ways to play that game especially because you can still play it on the 3ds sure um i mean hey uh play it on at the the super nintendo if you've got it 100 percent. but like if you don't if you can't afford to buy it uh, because it is skyrocketing like everything else on the Super Nintendo, definitely pick it up for the uh, for the DS because it is it's a very good port. Yeah, some people might not like how the translation was changed to be more uh, accurate, I guess, to very what good was originally point, yeah. intended. Like they don't say, um, "But you're still hungry" after using the Eternatron in the DS version. Yeah, that and- kind of. Ozzy and them, their names are different. It's like salt, pepper, and something. Or, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because they, yeah, Ozzy, Axel, and and or Axel, not Axel. <laughs> Ozzy, Slash, and Flea are all named after musicians, right? They're all named yeah. after the nineties. That so got snuck in there during the localization, the first one, yeah. Um, yeah, and that, that isn't in any later translations. I don't even think that showed up on uh, the PlayStation translation. Ugh. Why would you get rid of that? But um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's my favorite game ever because i've i've seen each ending at least twice um and i've seen the game over ending many times wow <laughs> but um it's super like it i i can st- one of my favorite gaming memories is playing this game for the first time renting it and i swear it felt like 30 minutes had passed and i had gotten all the way up to hecran the first uh uh, magic boss after you, you know, the boss after you get, first get magic. I swear, like I was like four and a half hours in the game. And I swear, it felt like thirty minutes of that. I looked <laughs> outside. It was like feeling. it was midnight, and I was like, "Oh my god, this this game is freaking incredible!" So, <laughs> not many other games have able to do that with, <laughs> with storytelling, and it's all because of how the story is told. It's not just that it's a good story; it's that it's structured really, really well. So, yeah. that's my number one. That's a really solid list. Did I ever tell you? Um, I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast, so I won't repeat it unnecessarily. But um, Alex, have you? Have I ever told you about my first experience with Chrono Trigger? No. <laughs> if you did, I don't remember. Okay. Well, this will be good for I everybody. So, first of all, I was playing the PlayStation port, which sucks. And, uh, but aside from that, so I was playing, and I never played the game before. This was not that long ago. This was like four years ago. Uh, and so I'm playing and I'm at the first part where you're at the little carnival, you know, and you know, it takes a little while. You just have to go around and do stuff. And then eventually after a certain amount of time, you can like, it'll advance. Like you can, like somebody runs up to you and says, Hey, come check this out or whatever it is that happens. Well, uh, 
I thought that you had to beat every single carnival game. So I spent like a couple hours playing every carnival game, getting all the coins or whatever it is that you have to do. Uh, and I, I played it. I fought against the, the uh, is it Gato, the robot? Yes. Yeah, I fought him a bunch of times because what doesn't he give you coins or something and you can use those to play? He some gives of the- you metal. He has metal joints and he gives you golden or uh, silver points. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, that's his song. So I'm playing. Yeah, you know the song. <laughs> Good job. So I'm playing this part for like a couple hours. I play him and I fight against him over and over so I can get some of those metal pieces. And uh, finally, like, get the game to progress and then realize that I didn't have to do all this. And, uh, you know, you can save on the map, but if you're not in the map, you can only save, like, at save points. And, yes. But it doesn't tell you that. It only says, hey, you can save at these save points. So I did all that and then uh, finally got the story to advance, got onto the map, then went to the first, like, little encounter. And it's, like, the first little, like blue, like, little blue monster group that you fight. And they wiped my whole entire party and I had not saved. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my because my God. health my health was all the way low from fighting Gato so many times. <laughs> and so they literally wiped Gato my party. The first encounter wiped my entire party and I had not saved the game once. That is funny <laughs> as hell. <laughs> so, Alright. Um, I guess it's time for us to move on to Gaming Jay. Yes. Jay, um, what are your uh, five games that everybody should play? Yes. So actually, interestingly enough, I was just looking at my list as uh, Alex was talking there, and I realized that I don't have a single Nintendo game, a single Super Nintendo game, or even a single console game on this list. Wow. Actually. What? Because wow. I grew up playing Nintendo, Super Nintendo. You know, most of those games you listed there, I would sort of thumbs up with you. But I just realized when I was making my top five, I guess I'm a bit of a PC gamer. So I like where this do. is going. I'm enjoying this. Um, <laughs> these, are, <laughs> these are all older games, though, so don't get your hopes up too much. Um, oh, you'd be okay, to, make, to make my top five, my mentality was sort of like, what games have stolen the most hours of my life when I was a kid? Ooh, that's a good metric. <laughs> I like that. Um, and the games that I played the most, um, number five, I had uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah. This was one nice. that I, I played with my friends all the time. Um, and, you know, we'd play like the, uh, you know, like modem games and stuff like that after school every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we got it got to the point where we figured out you could edit the any files that came with the game and you could make weapons do more or less damage. And so we tried to figure out ways of getting our friends to install an any file that we had edited. <laughs> so that, like, the handgun would be like, you know, we could kill them really easily. So, like, we got into, like, primitive hacking to try and screw over That's our friends. That's so funny. Um, but, yeah, that was just a great game. It was a game that uh, when my mom found out I was playing, she had strong Uh-oh. opinions Uh-oh. against me playing it because, you know, uh-huh. there's... Uh, ladies of the night and other such things. <laughs> yeah, that's the first game. Ladies that's the probably night. the first game I ever played that has boobs in it, I bet. Yeah, I remember when we figured out you could actually give money to the strippers. It was like, whoa, it was like a whole new level. There's and there's this one there's one room where like there's like panting coming from it. There's like sex noises coming from a room in in like a hotel that that you go through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember like trying my damnedest to figure out how to get into that room. 
<laughs> but like, <laughs> you can't it's actually. Amazing get... how much you can motivate teenagers. With the <laughs> I think I eventually use like a clipping cheat or something like that, and there's just like nothing in there as you would expect. Yeah. <laughs> just a total troll. Yeah. Um, yeah. So number five was Duke Nukem 3D. Uh, number four was XCOM UFO Defense. Oh, this is oh, shit. Uh, great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The original, right? The original. Yep. Kind of like a mix of like you know, X-Files and, and uh, Laser Squad. So you were tasked with this secret government organization that like uh, police the world looking for UFOs. You could shoot them down, build a base, research alien technology, capture live aliens, interrogate them. You had to defend cities. You had to do all sorts of stuff. It was that game was terrific. Um, single player game, but I I played the heck out of that one. Um, I, that's a, I've heard many, many, many good things about that game, and I uh, I do own it on GOG now, but I have not played it yet. Yeah, I, I would say if you're going to play it, like set aside some time because there's definitely a little bit of a learning curve, and mm-hmm. um, it is kind of a slow game when you actually get into the combat. It's like really interesting and strategic, but like if you have to go defend a town or something like that, it could take you like an hour and a half for that one kind of combat. <laughs> really? Because okay. you're moving every character individually, and right. it's all turn-based. And um, I actually haven't played the modern remake of it. It's been on my list to try for a while because I've oh, heard okay. good things about it. Yeah, it's it's but, different. Uh, it's... the The most recent thing that is similar to it, I would say, is Xenonauts, which is basically like a labor of love that was supposed to be like the old XCOM. Oh, okay. Um, but the the new XCOM. Um, how can I describe it? Like your squads are much smaller than the old XCOM. Um, right. The lethality is still there, but it's not as dialed up. Um, and I don't think, I mean, I haven't played all of the expansions, but the uh, let, let's just say like the ramifications of a, an alien mind controlling you and getting you to drop a grenade, not as significant. <laughs> As, uh, oh, as in the original game. There were so many little cheap things you could do like that. Um, and you're right, the lethality of the original game, um, especially at the very beginning of the game, your guys die from like one bullet. It's, it's oh, wow. crazy. It, it's really intense. That game actually introduced me to the idea of grief saving because I would save my game constantly as a kid and like mm-hmm. reload if I really got uh, screwed. <laughs> grief? I've never heard that term. That's funny. Yeah, I think I'm using it right. Maybe I just made up a term. But I think it's saving and then loading if something goes bad and continuing That's to do hilarious. that. <laughs> so, no, uh, I, so I've, never was... heard, I've never heard that term either, but I immediately knew what it meant. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, you can deduce it. So, uh, number three. Actually, this one is a little more modern. Um, FTL. Robert loves Oh, shit. Nice. nice. FTL. <laughs> That yeah, I do love this. I absolutely love this game. Blew me away when I played it. I didn't even get it when it first came out. I waited a long time, and then I finally sort of downloaded it on a whim. And I remember staying up until like 5 a.m. Um, playing it the first night I got it. It's it's just like the fantasy of being Picard. Like you're totally in control of a starship. You can like blow out the airlocks. You can. There's hand-to-hand combat with uh, intruders that come on your ship. You have to make decisions when you let, you know, when you encounter a planet or a group. You know, like do you try and help people? Uh-huh. It might risk your crew members, and you might get hurt. Um, there's really good ship combat in that game. 
which is really neat. Um, you sort of have to balance shields and energy, and you can sort of direct power to the weapons and things like that. So that game um, is I've lost so many hours to that game. I love. Oh yeah, you're playing that for years. Yeah, I love the balance of like having to kind of figure out your build, your ship's build as you go along based on what you can buy, you know? Yeah, uh, and there's so many different styles that you can end up adopting. Yeah. I, I still don't... Oh, have you played um have you played Into the Breach? No. So that is... The, yeah, that's a new game by the same developers, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to check it out. It's really good. Um, it, you've tried it? Yeah, I've, I've got it. Oh, okay, good. It's not um, as yeah. it's not as you can't ask for it to be good, as good as FTL, but it is very good. Yeah, see, when I heard they were announcing Into the Breach, I looked into it, and it did look interesting. And I did, I was a fan of Advance Wars, which is uh, an old Nintendo series. I guess not that old because they still Wars. make them. Yeah, um, yeah. Really? Uh, they do they still make them? Uh, there was they, one for they the... re-released them, but yes. they, they haven't made a new one in a while. I would love Let's to see that. a new Advance Wars on the Switch, man. That would be nuts. I would play that, for sure. Yeah. Well, you got Into the Breach in the meantime. Um, yes, yes. Looking forward to that. I, I've always wished they'd make a sequel to FTL, um, where you could have multiple ships and like things would get a bit more advanced. Oh, um, but if there are any fans of FTL listening to this and they don't know, there is a mod called the Captain's Edition, which basically... Uh, quadruples the kinds of weapons that exist. It adds tons of new encounters. It adds star bases, and it turns the universe into a universe you can explore infinitely. You don't have to actually oh, get cool. to that boss to end the game anymore. Uh, when I discovered that, it was like rediscovering the game again. It was another five a.m. and several weeks of my life sort of disappeared. So, <laughs> Although that's age. Like how much time I wasted on this? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, number two. Uh, as a classic RPG, Fallout. Oh, it, the original. oh, shit. The original. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, the sequels are good, too. Um, yeah. Fallout 2 was very good. It really expanded uh, Fallout 1 quite a bit, <clears throat> made it far more advanced. But Fallout 1, you know, when I first discovered that as a kid, like, it, it, it blew me away. Again, you know, these are all games that kind of blew me away the first time I played them with, like, you know, just just the stuff you could do in Fallout, you know, that you kind of wish you could do in other games where like if the shopkeeper is not cooperating with you, why not just blow him away and just rob his shop, you know? <laughs> right. That, I try. I tried playing Fallout 1 uh, a couple years ago for the podcast and I could not. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. No? No. Uh, what, what was the issue? Um, I, It's very slow paced, I mm. think, is what what got me, especially like at. Well, I mean, I, only at the beginning of the game, because that's as far as I got. Like, you start off and you're fighting rats, and you it takes, like, 30 <laughs> swings to finally kill a rat, because 20% of the time you... Because 80% 80, 80 of the time you miss. Right. Um, and then, In like... In Fallout 2, you actually start fighting ants, so... <laughs> <laughs> Are they easier to hit? Uh, you have a spear, but I don't remember them being that much easier to hit. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I think it was like Fallout 3 and the later ones that got away from killing vermin in the first level. Did they eventually get away from that? I didn't. I thought they still had No, those. rad roaches, man. You were killing I was rad, saying, roaches. rad roaches. Yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, that's are right. you? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, that's right. Is there any Fallout game where you don't start as like a glorified pest controller then? Or are they all like that? I think most of uh, I think that's... Type, their games are like that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just Fallout. <laughs> Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> 
Um, I remember playing the demo of Fallout 1, though, before the game was even out. Wow. And uh, that was actually interesting because they took Junktown from Fallout 1, but it had totally different sort of uh, stories and decisions. And you were locked in Junktown. You couldn't leave. But uh, it was very, I really like the fact that all Fallout games, no matter which one you play, there's so much moral ambiguity. And it's like, whom do you help? And it's like, you mm -hmm. might help this person who might make the town more prosperous, but he's actually an evil person. Whereas if you help the good person, it might screw over the town. And there's kind of no like right answer. Right. And I also like shooting people in the eyeballs. So <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? And the groin. <laughs> <laughs> It's always a good time. Okay, my very last one, uh, number one pick was StarCraft, the original. Oh, nice! Wow. The original. Yeah. Right on. Um, that was one that, another one that, you know, sunk <clears throat> countless hours into. Um, the campaign for that one is great. It, it was actually a really, I mean, it's a bit convoluted, actually, but it still was like a very interesting story uh, for its time, I thought, uh, when I first played it. Um, the multiplayer was really great, really solid, like to the point where like, I'm pretty sure it was still an eSport up until like, I guess it's several years now, but I mean, like Korea was playing it forever. So I think they are, I think they're still playing it. To be honest. Are they yeah. still they, playing they, it? They definitely are. They're going, they went back yeah. to Brood War recently. They stopped playing StarCraft 2 and they're playing Brood War again. Uh, I mean, there you go. Like, um, and I, uh, <laughs> so we, that's crazy. my friends years. and I would play online like legit multiplayer matches with other people and stuff yeah. but uh did you guys ever uh do this thing where you uh so in in battle net if you win a match your score goes up and people would create these uh comp stomp matches where it would be like all humans and then one computer and you put the computer on an opposing team and you like demolish them and <laughs> uh people would do this just to raise their score but <laughs> what me and one of my friends would do is we would join these matches and then we would only ally with each other and then we would watch the other players take out the computer and then they all start accusing each other of not allying up so the game ends and they start fighting each other and then we would like sweep the map and wipe everyone out. That <laughs> is awesome. Wow. Uh, that yeah. is extremely wow. awesome. There is a guy there was a guy in my dorm in college who uh introduced me to StarCraft and this was a little while after the game had actually come out. I'd, uh, what year did StarCraft come out? Was it 99? 90. It was like 98, 98, 99, somewhere so in there, yeah. this was 2001 when uh, he was like, you got to check out this game, StarCraft. And I started playing it. And then he would literally come into my dorm room and sit down and turn on StarCraft and then turn on... Uh, I forgot what it was, but it was a cheat where like the, where, like, the game doesn't end uh, if there's no human players. And he would just... Do a an AI versus AI game and just watch two AI play against each other. <laughs> Have you seen that's a thing now? There's a bunch of colleges that got together and they all had make AIs. And no, no, I'm talking about the 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 game. I, I know, AI. but have you seen that now though? That yeah, yes, familiar, I have seen actually. that. Yeah, that, that sounds really super cool. fun to watch. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, that that is, that's like the precursor to what people do now when they put on a YouTube video of like a StarCraft match. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It is, um, it is like it. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing that I really liked about StarCraft is that if you got bored of playing the actual competitive game, there were lots of custom game oh, modes. Oh, yeah. Use map settings. Oh, right. Use map settings. Yeah. RPGs. There were like uh, zone control things. There was just tons and tons of cool stuff. Um, so it was kind of like Little Big Planet in a way, I always kind of thought before Little Big Planet. So 
yeah, that's my list. That's a good one. That is a really interesting list. I yeah. think you had a lot of stuff that, that isn't going to make most other people's probably. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> right. I have esoteric tastes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Chase the Night Cleaner, just in case he has to right. run. Yeah, just in case. You never know. Uh, you never know. Um, okay, so here we go. Uh, number five is Marvel versus Capcom 2. I love Ooh. me some fighting games, all right? And I was really torn. I was thinking, you know what? I really want to put Street Fighter 2 on there. Um, but then I started to think about it. I spent a lot of time with Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2 has some really good elements to it, right? Like, it's like it's the genre-defining game. Um, it has awesome music. It has, uh, like, great, great sprite work. Um, the characters are all balanced, but there is just so much more going on in Marvel vs. Capcom 2 because Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was every character you wanted in a fighting game from Marvel and from Capcom all smushed together. 3v3, it was nuts. It was like taking Street Fighter and dialing it up to 11, except the music sucked. Um, <laughs> oh man, when you when you emailed us, I think it was the last episode, and you were like, "Yeah, the especially the character selection music is, or was it the title screen? Maybe it was either the title was, screen no, or the character, a, the character selection." Character selection. Yeah, character I was like, it's, "I was like, how bad can it be?" Horrible. And then I turned it's horrible. It's like the same um, five seconds so looped over and over. Yeah, um, that is that is the downfall of the game. That may be one of the reasons why it's not higher up, but um, just playing. Marvel vs. Capcom 2, like, that's a game that, I until 3 really, really started to build up, um, it was still being played in, in fighting tournaments. Like, people love that game. And it's, it's just because all of the other, all of the characters that were in it, aside from the new ones, had established movesets. Like, it was just familiar. You could get in there and play somebody that you knew, and it felt good. And it was just everybody all mashed in together. And now I think uh, Infinite has really sort of screwed things up because uh, Marvel was trying to cut out um, things like the X-Men um, because they didn't own them when they were when they started producing Infinite. So there are no X-Men in okay. the newest Marvel vs. Capcom. So it's just, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where, like, uh, the, the politics of pop culture are dictating what's actually going into these games now. Um, although it doesn't matter because, like, they can now do an expansion that has all the X-Men in it because uh, Disney, bought <laughs> Disney bought the X-Men back. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Love Marvel vs. Capcom 2. The sprite work in that is still amazing. I got it on Dreamcast right before the Dreamcast died, and I played the crap out of that game with a bunch of my friends. We had a really good time doing it. So that is my number five. I gotta ask, though, who is your go-to squad in that oh, game? Oh, go-to squad is Omega Red, the oh. Sentinel, and Juggernaut. I would wreck face with that team <laughs> and it was juggernaut takes up like half the screen well so does the sentinel but the sentinel and juggernaut like they they could feel no pain unless you really really wanted to um to smoke them um but uh whereas omega red could heal like you could actually suck uh suck the life force out of people and oh heal with the tentacles. damage yeah yes so what um like you could pull and like your tentacles you could actually grab people throw them up in the air start a juggle grab them again <laughs> suck them dry throw them to the ground like it was nuts um and like that weird sort of over the top it was almost like devil may cry style fighting in a yeah. fighting game 
Um, and I really, really liked that for like for a 2D fighting game. It was one of the best I'd ever played. Um, and I still kind of feel that way, but I haven't played a lot of contemporary fighters because I'm getting older and I had a life for a little bit. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, that happens. Um, okay, so number four. Number four, uh, after some deliberation, I decided that number four is going to be Final Fantasy VI. Initially, I thought this was oh, wow. going to be higher up because I love this game. I try to win this game at least once a year. Uh, like this is my really? JRPG. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I I connected with Final Fantasy IV back when it was number two on the Super Nintendo, um, but I was like eight, uh, whereas I was the right age for everything to click. And Final Fantasy VI is just like it's it's just an interesting game. Like it feels like a play on the television there are like there are actually segments in it where it's not to mention there's an opera but like there's actually segments in it where they'll do this sort of like fourth wall deadpool moment where like they actually look at the screen and it's mog and he's just like oh what are we gonna do now Um, (laughs) (laughs) like like so goofy and it was it was sort of like the height of that squaresoft goofiness i mean don't get me wrong chrono trigger did a really good job of it but Chrono Trigger was just, it was a different thing. Chrono Trigger, I, I'm not sure why it's not on my list, but it isn't. And it's because I felt a type of connection to basically every character in Final Fantasy because they did such a good job of of doing that. Like, I, I cared about every character in Chrono Trigger as well. But also, there is just something about that soundtrack. Like, oh, you, yeah. you play just a few notes from any character and I'm there, man. Like I'm in the game and I'm seeing like the cutscenes for each character. And it, it may have just been because they were like these little snippets. Right. Um, but like, it was so effective in the way that that game was assembled. And I mean, it hit me at a time when my brain was still developing. So like it locked it in and now it's like just part of who I am. Um, and uh, yeah, I really, really, really enjoy uh final fantasy 6 even to this day i could just turn that on and play through it anytime um uh and break it because that was one of my favorite things was using the glitch where you try to sketch an invisible monster and all of a sudden your (laughs) inventory explodes (laughs) yeah i remember reading about that um very special circumstances allow for that to happen and actually somebody took the time to track them all so if you ever want to learn about it there's a youtube video out there somewhere doesn't that also mess up your save or does it or does it? Um, there were rumors that it corrupted your save, but um, we had a game cart where myself on my save, my brother on his save, and my father on his save, we all did it. Oh, okay. And it, like, the, yeah, everything worked. Um, the battery never died. Nothing like that ever happened. Uh, there, I, there may be a, ch- a chance that you could corrupt things, but it never happened for us. Um, also, it doesn't happen in newer versions of the game. Like clearly, they patched it out because it was uh, it was an issue. You were never supposed to be able to vanish a creature and then doom or exome them. That was never supposed to be something that you could do. Um, so that's uh, that's my number four. Number three is a PC game called Age of Wonders. Now, a lot not a lot of people I know have played this game. It's a turn-based strategy, plays a lot like uh, Heroes of Might and Magic, except when it comes to the combat, it's tactical. And more importantly, the game is not based on stacks. So when I say stacks, uh, in Might and Magic, when you build something, if it's the same unit, there's a number beside the unit, the number just goes up. In Age of Wonders, every single thing that you make is on the screen when you Ah. fight. 
And more importantly, mm. you move it around and it's like a, a square map. So like you get to choose where everything goes if you choose to, to fight in tactical combat. There was a lot of really good stuff going on in that game. It also had a really solid soundtrack. Um, so yeah, that was uh, it was actually released around the same time as I think Might Magic 3. Um, so definitely got overshadowed because everybody went gaga over Might Magic 3. But it was a, it was a pretty solid game. Um, the later versions, so uh, number two and number three. Number three is a little closer to what number one was, but number two was just sort of dog shit. Uh, <laughs> sorry if that's on anybody's list. Um, I somehow <laughs> doubt it. Um, okay, so number two is another game that not a lot of people have played, but those who have really like it, uh, and that's Masters of Orion 2, The Battle for Antares on PC. So this is a microprose game. This is done by the same people who did XCOM that Gaming J brought up. And this is uh, 4X turn-based space exploration so like grand strategy style space game where you are the leader of a race you expand out into the stars you eventually get into giant epic battles with other uh with other empires and just cause all kinds of trouble and i was playing this game when i was either eight nine or ten and i never stopped (laughs) nice like i will still i will still flip this game on um Back when I was still living with my, uh, well, Stu, who's our my co-host for Learn From Gaming, I guarantee you, oh no, we already did an episode on this game, never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, we did a special episode on this game, like, we would just start playing this game for fun um, just a few years ago, and it, it holds up. Like, think- it is, it is, I mean, it's a game that was made in the 90s, but it's still good today. I think I would, um, I think I would really like that uh, if I ever played it. Yeah, and you know what? The the mechanics aren't that hard. It's not an inaccessible game. It's not like uh, today's Grand Strategy where you have to watch uh, eight 45-minute videos on YouTube to right. try and figure out one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's not so bad. All right, so I've got one more, and I don't think you guys are going to be able to guess what my number one is because it's contemporary, and it is Pokemon Sun and Moon. But more specifically, now I'm going to have to go with Ultra Sun and Moon, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I, (laughs) I've played Pokemon basically the entire run. So it came out back in, um, in 99 in the U S, um, and, and Canada. And I was playing it back then. I have Pokemon now in sun and moon that are, that are older than some people that I know. Um, like I've got Pokemon (laughs) in my game. No, but just think, just think about what that means. Like I, there were some games that did this, like Sue, Sue Coden did this back on the PlayStation where you could uh, bring your save file over. Mass Effect did this where you oh, could right. bring your save file over. And so then all of this time that you invested in this other stuff, like it sort of came over and had an influence. Pokemon is the only game that I can think of that has consistently included that sort of mechanic where the stuff that you have taken the time to do in other games, you can just take with you. Wow, that's cool. Um, and so, more importantly, it's on a light JRPG that has customization or customization to a level that has gotten absurd because there's over like uh, imagine it's your favorite JRPG, but there are eight hundred different characters to choose from, and I get to bring whatever ones I like into the next version as it comes. So as long as I'm That's at killer. the bleeding edge of uh, of the genre. Like as long as I just keep moving forward and I, I don't stop to look backwards unless they they release something that allows me to take that stuff along with me, um, like I can just keep doing this. 
and I don't I don't have to stop and all the <laughs> stuff that I've done just keep coming with me. And like that's why I put Pokemon in number one for me because there were games like Ark the Lad that did this. Uh, you could carry the save over from one to two and then you could use the stuff that you had in like an arena. But it was never to this scale. And the thing about Pokemon is it's only gotten better over time. Like the ability to play people. I can play anyone right now. I can just turn it on, play somebody in Japan right now if I want to. Um, used to have to like embarrassingly in high school be like, hey man, do you, do you play Pokemon? Do you want to <laughs> <laughs> it was college, but okay. Do you want to change me or something maybe? Um, <laughs> but like now I, you know, you don't have even like now I wouldn't care. Cause like, like what you like, right. Love what you love. But um, yeah, it's just uh, also, it has become so much more accessible. There were some mechanics that existed in older games that were just sort of garbage. Um, and they've gotten rid of most of that and they've actually started putting some effort into the story. So sun and moon are like some of the most colorful, uh, some of the most like the, the music solid, the, the animation solid and, uh, the story is solid. So, um, why not try it? That's my number one endorsement right there. Very cool. That's, that's really good. That's what I got. That's all I got. All right. Thank you very much, Chase. Let's go to... Uh, I don't want to have our newest guest be the last person to go. So let's yeah, have good. let's let Taylor go ahead and go next. That sounds perfect. I was just going to tell you, i got to get running to a gig. So that's perfect okay. to jump in and thank you. Um, let's see. I don't have a particular order of uh, five to, to number one. Uh, and my game tastes a little more simplistic. I, I, I like a lot of the... Fighting, racing, pretty like um, simple games. I'm, uh, and a lot of them are, you know, Nintendo or Super Nintendo. Okay. So I, I would say, um, I got a list that I'm narrowing. It. It's hard to narrow it down to five, but I would say, uh, Ocarina of Time is uh, obvious reasons. Just the takes you deep into that Zelda world. You know, it's it's a pretty amazing game, especially for. What was that for the 64 at the time? That, yeah. That's a pretty amazing game when that came out, and I think it still stands up. I haven't played it for a while. Um, it's got it definitely solid was. Solid music as well. Yeah, the, mu- the music, the whole world, you know, it like takes you into, you know, a whole nother place. It's, it was pretty, at least at that time for me. Um, and then I'm big fighting game fan, so I, I love Street Fighter 2. I spent so much time oh, shit. In, in that game, you know, in the arcades. And, you know, um, oh, that, that was just a, awesome. that, that was a classic for me, um, you know, and it, it built the way for so many of the fighting genres, I think. You know, uh, so, so many games kind of ripped that off. I mean, if you guys remember World Heroes for, uh, what was that, for Neo Geo? Do you, does any, uh, World of one? Heroes. I don't remember. That does not ring a bell. They 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 had like characters, the brothers that threw the fireballs and made the same sounds like, you know, something along the lines of Hadouken, you know, like they, they blatant. I mean, it was a good game, but it was like totally, you know, taken out of Street Fighter 2. It was, check it out if you can. I mean, I know Neo Geo, not as many people had it, but... Uh, that was the one where like each cartridge costs like what like a hundred. Oh, bucks oh yeah, game. they yeah. still do. They're still do? crazy expensive. Really? Uh, yeah, um, it's only getting more expensive with time, just because of the collector's market. Right, right. 
Um, and then I would say uh, the first Mario has always been a favorite <laughs> for the all, all-time classic oh, yeah. you know, music. And just some about that game to me is just, you know, nostalgia in a game. It's just, you know, you could just play it over and over. And it's great how quickly you can run through the game with the warps and stuff. You could beat the whole game in, you know, 20, 30 minutes, right? Yep. <laughs> so um, that one. And then let's see. Uh, big fan of Mario Kart 64 as a more <laughs> multiplayer game. I mean, I like the original one, too. The original Mario Kart was great, too. But 64 kind of took it to another level, I think. And just, you know, great playthrough and multiplayer game. You could just play that game all day long. Oh, yeah. You know? Still play that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then I would go... I'm trying to whittle it down between these ones. I mean, I'm kind of caught between the for the others with being uh doom or golden eye were both formative kind of <laughs> shoot, shoot shoot up shoot them up you know uh third person uh uh-huh. games that i loved doom obviously was on the computer but uh golden eye was just kind of like you know the first intro to four four player you know all out action on that and i know the game wasn't perfect with some of the design but just you know taking on the James Bond thing and, and the, the playthrough was really fun. And then the multiplayer, you know, we would have some crazy games of, it would get pretty, pretty rowdy and out of hand, you know, oh, that the absolutely proxi- the proximity uh, landmines or the, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you job. Oh yeah. Old old gun. yeah. Oh, man. One time we were playing that and uh, I had the revolver. And you don't remember if with the revolver, if you got a headshot, it was a one hit kill. And uh, I had somehow like knocked my joystick or like my aiming or whatever it was. I I don't think it was a joy. No, it wasn't the joystick that that I was aiming with. It was the, uh, the, the camera buttons that you aim up and down. Um, Oh yeah. Well, C, C buttons. Yeah. And I had, I had somehow hit it just right. To where it was perfectly aimed at every like at head level, so I was just running around one shotting my friends with the revolver, and every one of them thought I had like somehow put in some cheat or something. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that the multiplayer was so so good on that one. It was really classic, and I think uh, was that five? Did I do? Let me see. So uh, four or five? Yeah, I think it might have been. I five. Remember if I did? Yeah, Mario, well, Mario be- Kart sixty four, Goldeneye. Uh, SF2, uh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah, Ocarina of Time. Yep, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Doom is close to that, was like kind of tied with Goldeneye for me. I like, like I loved six that levels. game as a kid. That, you know, seeing that you could use the chainsaw and just like, you know, the scary kind of like, you know, post apocalyptic world. I'd never seen a game like that before when I started to play that game. You know, it was just the, the, the gore and, you know, taking place on Mars and, you know, it was just, it was intense that, 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 that period. And, you know, the graphics seemed really good <laughs> relative at that. Yeah. Point. At the time, <laughs> at the time, I remember the first time I saw a, uh, first person. Well, it was Wolfenstein 3d, which I guess, I guess was the first, first person shooter. But I remember yeah. the first, I remember the first time I saw that at a friend's house and it kind of blew me away. Like the idea that, Oh, like, this is my point of view in the game. Like this hand is sticking out, holding the gun. That's like me holding the gun. Cause yeah, yeah you know, right. nowadays that's extremely commonplace of course, 
But at the yeah. time when nobody else had done it, that was kind of like, wow, that's a really good idea. Yeah, that was a trip. Yeah, when you could when you could have the the fist coming out or the switch into a chainsaw or a Gatling gun or the rocket launcher, all the things coming from your perspective, right? And yeah. Then, <laughs> getting the 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 enemies to splatter if you get them close with the rocket launcher, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it was, yeah. I'd never seen anything like that at that point. I mean, yeah, there's Wolfenstein, which I I think I started that later after Doom for whatever reason, but um, yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. Well, I, I got to um, run off to this gig, guys, but uh, thanks for having us, and it's cool hearing all your uh, yeah. thoughts on some games that I haven't even heard of that I got to check out. Awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, that, that our listeners find out about games that they haven't heard of uh, on this episode, too, because that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for as well, some stuff that I haven't heard <laughs> of that I can go try out. So, Taylor, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you guys for coming. Yeah, thanks, guys. And uh, you, too. I'll catch you guys soon. Take care. Sounds good. Uh, Chase and Alex and, um, and gaming J all had to go as well. They had various things that we apparently timed the, somehow the podcast exactly right for. So they (laughs) got to do their stuff and then head off. Um, but Ken is still with us, of course. So Ken, why don't you, uh, I want to hear your list and I want to know how much these games being on your list are based on having good music or not. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I think all of them have very memorable music. Um, although the first one, my, my number five, doesn't necessarily. It's Doom 2. Um, okay. I, I also kind of fall into that. It was the first PvP, uh, first-person shooter that I really ever experienced. And I just remember LAN parties and that being such a, an amazing thing for the first time is bringing your computer over to a friend's house and hooking up and I don't know it just blew my mind at the time so um that definitely made a pretty big impression on me um but I don't remember the music actually all that well um so I guess that aspect of it didn't stick um so my number four is actually looking at my list here I I realized that I too have a lot more PC games uh than um, than console games, but um, my number four is Star Control 2. I don't know if you guys remember that game. Oh, shit. I have not played it, but uh, this is another one that I've really heard a ton of, like, kind of like XCOM. Uh, yeah, it kind of falls into that same boat, and I actually yeah. haven't played XCOM, but it it has this, it, it has, there are many different aspects of the game. There's like a the, the story that you go through, but you're also... Um, building the ship and you go to planets and you mine for different resources then you have to come back and you're like you're basically searching the the galaxy for these guys called the urquan masters or something and what was really cool about that game which i guess didn't exist exist in star control one was they had a uh, a melee version where you could just pick uh all the different enemy ships that you find throughout the game and you could play them uh you know versus your friend and you just pick like 10 of your favorite ships and then he would pick 10 of his favorite ships and then you would just go head to head and i thought that was oh, yeah, that's cool I, I spent countless hours playing star control 2 so that I had to make my list nice. um great music on that um and then my number three is also a pc game it's uh sim city 2000 oh, oh, cool. <laughs> man that that's game my list. that game has that's... surprisingly good music oh, yeah it does it just sucks so many hours of my life like and how cool was the you know the the map editor? I thought that was just so slick. Yeah. Like it just yeah. it worked so well, and 
actually yeah, I just really true. And you know, I I I ended up after, I think after I came to your podcast, right? That you had us on last time. Um, you guys, you guys had mentioned, oh, you should just, you know, go get it again and, and try playing. It. And I did. I was like, oh, this feels so good. It feels <laughs> like I never left. It was fantastic. <clears throat> um, so yeah, that's my number three. And then for my number two, um, I think I should just put Final Fantasy as my number two and just kind of say, hey, it's a bunch of the games. <laughs> just because, in general. Yeah, I mean, you know, the first RPG that I ever played was Final Fantasy one, and that definitely started my really kind of brought me into the world of video games in general like that just um and so i'll always nostalgically love number one but i think um it would be a toss-up between uh final fantasy 2 which is four so two or else final fantasy 7 um but they're all great i mean each one has merit and the music is always consistently pretty good so um that's that's my two spot and then uh my number one game is Portal 2, um, another uh, game that, I don't know, it's probably not on, on a lot of people's list, but I, I just love the action really puzzle popular. story. Yeah, what a great game that was. I just thought the mechanics were, it's my definitely the type of game that I love, solving puzzles and while you're kind of navigating a story and also, um, you know, jumping around. And so, yeah, that, that's, my, that's my number one. Very nice. That's a good list. These are all like yeah, super like interesting it. lists. They're all unique. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. Everybody approached yeah. it differently. They really were. Um, well, Ken. So it's now you, now you guys, huh? Now you guys are uh, <laughs> 100, huh? I think we're going to... 100. Yeah, I think we're on to uh, this endurance test pretty much. Cool. Well, we thanks for having happen. me on. Um, yeah, I'll thank you. Take a listen later. <laughs> yeah, everybody else had to go. So you're kind of the last one <laughs> hanging around. So, uh, Ken, thank you again for coming on. Uh, I continue to listen to you guys' stuff on Extra Lives, and uh, it's 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 always extremely super awesome. Good. Like every awesome. <laughs> like every, every week, I'm like, all right, shit, here it is. Yep. Yeah. Once again, didn't disappoint. Although you still have yet to top uh, Dire Dire Docks and Jolly Roger Bay, but that's a that's a tall order, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you liking that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, from last night. Yeah. Well, we'll try our best. Okay. Um, to top that. So. Cool. Awesome. Thanks again, guys. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Talk really to you later. Yep. Bye bye. Well, Jay. I think we're finally alone. Finally. <laughs> what do you want to do now that everybody's gone? Well, eat pizza. That's not what I had in mind. Oh. Zip. Guesses. Um. Well, I, th- I, I, th- I guess it's time for us to uh, to try doing this. Yes. Are you ready? Yes, it is. Yeah. Let me pull. Let me uh, a list here of 104 games. I've got a big pot of oolong tea next to me. I've got a big glass of water. I have an empty jug. Oh, man. You ready to go? You ready to do this? I am. You think you can handle it? Um, I don't know. All right, well, this is all right, this is my thought. I think for the first um, 50, we should, like, literally try to stick to, like, 15 or 20 seconds per game. Honestly? I'm okay with. I actually think even less is okay. I think less is okay too, because yeah. even that is gonna. We're gonna be here for a while just on those, and then we'll sort of assess. 
how long we've been going and uh, maybe even keep that rule for the next 20 or so after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just see how it goes. So like 15 or 20 seconds. And then like, if the other person wants to say something in response, like keep that to maybe like 10 or 15 and just try to go like that until we get to our 50. And then we'll uh, pause, see how things are sure. going. Uh, probably masturbate and then Ooh. finish the other 50. Are you good with all that? I am. All right, cool. Well, um, as usual, I have to randomize who goes first because I'm scared of making decisions for myself. Listen, I'm right there with you. How are you doing, by the way? I haven't got a chance to be like, hey, what's up? What's, how's your week been? Hey. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm glad it's the weekend. Just been hanging out, playing a lot of board games. So we're not going to do news or anything like that this time. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> we'll save all that and go over the few little things that have happened in the next episode. Uh, so that we're way doing we can... our top five after this, after the top 100? Yeah, so the, t- yeah, so the top five is uh, games, best uh, five games that we think would have probably been on our list, but we've never played them. I'm, I'm going to short it to the five best games we've never played. How's that sound? <laughs> Looks Sounds good. <laughs> All right, um, I guess let's do this. All right, so it looks like I am going to go first. Okay. Uh, so let's roll. All right, my number 100 most favorite game of all time is F-Zero for Super Nintendo. Uh, not a whole lot to say about it that I haven't already said already. I just love the uh, the music, the sprites, the, the, the sense of speed. Doesn't hold up extremely well today, but it's still pretty fun to play, and especially at the time, it was uh, it was super fun. Cool. Um, I have nothing to say. Okay. My number 100 is Terraria for PC. Oh, wow. Um, this game is super fun. I love the fact that you can use a controller for it. Um, if you haven't played this, it's kind of like a zoomed out version of Minecraft. And it's just got some really cool elements to it. And they keep updating and adding more and more things that just make it well worth however many dollars you have to spend on it. I've tried playing Terraria and I, I, I end up like the, the, the beginning of the game is a little bit of a, of a grind. A little slow. Yeah. So I, haven't I played really... it when it first came out, so it was uh, it was a perfect. Nice. All right, my number ninety nine. That sounds so weird to say. Uh-huh. Is uh, I'm going to go with League of Legends. Wow. This isn't a game that I play at all anymore. Um, but I was like kind of hooked on this for uh, for a few months really, and I played it basically every chance I got. I w- I was never very good at all, but uh, but I r- I really enjoyed it for a time. Um, my number 99 is Jet Set Radio for Dreamcast. Cool. Okay, okay, can hear me? I just want to make sure you can hear me. Um, yeah. This game, I, I spent countless hours playing this game. Music in this game is fantastic. The art style was very good for the time, and it's still kind of fun. The story is ridiculous, and the gameplay is just it's something else. Like It's just a very, very fun game, and just very warm-hearted, I would say. I love games like that that are fun and they have a fun premise and like for the story, it's just like, whatever, just like... Yeah, it's like Katamari. It's like Katamari. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, whatever. You're rolling over shit. All right, let's yep. do it. <laughs> All right, number 98, Swickadin 3. This is actually the first RPG that I ever like liked. Like, honestly, like as weird as this is, one wow. of the first RPGs that I ever played even. For some reason, I never played any rpg that i can think of until swicked in three i don't know how in the hell that happened but um i really enjoyed it and i got really sucked into it played all the way through and i and i just really really loved it cool uh my number 98 is sorry excuse me 
Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron oh, for wow. GameCube. Yeah, this game is uh, very tilting, very frustrating, but very rewarding at the same time. I, I played this shit of this game when it first came out, and I actually have a, I noticed I have a lot of GameCube titles on here, but I played a ton of Rogue Squadron, got extremely frustrated, and never beat it, but got close a few times. I played Rogue. I had uh, Rogue Squadron on CD-ROM when it came out, and I don't know if this yeah. is a port of that or. Um... I, I imagine I it's no pro- idea, it's it's probably a totally different game. I would have to think, but I don't know. <laughs> and uh, but but I would describe it that one the same way as like super tilting, frustrating, really frustrating, but also really cool. Yeah. All right, uh, my number ninety seven, Command and Conquer Red Alert two. <laughs> <laughs> this was one not the, not the first, but one of the first um, uh, RTS games that I ever played. Uh, I, I well, Command and Conquer was the first I ever played. Then I played Command and Conquer Red Alert, which and I love that. And then uh, Red Alert Two w- was an improvement on that even. Um, and I used to play this. This was one of the. This was like the first, not only the first real time strategy game that I played, but all, or you know one of the first ones, but also the first one that I really uh, that I played like against another person, and uh, playing a strategy game. Uh, against like a friend was so much different from playing, you know, like GoldenEye or like Mario Kart or anything like that. Uh, and I, I really, it was kind of like, it, this is another one that really sucked me in, in this case in the multiplayer, because I'd never played a multiplayer game of this style before uh, against, against other, you know, against other human players. Do you know about the Grenadier bug in multiplayer? Mm-mm. You can like, you basically queue up an attack as a grenadier, and then you click anywhere on the map, and the grenades fly to that. Oh, place. I have heard about that. You're so you, you just like there's this rush tactic where people would just summon a ton of grenadiers, and just all of a sudden you just start getting pelted with volleys of grenades and just die. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it is very tilting. Yeah, I imagine. All right, number ninety-seven. Mine is Rock Band for the Xbox. This is I could not help myself but put this on here. Rock Band is. Uh, we were talking about this last time. I played a ton of Rock Band, and I yeah. played with so many different people. It, it was just, it's it was like having a pool table in your house. Like people just came over to play Rock Band, and <laughs> it was just such a fun game. And you know, there are a lot of iconic songs and songs you might like and stuff. But I don't know. I could play this game for hours and hours and hours, especially with groups of people. There's just there's just so much to it. Did you have a favorite song to play on there? No, probably. Oh. Uh, actually, there was one game. There was one song called Brain Freeze by. It's a girl singer. Girls singer. I have no idea about the song, but I really enjoyed playing it because it was just very fast paced and you know, it's just rewarding when you did faster songs or more difficult songs. Cool. Uh, we're on 96 now. Is that right? That is correct. All right. 96 tribes two. um, this, I used to, this is another one. The game is a good game. It's not like a fantastic game, but it was really good at the time. It's kind of more of a, uh, sim style, uh, not, not, I, I, it's more sim than arcade I'll say. For for a first-person shooter, it leans a little bit more toward uh, simulation. Oh, yeah, I played this. Okay. And uh, it's two teams. It's typically capture the flag. And uh, I bought this my first year in college, and one of my high school friends who went to another college, uh, he also got it. So we used to play all the time together, and uh, we just had a really fun time. There, you, There's vehicles in it, which was you know fairly novel at the time. There's uh, the, the weapons, like, really take a lot of skill to use. You can never just like, you know, point and spray or anything like that. Uh, it's uh, I, I just had a whole lot of fun with tribes too. I like it. Uh, number 96, Wii sports for the Wii. 
we got a we got a we as a family when I was growing up, and I can't tell you how much time we spent over the the Christmas break playing this as a family. Like from the skiing to the tennis to all the different things you could do with this with this setup, it was super duper fun. And we would we would literally just compete against each other over and over and over, figuring out different tricks and, and mechanics to um to get really high scores, but. The funny part is, like, obviously you think, like, oh, that's good. You're getting physical exercise. Like, nah, we'd find gimmicky ways to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to do any exercise? <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. But I, I can tell you right now, we, we, we play when this first came out, the fir- for the first two weeks, we were playing this nonstop. If nice. you weren't on it, somebody else was. That's awesome. All right, my number 95 is Combat for the Atari 2600. Uh, hmm. th- this was another, I guess this is kind of the theme for a lot of these... Uh, or for for maybe maybe not. Anyway, what I was gonna say is, um, oh yeah, <laughs> let me try this again. This is kind of similar to the last two games that I talked about because uh, it's it's a very early multiplayer experience that I had, mm. and it was super fun to me. Uh, combat. It's a top down game where you control tanks, and on some versions, on some like modes, you control airplanes, and it's you have one tank, the second player has one tank, and you're just trying to kill each other. Uh, you're, you're going around, it's kind of like a maze, sort of, uh, not, not so much a maze, but like a screen with little obstacles that you can't like just drive through and you can bounce your bullets off of them. So you're going around trying to like get angles to, uh, bounce bullets off, um, while you're trying to shoot your opponent and, uh, hopefully they don't move out of the way while you're doing that. Very rudimentary game, but, but the, but I feel like the multiplayer does still hold up fairly well for what it is. And, uh, I just remember I used to play against my dad on, uh, in this quite a bit and it, it was it was a uh, really unique for a multiplayer game at the time i really enjoyed it cool uh my number 95 getting away from multiplayers is prince of persia the sands of time for ps2 this game is super duper fun and the first time you really under- i mean everybody probably knows the mechanics now because it's such a popular series and there's obviously a movie made out of it but first time you play this game not knowing exactly what you're getting yourself into it is breathtaking you're like what is going on? So you make your first mistake, you rewind time, you're like, oh, okay. And then you're like, oh, I'm invulnerable. I can just do whatever I want. And then you start getting cocky and you start dying a lot because you run out of, <laughs> run out of power. And you're like, all right, maybe I should calm down oh, a little shit. bit. <laughs> and then you start going in again and it's just, it's just so fun. It just rinse and repeat of you like playing safe and then burning all your resources and then playing safe. I, I had a That's lot of fun great. with this game. I've played through it. I've played through it quite a few times and every time I have a blast. That's cool. Uh, 94. Is that right? Three, two, one. Uh, yep. Yeah, 94. Right. Number 94. Another multiplayer game. Keep talking and nobody explodes. Oh, man. <laughs> this is a great one. Oh, man. I'm sad See, this is what I was talking about. Yeah. This wasn't on any other list I looked at. Oh, yeah. It's oh, it's so much fun. It's so unique. Uh, real quick rundown to anybody who hasn't played it. One person has a physical uh, printout of... of like bomb diffusing instructions in front of them. And the other person is sitting at the computer screen... And they're saying, all right, I've got a bomb here in front of me. I have to defuse it. And there's like, you know, uh, the, there's wires. And, uh, okay, the wires are going horizontal. And the first one's red. The second one's white. And the second one is white with white with red stripes, blah, blah, blah. And the other person has to, like, flip through the instructions and tell them how to defuse it before the bomb goes off. It's such. I've a, actually thought about playing this with my team, like, as a team building exercise. But I think they'd kill each other. <laughs> they would kill each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so much fun. And also, it's such a unique idea. Yeah, it really is. Like that's the that's the idea you see and you're like, damn, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. That is so clever. That's a good one. Damn, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, 
Alright, back to the multiplayers. Number 94, we have Left 4 Dead for PC. I adored this game when it came out. Oh, wow. Out. Really? The multiplayer in this game is really, really fun because I think you, you do parties of four. And I yeah. you alternate playing the four humans and then you alternate playing the four zombies. And my god, this game is so fun. I love the strategic elements of it. I love how scary it is. I love how you can just do random things to fuck with people, like the witches, which are just absolutely terrifying. It's, if anybody who hasn't played this game, it's this little girl kneeling in the shadows, I guess you could say, and she's just crying, and it's this very loud crying. And if you get too close, she starts growling and ultimately just runs you down, and it's terrifying. But what's great is when you're playing on the zombie side, you can stand behind her to get the, the opponents to accidentally shoot her to, to cause her to aggro. Or oh, nice. <laughs> so there's like these real fun strategy elements or there's real – we used to do things where we'd sit there and hit the witch because the witch is not a playable character. Actually, yeah, she's not a playable character. And uh, so you would sit – you would just kind of like hit her just to like mess with the other team and kind of taunt them and stuff. And um, the other thing, one last thing is uh, every so often I think there was like some sort of resource that allowed you to get what's called a tank. And it's this ridiculously massive zombie, and one person would get control of it, and you just go off. You're just running at people and just punching them, and they're flying. And it's just, oh, God, I love playing this game. And <laughs> I, I spent a ton of time on this. That's awesome. 93. Should be higher on my list, to be honest. But... I'm going to go with, for 93, Mario Paint. Uh... Ooh, oh, man, this was on my list, too. <laughs> oh, is it? I love this game. It's so so much fun, especially back when it first came out. Uh, you know, of course, there's the novelty of having the mouse and you know for yeah, hooked up to the Super Nintendo, a Nintendo mousepad, and being able, to, yeah, the Nintendo mousepad, being able just to draw on the screen, uh, and then it, and it was like for what you know for the time, it really had a whole bunch of features. You could make little animations. You there was like a limited coloring book, basically mode you can make uh yeah music. i love that too yeah that was cool <sighs> there was the music where you could like have all sorts of down uh different sounds and put them on like a bar staff so they actually play in whatever notes you want them to play uh there's a little fly swatting game there was yeah, you remember how they were fun. like eight different ways to clear the screen like to erase everything on screen there were like all these little effects like you could if you just want to yeah. clear the screen you could just say all right clear the screen or you could like pick one of Do like 10 wasn't effects. there like an earthquake one I think there was like an earthquake one where it all shakes and then kind of fizzles out eventually. Yeah. And there's one where it goes like like the screen is going really staticky, like you're like the cable's getting disconnected or something like that. And then it and then it goes clear. And then there's like a rocket that goes up the screen and erases everything as it goes up. Uh, there's one that like makes it get like really pixely, and then the pixels start getting bigger and rougher until it's all one big one one color. Uh, Mario Paint, that was such such a cool idea. It was a really fun game. Another one of those ones you're like, such a simple idea, but I love it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I was like, what, what are we doing? Uh, 90, <laughs> number 93, uh, this is going to be Dungeon Keeper 2. I wanted to put either this or Dungeon Keeper 1 on here, and I, there was a couple where I kind of had close calls, and I decided that the one that's more widely acceptable, if that makes sense, like more people would enjoy it, um, I ended up bumping it up just a little bit. And I know you weren't a huge fan of Dungeon Keeper when you played it um, for our holiday extravaganza, mm -hmm. but Dungeon Keeper is a very fun game to me. I still enjoy the concept of, of just being this dungeon master that's digging through the dirt, trying to get gold, trying to defend against the humans, and you recruit these ridiculous creatures from bile demons, which are these obese red demons with large horns that have flails on them, to oh, succubi, to goblins, to all these different creatures, and 
you do these different things to encourage them. Like bile demons are these, again, obese creatures. So you have a certain number of food and a certain number of training facilities. They're encouraged to come to your dungeon. And it's just, it's fun to build up an army and just watch it fight the, the opponent. And it has a unique mechanic of being able to take control of the different demons, which to me was really advanced for the time. And I, I, can, I played through this game probably the first one at least five or six times and this one at least two or three times. And I will continue to do so. I enjoy every single playthrough and every single time. It's almost like the first time. Like it's just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Like all these different mechanics, <laughs> and, and the music's good. It's just cool game. Nice. All right, ninety-two. I'm gonna go with Darkest Dungeon. Mm. Uh, very cool, very atmospheric, and and really, really, really dark uh, RPG. Also very unforgiving. Um, it came out, I guess, two years ago, maybe three. And you control a party, and uh, you, you have to like recruit people to come to come like fight for you and join like your 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 group. And after every uh, dungeon, after every time you like go into a dungeon and try to get to a boss, uh, there's a uh, there's like a well during the dungeons there's a grief meter. I forget what exactly what it's called. Where if they get like too freaked out, they'll like like go batshit crazy and start like everyone has like a certain effect. Like some of them might start attacking other people or sometimes they just like won't go when it's their turn because they're like, so, you know, <laughs> everything is like gotten into their mind so much. And so when you go back to town in between dungeons, like a lot of them will have to go and like rest for a little while before you can use them again. The art style is great. The monster design is, is insanely good. Uh, it's just a little bit of a grind at times is my only complaint, but a really, really cool game. Yeah, you, you, you've encouraged me to play this before. I remember you talking about it very positively. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, number 92, this is going to be Star Wars Battlefront 2 for PS2. Um, this is a super fun game, and it's a great game to play, uh, what do you call it, split screen. I played countless hours with, with friends, um, I can't even say how many times, but Star Wars Battlefront 2, you just kind of get dropped in there, and you just you just do what you want to do. You just destroy things, and I don't do know. Do what you it's want. Just a, you just do what you want, right? Now, it, it's a very fun game. I haven't played a long time, so I don't remember any any specifics to, to really talk to it about, but I don't know. I just remember having a lot of fun with this game, and I'm really sad that the uh, new installment was, was not very good. Yeah, it's such a damn shame. All right, my 91, Katamari Damachi. <laughs> uh, you just can't go wrong with this game. It's uh, so weird. You're a ball of junk rolling around, picking up other junk as you as you go. Uh, you start off a level like picking up little like batteries and paper clips and stuff. And eventually you're picking up dogs and chairs. And then you get, as you get bigger, you can pick up bigger things. So you're picking up people and cars. Some of the levels you start eventually picking up entire buildings, crazy fun game. The, uh, and like this, this quote unquote story that they put in there is just as crazy as the gameplay itself. And just as weird. Uh, there there's, this is like a game that was just like, What's some random super fun idea that we can come up with? All right, just put that into a game. I like it. Thank you. Uh, number it. 91. I know this is going to be much higher on your list, but mm-hmm. Tetris. Classic. classic <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it's way higher on your list. And are huge. I, I like Tetris. And, you know, anytime I kind of <laughs> get a chance to play it, I, I definitely do so. Uh, what is there to say? I mean, it's a fantastic game with a great soundtrack and never, I mean, at least in my experience, I have never gotten, the whole gameplay has never gotten old, no matter how simple it is. It's just, I don't know. It's just such a fun game. I will give you that I, I have always enjoyed the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, without question. You can't not. All right, my number 90, 
Final Fantasy VI. Um, <laughs> I don't really have much to say about it, uh, especially not anything more than, than it was Chase, I think, that talked about this one on his. Um, but just super solid RPG. I'm not, as everyone probably knows, I'm not a big RPG fan, but this is a very, very good one. Okay. Uh, number 90. I think you're going to be on your list as well. It's Twist Metal Black. Okay. Uh, okay, maybe not. Uh, so Twisted Metal... Uh, I'm not going to give I... it away, bro. Okay, okay. Twisted Metal, uh, obviously a very popular series. Oops, sorry. No, Deafened everybody. Uh, <laughs> Twisted Metal, very unique series. The, the whole just battle royale of cars with, with different backgrounds and storylines and abilities is just super duper fun. I played a lot of split screen on this. I played those stories countless times just because, especially Twisted Metal Black, this, this one in particular, the stories were... They were good. They were actually very good. And you you were kind of tied to the characters as you went through. And the resolutions were... They were kind of the same across... There was a lot of similarities, uh, I will say. But this game is very, very fun. The graphics were exceptional at the time. They're pretty subpar now. And the music is actually very good as well. The older ones, I didn't enjoy the music as much. But this one, I think, had a pretty solid soundtrack. I think it did, too. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, likewise, I, to be honest. I just remember like It's kind of like Tony Hawk. Right. I like the soundtrack, <laughs> I but I couldn't it. name any of the songs. Exactly. All right, 89, Half-Life. Uh, oh, yeah. Everybody knows Half-Life, especially when it came out at the time. It was uh, so cool, the, 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 the level design, the, the story that was there, the fact that the story is like built directly into the gameplay without having cutscenes, and also the fact that it's basically, instead of going level to level, it's, it's the first first-person shooter that I ever played, and I think that maybe there ever was, that there's not like distinct levels. It's you going through the the whole entire game is is one giant level, and uh, that was always I always thought that was super interesting. It's a good choice. Thank you. So here's one that you may not have thought of. Uh, this right. is gonna be Plants vs Zombies for PC. Uh, I actually I, I I actually did consider that because I was like, are there any mobile games? Uh, and then I thought about that one. I was like, you and okay. I had the same thought then. <laughs> I mean, if you have to talk about multi multi games, when we're talking about the best, I think Plants vs Zombies is probably, arguably, the best mobile game. I mean, I know a lot of people would say like Angry Birds and Candy got, Crush. But... I've got a better one. Okay, I'm kind of curious. Like, I, I think the like the big dogs are like Angry Birds and Candy Crush. But... Anyways, Plants vs Zombie, very very fun game. Uh, the first time I got my hands on it, I, I actually I watched somebody play it, and I was like, okay, I definitely am playing that game. And I played it, and I burned through it in an entire weekend. I played it nonstop, and I loved every second. I mean, music's fun. The The first one was exceptional. The later installments of the game, I know a lot of people are very fond of them. I do not like the later installments. It just it got too mobile gamey, if that makes sense. It was just too focused on yeah. how can we encourage you to do microtransactions right. and you know, just all this random shit is not my thing. Yeah, I agree. But I, I played the first one as well, and uh, it was a very solid game. I've played through the whole thing a couple times. <laughs> All right. Um, 80. Uh, shit, where are we? That was 88. Okay, 88. Street Fighter IV. Um, until fairly, well, until I guess about a year or so ago, it was the most recent Street Fighter game. And uh, very good. Very solid Street Fighter game. I went through a little phase with it where I played it a whole bunch. I don't play it anymore, but um, it's again, it's I mean, it's Street Fighter. It's very solid. Got a got a really good cast of characters, uh, very well balanced, and a fun game to play. And it looks really, really good. I like it. Thank you. 
Number 88. This is going to be Yoshi's Island for Super Nintendo. I couldn't actually de- decide where to put this game. I enjoyed playing this. The, I, I enjoyed playing both this and the second one very much. I think maybe it's a very close call in my mind. But There's a second Yoshi's Island? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Isn't there a second one? Well, we, we talked about this, we talked about this one time, and I think the conclusion we came to was no. This is the first one, but it's, it's called Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Because oh, that's... It's the weird. sequel to Super Mario World. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, thank you. Oh, man, that is so annoying. <laughs> yeah, Regardless, I know. Um, number 88, I mean, it's a fantastic game. If, if you haven't played this one, it's a very enjoyable RPG. Regardless, very fun game. Um, if you enjoy, like, we were kind of, like you were just kind of talking about, if you enjoyed Super Mario World, you're not going to be disappointed. Right. This was, um, I have not played this, and this is not on my top five best games that I think would have been on my list, but I do think that this game probably would have been on my list um, if I had played it. Both this and Super Mario World, I, I have 100% in many times. That's, that's awesome. All right, 87. Uh, the Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Wow. Uh, obviously, that's a lot lower than I expected. <laughs> it was, um, it's got some issues. It's a little bit of a, not a grind per se, but like a... It gets slow at some point. I feel like it goes on a significantly longer than it needs to at times. But uh, especially when it came out, it was so much fun. It was so fun exploring the world, getting your weapons. The game looks fantastic. The art and the colors are just all great. And, uh, music's great, too. Music's great. The gameplay feels good. Just all around really, really, really good game. And uh, yeah, the music, of course, as with all Zelda games, is, is iconic. I like it. Uh, number 87, Super Meat Boy for PC. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, Conrad actually introduced me to this game. We were, we were playing StarCraft <laughs> one time. We wanted to take a break, and he was like, oh, I'm going to go play Super Meat Boy. And I was like, what is Super Meat Boy? And so I, I, got, I ended up getting it, and him and I would just have contests. where we, he, he was definitely better than I was. But we would sit there and, and practice levels and play them on hard mode and just keep going through them over and over and over and over, trying to find different things. And I can't tell you how frustrating I got at times, but this is such a fun game, and I love the graphics. It's very simple; they're not amazing, but it's right. just enough to like keep you keep you intrigued. Um, Super Meat Boy, I, I really I, I like it a lot. I don't like it nearly. I don't like it as much as basically everybody else does who has played <laughs> it. But um, like for for the design for the game that they were going for, they like the, they designed it. It's like one hundred percent perfectly exactly what they wanted it to be. I feel like so it's so true. It's like soldier. All right. Uh, is it 96 that we're on now? Uh, 86. I'm sorry, 86. 86. <laughs> I did not love this game when I played it, but I have uh, I have a great respect and appreciation for it, and I think I'll probably return to it one day. Super Mario RPG. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I, I liked everything about it except for the combat, which was really slow for me. But... um. Super fun story, uh, very funny story as well, and uh, really cool to have Mario in an RPG. Obviously, this was the first one. Uh, overall, very good game. Like I said, I got a little impatient with the combat, but um, I, I, I think I'll give this another shot sometime. sometime. But 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 for all the other reasons, it, it's still a really good game. Now, now ready for this? Mm-hmm. Would you get hard if they made a new one for the Switch? Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit, yeah, it's a perfect response. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> Good, I'm glad I got it right. Number 86, I think you were a big fan, as Blake was one who was not a fan of this, uh, Limbo for the PC. Oh, yeah. 
I love this game. I, I thought it was super fun, and it, it feels a lot longer than the game actually is. This game is very engaging. The, the puzzles are just difficult enough to keep you intrigued, but not overly difficult to where you get frustrated or turned off. Graphics are just enough to just really create a, a real beautiful, kind of dark imagery, and it's just, it's well written. It's well written. It's well done, and it's just, if you haven't played it, it's definitely worth the playthrough. It's probably what like an hour. No, I'd say like three, three or Is it maybe, that long? three okay. or four. I would think. I would say. Okay, I may have to play this again. It's it's been a while. I played it when it like maybe like a couple months after it first came out, and Lisa and I actually both played it. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I actually bought that for you. Do you remember that? Was that you? Wow. Because it was when we were writing you. for EG, and you had like helped me with something one day. I don't remember what it was, but I, like needed That's somebody funny. help me. I was like. You like basically saved me. I was like, all right, here you go. I heard this game is really good. I hadn't even played That's it at so the time. Uh, all right, eighty-five. Star Fox sixty-four. This uh, is the RP. This is the one where you're an RPG. No, 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 no. You're thinking of. I think it's called Star. I think that that one's on GameCube. I think okay. it's called Star Fox Stories. This is the this is the first game that came out after the you know not not including Star Fox Two, which technically wasn't released. This was the first uh, sequel gotcha. to the original Star Fox. Um, plays just like the first Star Fox, except the graphics are obviously much better. There's a, a bunch of different um, vehicles that you... Not a bunch. There are several different vehicles that you control on different levels, which is really fun. And uh, I, I was really hooked on this for, for a whole summer. Uh, it's just a really solid Star Fox game. I like it. Uh, number 85, really underrated. Well, I, I don't even know if it's underrated, but uh, very, very fond of this MMO, and it is Planetside. They did oh, a sequel really? to okay. it. I did not enjoy the sequel, but the first one was fantastic. It's it's a, an FPS MMO, and it was executed so pro, so so well when it first came out. You felt like you were doing enough to keep you motivated to keep doing things, but not too much to where you're overpowered and just completely destroying people, but not to the point where you feel like you're not doing anything for your team. Like If you played certain roles, you could support people, and you could win battles and take lands, and it's, it was going... No matter what. So if you logged off for the night, you could come back the next day and an entire continent was taken over or an entire mm-hmm. area was taken over. And it was just so fun to like come in and be like, what happened last night? And it's like, people are like, oh yeah, this crazy raid happened and all these people <laughs> logged on all at once. And it's just like, if you got into some of those fights, it was like, oh, I'm not sleeping tonight. Like there's, <laughs> there's no point. I remember that came out and I really was like just on the edge of getting it and I never ended up going for it. But I remember like you, thinking you that missed it, looked, it, man. I know. It was a good one. It's kind of like it's Eve. Like I, I, I regret the fact that I didn't get to play Eve at, at its peak. Except this was a million times more accessible than Eve. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. 84. The uh, the first Star Fox. <laughs> I you left him that close. It's been yeah, it's been so long since I played Star Fox 64 that if I were to play it now, I may actually like it uh, more than Star Fox. I can't say for sure, but I know that at the time, even though I liked Star Fox 64 a lot when it came out, I, I was always in the back of my head like this isn't quite as good as the first Star Fox. That's how I felt at the time. Not sure if I would feel that way anymore, but that's that's all I have to go on. So Star Fox gets number 84 for me. I like it. Uh, number 84, Katamari Damacy. Uh, <laughs> similar reasons to what you talked about. They executed a very simple game very, very well. The multiplayer is kind of fun, but again, a li- little bit too simple. Uh, but the single player is great. The levels, you're pretty much obviously doing the same mechanics over and over and over. Storyline's fun and just, again, another kind of warm-hearted, just enjoyable game. Uh, one, one other thing that I 
kind of just remembered listening to you talk about it that I'll mention about it is that it was actually more challenging than I thought it was going to be also. Uh, it's <laughs> not like super hard by any means, but there were plenty of levels where I couldn't beat them because like you have to get to a certain size in a certain amount of time. Uh, and, and sometimes I just couldn't do that. So there, it does actually require some skill, which kind of, for me, uh, is a little bit more than I expected. And it was, it added a nice touch to the game where it added a little bit of like tension to it. I will say at times it was a little more frustrating than, than challenging, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, 83 Halo. Um, Oh yeah. Mostly because of, uh, multiplayer. And playing it like in my dorm with uh, with all my with like you know my with, like my roommate and the, the guys who lived next door to us, uh, we had so many like awesome like fights in a uh, Blood Gulch and I forgot what it was but the really small map. Mm. Um, we would do like team battles as well as like free for alls and we just had a this this is a really good multi, like couch multiplayer game. Yeah, it was. It was popular for years. Yeah. Number 83, oh no, it's called, I put Ninja Warriors, it's called Samurai Warriors. Um, it's it's from the, the, <laughs> the Warriors series uh, made by Koei, or, did I say Koei? Uh, so. This was another installment, obviously, with Samurais instead of, sorry, I know my mic, I'm blowing into it. Is it like, uh, is it like a Dynasty Warriors? Yeah, it's, okay. it's a Dynasty Warriors type game, but with Samurai, and the storylines are, are kind of janky and ridiculous, but they added a bunch of new characters, some new mechanics, some actual ranged type champions, and they cleaned up the game quite a bit, and it was actually a relatively balanced game. It was it was very enjoyable. I spent I spent many hours on the, the Warriors series in general, but this one in particular kept me preoccupied for a while. What number are we on now? So I just did 80... Uh, I did Halo. I just did 83. That was okay. Okay, so, so now back to me on eighty-two. All right, eighty-two, uh, Halo Two. This was basically for the exact same reasons. Uh, it was um, like just really fun to play with like my college friends. And uh, this one, as opposed to Halo One, had uh, you could hook it up to well, it had Xbox Live when Halo Two came out. So I was able to play with my friends that had gone off to other colleges, you know, like friends from high school and that kind of stuff. Uh, really good game. I like feel like I had just as good of a time with Halo and Halo 2. I got to give the edge to Halo 2 because um, because it was, had more stuff. It had the sword. It had, uh, again, online connectivity. It had uh, the vehicle. Well, I guess Halo 1 had the vehicles. Um, but Halo 2 was just a little bit more fleshed out. So it, it, it gets the edge over Halo 1 for me. Even though I don't can really consider myself a huge Halo fan, I did have a whole bunch of fun with both of these uh, doing multiplayer. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. <clears throat> cool. Right, Number 82 um, is Populous for the PC. Uh, this is a Bullfrog title, which I've talked about numerous times. Huge fan of Bullfrog games. And Populous was one of the first semi-RTSs I got, I got really interested in. Um, I played through this game many times, and... I can't tell you how much I enjoy this game. It's just, it's it. it I, I would be very surprised if people who have never played it before played it and would enjoy it today. But at the time, it was super duper fun, and it was just an enjoyable experience overall. The multiplayer wasn't that good; it was kind of hit or miss. But the single player, especially the campaign, was just just too much fun. I'm surprised that this and Dungeon Keeper are not higher on your list because I know you love those a whole lot. I like them a lot, but I know they're not the best games ever made. Gotcha. Makes sense. Okay. 81. 
I'll, I know I'll take tons of shit for this uh, being this far down on my list, but uh, Chrono Trigger. Wow. I Super good, super solid RPG. I'm not a huge RPG fan. I have some RPGs in front of this that people will probably hate me for having in front of them. But uh, what can I say? I like some other ones better. I like it. Thanks. It's taking a stance. <laughs> um, number 81, Might Magic 8, Day of the Destroyer. Uh, this is a very old RPG, and I, again, have played through this game many a times. Uh, you basically start by picking your first character, and then you kind of go through... There's not too much variety in the game. There's actually really no variety at all. But you go through just a kind of a series of quests, and you obtain more characters, and you get to pick your parties, and you get to explore this world, and min-max, and kill the last boss, and it it's a very fun game. You can turn it into turn-based, but generally speaking, it's, it's you know real-time. Cool. All right, my number 80... This is kind of exactly what I had in mind when I was saying people will be mad that I have other RPGs in front of this one. Um, it took me a little while to go back and forth between this and Chrono Trigger, which one I should put in, in front. But at the end of the day, I was just like, you know what? I just had more fun with this one. Come at me, bro. Uh, Final Fantasy X. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I agree with you, but wow. You, you, do you agree with me? I, I know you love I Final mean, Fantasy X, but do you actually like it better? It's a than close you? call. It's a close call. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe they're both on my list. <laughs> Maybe they are. Anyway, yeah. I just what you know. I just had. I, all I know is that I had more fun playing Final Fantasy X than I did playing Chrono Trigger. That's all I got. Awesome. Number eight. Uh, number eighty. Vector Man for the Sega Genesis. I after my last playthrough of this game, or not playthrough, but playing of this game, I am amazed that this game isn't talked about more. This is a very, very fun game. Controls are a little bit weird, but the music, the background, the bosses, the fighting is just, it's so much. And it's just, it it's amazes me that this game, I, I had a little bit of frame rate issues, but not to the extent that I thought I would, which just how much can be going on in some of these encounters. Really, really great game though. That just made me think that I think I only have maybe one Sega Genesis game on my entire list, possibly. I think I have like two or three. It's only one that I can think of. Um, all right, 79, Invisible Ink. Uh, Ink as in Incorporated. Uh, this is a turn-based stealth game. Came <laughs> out a few years ago. And uh, you're, you're always trying to like infiltrate this or that place and, and fi- you know, find things. You're trying not to... You, know, you can kill guards if you want to, but it's always best to let them live or, or, or maybe trank them. Uh, it's amazing that they pulled off a turn-based stealth game, but also it's just a, it's a really fun game. It's also, it's also, well, I guess this kind of goes without saying, but it's, it's a grid-based game as well. Cool. I've never heard of it before, actually. I don't, I don't think you, have you ever talked about it before in the podcast? Uh, no, I don't think I have. You should check it out. It's, yeah. it's really fun. All right. Number 79, uh, Dynasty Warriors 4 for PS2. I have a couple Warriors games on my list, and this one had to be on here. Uh, there is one that is definitely better than this one, but this was also a great game. It had some, uh, honestly, as they progressed through the series, they really did continue to improve on the game to add new mechanics, and this was a good one. This had good music, good characters, really fun fighting. Some of the campaigns were extremely, extremely fun, and I beat this game numerous times, because obviously you can play through the game as each character and do the campaign mode, so... Definitely did a lot of campaign modes. <laughs> All right. A little, a little too much, maybe. A little too much? Yeah. 78, my first point-and-click adventure game of the evening, is going to be Sam and Max Hit the Road. Yeah, wow, it's your first one. First one. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you would expect them to be 
I guess that's true. Yeah, higher up. Yeah, um, but uh, it's it's not it's it's definitely got some problems. The, some of the puzzles are a little bit ridiculous. Um, there are some slow parts in it, but this is overall a really fun game. It's 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 got f- funny dialogue, funny characters. The the art is really cool. It's it's like a it's it's cartoony, but not in the sense that. Uh, I use that term a lot in video games in a like kind of a negative way where it's like, yeah, it's not really detailed. It's kind of like more cartoony. This one is cartoony in the sense that it looks like it's got like a really nice cartoony style. <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard to describe, I guess. I'm trying to hard, kind of hard to explain exactly what I'm trying to say, but it looks really good. Um, fun story, ridiculous, but it's supposed to be the characters are funny. Overall, pretty fun game. Cool. Right. Number 78. Ah, this should be a little bit lower on my list, but um, I wanted to put at least one on here, and this is God of War for the PS2. This game was exceptional when it came out. It absolutely... It, it, it's like... It has... And I'm going to make a comparison. That, give me a second to explain, but it has elements that remind me of Sonic the Hedgehog, where there are certain aspects where you have to be very focused and you have to get through certain mechanics or puzzles or kill an enemy. And then you get to a point where it'll start giving you button combinations. And as you do it, uh, Kratos is doing these crazy combinations on the boss and almost it takes control of your character and you just do a ton of damage as long as you, you know, you kind of work out these, these uh, button combinations and the graphics, especially the cutscenes, as this, as this game progressed, this series got so unbelievably good Storylines were okay, they're very simplistic, as you can imagine, but the gameplay along with some of the, just the visualizations of the bosses kept me going through, through at least, I think at least through the second one in this series, but I've played a little bit of the third one as well. Oh, God, it was super fun. All right, um, yeah, I've played it a little bit, I played it a little bit when it first came out, but I did not get very far. Uh, all right, 77, Super Metroid. Oh yeah, uh, pro- probably the best Metroid. Well, I guess a lot of people. I guess some people would say Metroid Prime is better. For me, this is the best uh, Metroid game. Uh, the the graphics are so good on this game. It's just such a good looking game in general. The, mm-hmm. uh, all the power ups are fun. The controls really well, uh, especially for the time that this came out. Uh, it was amazing, and it still holds up really well today. Uh, there's nothing bad to say about Super Metroid. That's a really good way to put it. To be honest with you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right uh, number 77. This would be Tony Hawk Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Another <laughs> cool. one that I had to put I had to put on here and this is my favorite one. I know a lot yep. of people are like, "Oh no, Underground, Underground." Underground was a great game, but Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 was the one game of the Tony Hawk series that I played the most. I would not even begin to estimate how much time I spent playing this <laughs> game with my friends and my brother. I know the soundtracks so much on this game, and I have played it so, 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 so much. These games are such a simple concept, and it's executed very, very well. And it's just addicting. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is this is so easy. And then you start playing, you're like, all right, I got to get better. Yeah, that's. I, I remember <laughs> there was a big hoopla about the Tony Hawk games. And I, they never really sounded interesting to me, but then this is another game that I played in college. I saw like some guy down the hall playing it, and I was like, yeah, this looks all right. And he was like, you want to play? I was like, sure. And then like, it's like exactly what you said. It's like, once you start playing, it's like, oh shit. Okay. Now I, now I understand. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, three was the one that I played. I never played underground. I played three and four. Those were the only ones I played. And three was absolutely my favorite as well. Wow. I'm glad to hear that. All right. 76 twisted metal. Uh, twisted just, metal, the OG, the OG. Yeah. 
uh, it was a uh, launch title on PlayStation. So part of it, I remember like just having so much fun when I got my PlayStation. It was one of the games that I got with it and just playing this a whole bunch. Such a cool idea for a game. And I'm kind of surprised that we didn't have anything like this before it came out. But it's so fun just to be driving d- different kinds of cars around and shooting each other and like blowing each other up. It's like, how is this the first game that really like took that idea and ran with it so hard? <laughs> All right, what you got? Number 76, Path of Exile for the PC. This game is very, very good, and the developers are wonderful, which just amplifies how great this game is. This is, uh, whatever this style is called, I think this is the best one of that of that style. Hmm. And Path of Exile, good music, amazingly fun mechanics, very open, you can basically make any class you want. And my favorite thing about this game, there's no currency. The currency is items, so there is no gold, but there is people have like a, a system that they use to, to trade items, hmm. and it makes it very interesting because it's like, oh, this is the kind of game where you think, oh, there should be a currency, right? No, right. it's not needed at all. It keeps the economy in check, and it's just the developers do a great job of supporting this game. They do a lot of events. If you if you like this style of gameplay and you haven't played this, which I'd be amazed if you haven't heard of this, Path of Exile is is definitely worth, it. and I, I believe it's free. So, uh, yeah, it is. It is free. I, I've I've played this a little bit. I, I don't um, like. I don't really love this type of game, but uh, I know that everybody who does, I've heard the exact same things. Like people just love this game, and I've heard same thing about the developers too. Like they really like they do right by the uh, by the player base. Seems yeah, like. exactly. All right, seventy uh, five, Battlefield nineteen forty two. Um, oh man, I forgot about this one. Yeah, an online uh, first-person shooter uh, PC game, uh, obviously set in uh, 1942, where you are, uh, and it's just like a it's it's just a war game. You versus another team with tanks and stuff. Uh, you don't have to be in tanks. You can, you know, just just like be infantry basically and run around doing whatever you want. You can get uh you can also get in helicopters as well as uh. I don't remember if the base game had airplanes, but I remember that there was this really, really, really good mod for it called, uh, I think it was called Desert Combat, which I played a whole bunch, which which modernized the whole game. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, like like jets that you could pilot on that. And mostly you would do those just for, uh, just to like go over and like bomb the other, the other team. <laughs> uh, but like, it was uh, like, this is another game that leans a little bit more toward, uh, a little bit farther toward like simulation than you would expect. For a for a first person shooter where it's uh it's not just like it's not like Unreal Tournament where everybody's like running around just like shooting at each other like crazy like you got to you really have to be careful about about how you like you know where you're going like keeping yourself hidden and that kind of stuff. There was one time where I was driving a tank and a helicopter came over and uh, started shooting at me. And when you're in a tank, like when you're shooting, it's very hard to like guess or to like judge the trajectory of of like how your shots are going to go. Like there's, so for instance, when this helicopter was shooting at me, there was, I knew there was no chance in hell that I would be able to aim and shoot it, like, and actually hit it. But like, I had no other option because I knew it was going to kill me because I, you know, it's just sitting there shooting missiles at me or whatever. So like, just for the hell of it, I was like one in a million fucking Hail Mary. And I just like pointed my cannon in its general direction and shot, (laughs) shot it down with (laughs) one shot. (laughs) I remember the other guy getting so pissed off that I was able to do that. Uh, those are the kind of gifts you see on reddit yeah 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 uh it was uh it was a really fun time 
All right, oh, what's your 75? No, you're good. Are we good now? Yeah. Which, what do you okay. have for 75? Number 75 should probably be a little bit higher, but uh, talked very positive about this a few times. This would be Onimusha for the PS2. This, uh, I, you know, I obviously talked very positive about this game. This is a very, very fun hack-and-slash-oriented game. Very simple story, pretty good soundtrack, um, fun, but very simple mechanics. And all around, just, it, it's exactly that. I mean, it's a, it's a button-mashing game where you're playing a samurai and hacking down zombies. What, what more could you ask for? Yeah. Uh, good, good. <laughs> well put. It's it's that is a really fun game. All right, seventy four. Um, another uh, fully online multiplayer PC first person shooter. I just bought this one about two weeks ago. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Oh, you're playing PUBG. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I am. I finally was like, what the fuck? I guess I was. It was more like, you know what? I want to play this game while it still exists. So it doesn't turn out to be like a uh, like Planet Side, where it's like a game that like yeah, I'm like oh I wish I had... exactly you're a little late to the party. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, I know. It's... I yeah, I yeah. know for sure that I'm late to it, but at least I got it while there's still like a player base, you know. Sure. Um, and really, really, I mean, at this point, I'm I'm sure everybody knows probably better than me. Uh, very fun multiplayer game. Uh, the 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 kind of whole basis of it, where they've got the um, the whole like playing field like gradually shrinking on you uh, is is really really good idea uh, and it's executed I, you know pretty well for the most part it's 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 got some little issues here and there but for the most part I just have a whole a whole I've been having a whole lot of fun with this I like it I like it number uh, seventy four uh, this would be Guild Wars two for the PC oh. I am a huge fan of the Guild Wars series and the second one. It hit a mark. It wasn't the best thing in the world, but it was a very fun game. And they took a lot of the more frustrating, difficult elements and kind of took them away. They put a lot of quality of life adjustments, came in. But the thing they forgot to do was to put an end game, which is kind of required <laughs> for MMOs. So a lot of people who were used to playing very grind-heavy MMOs joined this game, got to max level, and then went, oh, okay, that's it. <laughs> and then just stopped playing. <laughs> PvP, I will say, was incredibly fun, especially at the beginning. There were some ridiculous imbalances, but... Was a very fun system. I love the class combination, and this is still a very good game. Just again, was really lacking end game when it first came out for a long time too. Cool. All right, seventy three. This is a game that I'll probably, uh, I would think, maybe get the most shit for for having it uh, as an RPG higher than Chrono Trigger. <laughs> oh, uh, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam for three DS. I, I played the older version of this. These are fun games. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's it's just like, uh, in the sense of the story and the humor, just like Mario RPG for Super Nintendo. Um, the the combat is improved. The uh, the game like everything about the gameplay. It's like they keep giving you like different types of things to do throughout the whole entire game, and uh, it's just it's just like really it's. Very, very, very well executed Mario RPG game. And I can't, I, I know there are bunches of others. I, I, I will eventually play a lot of them, but I, it's this type of game that I play it and I'm like, they can't actually improve on this. This has to be the best <laughs> one of these. All right. What do you have for 73? 73, this should be a little bit lower, but uh, this is a Donkey Kong Country for Super Nintendo. Okay. I know a lot of people aren't a huge fan of this game, but I still... It, it's kind of like Tetris. Like, if I see somebody else playing it, 
I want to play this game. <laughs> and once you kind of start, you get into the groove of things, and you're like, I'm on 100% this again. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just one of those games where you just want to complete it. And, you know, it's fun. It, it is very fun until you get to the cart levels, and... It's just it's just an enjoyable game. Music's music's enjoyable. It's very lively for the most part, and there are some very frustrating aspects of it. But still, I, I definitely would play through this game probably a few more times in my lifetime. <laughs> cool. All right, seventy-two. Joe Montana Sports Talk Football. This is uh, Sega Genesis, and this is the one game that I think I have from Sega Genesis on my list. Okay. And uh, I. It doesn't. I, it would not hold up at all today. But it was uh, at the time. It was a really good, you know, kind of like a Madden esque type football game. It was. Uh, there were Madden games at the time. This was before Madden got huge. For me, I kind of went back and forth between playing this and the Madden games. Uh, the the cool thing about this one was it was the first time where they had like announcers actually talking while you play the game. So uh, that was kind of like. What was so special about it when it when it came out? But I played this a whole bunch, and uh, like I said, it would not hold up well today. But at the time, it was a very solid football game. <laughs> All right, seventy-two for you. Seventy-two is going to be Half Life. Little little further up on my list. Uh, okay. I definitely wanted to include either this or, or Half Life Two, either or I guess. Um, but uh, Half Life One, the uh, first time I played this game, I was terrified. I thought the campaign was super fun, super difficult, and absolutely terrifying. Even though it's really not, it's just kind of ridiculous. And there's a lot of ridiculous parts where you, you die to just things that you probably shouldn't die to. And I just love the, the sound <laughs> of, of the, the. I will never forget the sound effect of when you accidentally touch a fan blade or anything for that matter, and you just blow up into pieces. <laughs> On top of that, the multiplayer is. Unbelievably fun. Like this is one of those things where wait, 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 you... was it Half Life One or Two? I'm sorry, One. Just one, okay. the, the first one. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know this. We, this had a multiplayer. Well, we did land, so I, oh, I wonder okay. if it was. It may. It may very well have had it. I just. I didn't. Pretty sure. It. it I'm pretty sure it was Half Life One, but okay. we did a good amount of multiplayer on it, regardless. And I spent countless hours doing this. This is one of the games that I that I land a lot. It was this and Unreal Tournament. Both cool. of these games are oh, just so fun. Yeah. All right, 71 is Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. Uh, this was the one that had such good lightsaber fights. The, the multiplayer in general was really good. It was just like deathmatch for the most part. But there were lots of cool weapons. There were rocket launchers and all that kind of stuff, just like you would expect like out of like an Unreal Tournament game. But uh, also, you could also have uh, lightsabers, and, um, and you also had force powers. But the lightsaber battles were like very, very realistic lightsaber battles uh, at the time. I, I, I haven't played it in a while, so I can't say whether like you would look at them now and be like, oh yeah, those look realistic. But I remember when it came out, everybody was like, wow, this is really what a lightsaber battle would look like. It's not just like guys running around like waving swords. Like they, they look like real lightsaber battles. It was fun. Bold. All right. Bold. 71? Uh, sorry, let's scroll down a little bit. Number 71, another multiplayer game. Very, very fun. Super Monkey Ball for the GameCube. I, I've talked about this game a handful of times on the podcast. These are This is such a fun game. And there's there's two different multiplayer aspects. There's the one where you basically go off of a ramp, and then you kind of hover your way down to landing on targets. Super fun. And there's some you know ridiculous things you can do to mess with, mess with each other. And there's some other mechanics that kind of the environment that affect you. The other one is to play through this sort of campaign where you have to follow this very narrow path or very difficult to navigate path in order to reach a goal point. And you can do ridiculous things like drop off the edge to a lower platform. And 
it's very punishing and it's very easy to just fall off the edge and die. And when you die, you don't lose time. You, you just end your turn. So it gets ridiculous when you're trying to be greedy and trying to get a good time, but at the same, still trying to complete the level without failing. Cool. Great, great multiplayer game. Uh, I, I never knew that that really had a, a multiplayer. That's, that sounds really oh, fun. Yeah. All right. My number 70 is unreal tournament. Oh yeah. Uh, just, Super fun in, in the sense of like wild, crazy, fast-paced uh, first-person shooter multiplayer gameplay. Uh, you're running around again, just super fast-paced. Lots of cool weapons. The weapons are, aside from being, I think the two biggest things about this game were how fast-paced it was and how like unique the weapons were. There was like the blob gun where you shoot like blobs of like <laughs> yeah. biohazard material at people. You had missile launchers that could lock that could lock on. You had, uh, you know, basic like machine guns and shotguns and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I know there's a bunch that I'm that I'm uh, leaving out that I just can't remember because it's been so long. But this this is like a crazy fun uh, multiplayer game. I like it. Uh, let's see, number seventy. Uh, this is Road Rash for the Sega Genesis. This is oh, a game that's good. That, yeah, I, you know, I think it's one of the games where if you see somebody else playing it you want to play it. This is, is a game where you see it and you're like, that looks fun. It's just kind of ridiculous. It's very simplistic. There's obviously very limited mechanics to it. Um, and I was saying, additionally, if they were to port this properly, I think mobile, it would actually do quite well. It just, it would have to be executed properly. Nice. All right. What are we on? Uh, 70 or 69. Oh shit. We're on to 69. I had to ask exactly. Oh, I should have put like, Something ridiculous here. Honey pop. Not that ridiculous, but yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat. How about that? <laughs> I like it. Um, again, I feel like most of these games don't need any like don't need any introduction. But just uh, it was so. It's not the best fighting game, but it was so fun at the time for how violent it was. Like basically, that's just about it. It was a fun. It was a fun fighting game, but mechanics wise. It couldn't. It didn't hold up at all to like Street Fighter Two, for instance. But it was still like a groundbreaking game, just in the sense of like they went all out. They're like, you know, screw what else, you know, screw what anybody thinks. We're gonna like make the most violent game that we can think of, just for the heck of it. And uh, that was um, just another game that like my friends and I just had a whole lot of fun playing, and it was uh, really unique in that sense. And like you could actually rip people's heads off and that kind of stuff, which you couldn't do in any other type of, in any, in any other. In any other speaking, game. Speaking of the violence, they did not, uh, they weren't shy about pushing the envelope every game, too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how yeah. Can we destroy you this time? <laughs> yep. How can we destroy you this time? Uh huh. I like it. Uh, let's see, number 69. This is going to be Odin Sphere, a recent game I played for the podcast for PS2. This is a very unique game. It's, it's one of those games where, again, where I feel like it's something that everybody should try. It's just such an interesting combination of different game mechanics. The story's okay. Graphics are very intriguing, music's okay, but combat's fun. And it kind of keeps you intrigued just enough to keep the story going. And the game is just just challenging enough to where it's on that brink of it's kind of frustrating, but still kind of keeps your drive going to, to keep, keep progressing. I would really like to play this sometime. I remember when you were talking about it, when you were talking about it, it sounded really good. And uh, the graphics are really good. I'm glad to hear it. All right, uh, 68. This is... My mobile game on my list. This is the one that I said is the best mobile game. It's better than Plants and Zombies by a million times. Oh, uh, it's You've probably not heard of it. It's it's not a very well-known game. 
It's called Device 6. Oh, I don't know about this at all, actually. It is such an interesting, and this is a word that we keep throwing out, but it really is a very unique game. It starts off you're it like basically like you're reading an ebook more or less and uh you're just reading the story and then like there are some kind of weird scrolly things that happen a few parts and then like on one part you have to tilt your your uh, iPad or whatever it is you're reading on sideways to to keep on reading it and then it gets kind of weird where uh like you got your you've got your uh your tablet tilted sideways so you're reading horizontally but there's only one line per page and it just you just have to keep scrolling. It doesn't like do paragraphs, it just has one continuous line. So you have to just scroll a whole bunch while you're reading. And then it starts doing like there will be like sound effects here and there. Some of them are just getting like wh- while you're doing all this it starts gradually the story starts getting more and more creepy. The sound effects starting a little bit creepy. And then there are like little puzzles on parts of it where there might be like a photograph of like a uh, an old retro like robot. And there are little buttons next to it. And if you hit a button, then his eyes light up. And you have to, like, push the buttons in a certain order based on these clues. And you have to go back and read stuff that came before it to get to be able to advance. Uh, just do yourself a... Like, this is a game on my list that I would think, like, if there's any game on my list that you haven't heard of that I would say you got to check this out, this is the one that I would say you really have to check out. Just, like, do a search for Device 6, find a video of it, Skip like halfway through and just kind of get a get a look at it. And uh, this is really interesting game and a really fun game. And without a doubt, by far the the best mobile mobile game that I've ever played. Wow. Yeah. All right. Number sixty eight, Command and Conquer Red Alert two for PC. <laughs> cool. <laughs> this is uh, one of the early RTSs that I played. Um, like you said, I played Command and Conquer, played Red Alert, had to play Red Alert two. Great game, very fun. Love the multiplayer, love playing with friends. Uh, never got too good at this game, but this wasn't an RTS that I ever had the drive to get good at. I really just focused on having fun and doing as much ridiculous things as I could. <laughs> yeah, for me, this was before the time of like, oh shit, what are the strategies Gotta that you be have the best. to know? Yeah. Gotta be the best. <laughs> it was just like purely playing with your friends, where it was like more just fun. Like, oh, okay, we're, you know, we're not like, pros or anything we're just going to like do strategies that we think are good and like relatively stress-free in the sense that you're not like you don't have a build that you're going for anything like that you're just like oh you know right now i think i need to build another barracks why don't we why don't we do that and like but still having fun so it still stays like competitive because everybody's kind of on the same level uh yeah super fun i agree all right 67 samurai showdown this is a uh 2d fighting game similar to street fighter and all that, but you were playing as different kinds of samurai. Uh, this was always super fun to me because, uh, you had weapons. It was one of the few games at the time. And the only one that I had played at the time, uh, fighting game wise that had, uh, that had weapons. So I thought always thought that was really cool. The, the art is really good. The sprites are really good. And, uh, the gameplay is, is really well balanced or I don't know if it's well balanced, but it was really fun. What's your, what's, like what's, what's your 67? 67 is going to be Kirby's Dreamland. Got to have a Kirby game on here. I, I was trying to figure out exactly which one it was going to be, uh-huh. and it came down, came down to Kirby Dreamland. Right. Like another game that I've played through countless times on multiple. Because how many how many versions or how many ports have they done in this? This game? is the Game Boy one, right? Yeah. Let me pull up the actual thing. Hold on one second here. Yeah, this is the Game Boy one. Yeah, this is the Game Boy one. Uh, 
Um, this is such a fun game. Uh, this was when, when we first got this. I can't tell you how much we were just fighting over taking turns to see who would who would get to play because we would just sit there and rotate. As soon as as soon as one of us would be done playing, the other one would be playing it. Then the Game Boy would die, and we'd have to wait. And then they'd take turns again, and <laughs> I, I played through this game countless, countless times. Yeah, I played through it a whole bunch also. All right, um, where my list go? Where is it? Sixty six now. Yeah, I think so. Sixty six or whatever number it is. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater three. Ooh, a little bit higher than yours. I like it. Yeah, a little higher than mine. Um, you, although it sounds like you you liked it better than I did, so take that for what it's worth. But like super, like this is a game that is really fun and also really addicting. Where you're like, oh shit, I got to get this chain of combos up super high and like do all these different types of tricks. Uh, the, the combo chains, I think, are kind of really what solidified this as a super awesome game. It's one thing to do tricks and stuff all over like you know a city or whatever. But sure. then also when you're trying to find different ways that you can like jump from this place to that and land just right. And like, okay, here's a rail over here and I can jump on this ledge if I do this just right uh, and chain all the tricks together. Uh, and the, all the different environments were really fun. Just such a good game. All right. Like 65, uh, I guess. One, two, three, 66 four. for me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're 66. Yeah. 66. Age of Empires 3 for the PC. Now, obviously, the second one is a better game, but the third one was still fun. The I thought the campaign was much more refined, made a lot more sense, and was a more enjoyable experience. The multiplayer was still good, and the graphics were much better, but it was definitely slightly worse in the, the multiplayer category um, from its previous version. All right. 65, Unreal Tournament 2004. Oh, yeah. It's just... Like it. <laughs> That's your second one, right? My second Unreal Tournament? Yeah. Yes. Nice. Um, just an update of the Unreal Tournament uh, formula, and they executed it very, very well. Still super fast-paced, still a bunch of really cool weapons. Obviously, you know, this came out several years later, so the graphics were improved, the gameplay was tweaked. There were also, like, bunches of different, um, like, Characters that you could like skins that you could pick for your for your guy. I was always a robot because robots are really fucking cool. Uh, the levels were really fun. They were a lot bigger. There were uh, there were vehicles in this one. It just purely improved on on Unreal Tournament. So it was a really really fun game. What about what about you for sixty five? Deal sixty five is gonna be Gran Turismo four for PS two. I'm a huge Gran Turismo fan. I haven't played any of the more recent ones, but I have spent a ton of hours playing the specifically the PS2 ones. Um, but I really enjoy these games. I, I like the strategy element. I like the sort of micro aspect of it, where it's like, okay, I have this a lot, this amount of money. I can buy, you know, I can save up to buy a new vehicle, or I could buy parts to make my current vehicle stronger. But you also need all these different types of vehicles in order to compete in these different races. And it's fun to kind of strategize and say, okay, I'm going to play through this series of races to get this car. I'm going to take this car. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to take that money. I'm going to apply it to this. And you kind of try to build this strategy of what's the fastest way I can get to the end. And you, you know, you, you, obviously that's based on, on assuming you're going to win every single race, which you're not going. And <laughs> the, the cool thing is there are the licenses, which you basically go through these tests and you get different licenses, which unlock different races. And what's really cool is if you invest enough time into the licenses, you can actually get further in the game much, much quicker. If you get high rankings in these very difficult licensings, you can end up getting very powerful vehicles early on. 
And so it kind of encourages you to get really good at these, which they're super fun. Like one of them is your the the map is just a circle and it's raining and the, the, the it's dark outside and the streets wet. So you have to complete this in a very quick amount of time. So you have to just have it turn just enough, but accelerate just enough, handbrake just enough, and it's like. If you do it perfectly, your car literally drifts in a circle for the extent of the race, and then you complete <laughs> it. And it's rewarding because you're like, "Oh, that's that's it. I did it." I know this game is 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 a lot more simmy than arcadey, but is it like, is it one of these car games that's like true to how exactly a car would drive? Yeah. So okay. actually, Gran Turismo Three in particular, I know for a fact, was used as a simulation driving for professional race race car drivers. Like it was that that good. That's the thing that scares me away from this game because I recently tried the the playing my first game like this on PS4 uh, Project Cars or I think Project Cars Two. Um, I think I can't even remember if it was two. If there is a second one, then it was the second one. Uh, and like I have such a hard time playing it because I'm not used to playing games where like the car physics are real. <laughs> So like it, I, I just end up like crashing on literally every single turn, no matter either that or I have to, or I break like way too far in advance and take the turn like five miles an hour. They, what's nice about the Gran Turismo is they do give you some coaching. Like when you're going to a turn early on, it'll give you like these guiding letters, and it'll show like red to green. Red meaning brake hard here, yellow meaning slightly brake, maybe drift, okay. um, and then green is accelerate. And so okay. you kind of get the, the groove and the mechanics down to understand like, okay, this is how I should take this turn. It should be a wide turn, or here I need to do a hairpin turn and use my handbrake to make sure that it's a very narrow turn. And you kind of get used to this and you get very good at it, and especially as you get up to the, the later stages of the game when everybody has the same equipment. You have to be on your, your best behavior, if you will. Okay, cool. I love these games. I, I, I will probably continue to play this one along with the third one every so often. Sweet. Love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, 64. I'm going to go with Banner Saga. This game came uh, out three or four years ago. And it is a, uh, it's kind of like an Oregon Trail type game mixed with like a tactics game. You are interesting. Uh, yeah, it's a really good game. So it's it's a, it's like in a Viking type setting, and okay. uh, there are these like uh, pseudo mechanical creatures that have like sort of sprung up out of nowhere. Basically, they are treated much the same way as zombies are in like zombie games or zombie, you know, movies or TV shows or whatever they like, or, sure. or whatever. But in this case, they're they're basically kind of like golems, like smallish golems, and uh, they're they're basically taking over the world. And it's a really like dark game where it's like it's not like oh here's zombies let's kill them. It's like you know our whole civilization is dead. We are like on the run. Where are we gonna go? What are we gonna do? And you are like. Uh, in control of your like group of Vikings and like there's specific characters that come in throughout the story. It's it's not like a, it's not like a game where it's like, Oh, this guy's name is Larry and here's my friend Daniel. Like it's, it's like actual uh, it's, it's, it's very heavily story based as I guess that's like the difference between it and Oregon trail or Oregon trail. Like you kind of make your own story, you know, this one, like, has a definite story, but it's like there are a lot of different forks you can take in the story based on what you choose to do. So you might be like, there there might be situations where like, oh shit, our wagon broke down. What do we want to do? Do we need to, uh, do we want to wait for a little while and fix it? Um, or do we just need to like leave this stuff behind and go on? 
And uh, it's like, okay, now we're at this point. Do we want to go to this village over here where this might happen? Or do we want to take a chance and, and like go to this other village where this or that might happen? Uh, there was one part. Well, I don't want to go on too long. But what I will say is the when you get into parts where there's actual combat and it's not like, you know, you kind of controlling the story. Those parts are just as fun as the rest of the game is. It's got a, uh, a grid-based tactics-like combat system, uh, turn-based as well. It's got pretty unique mechanics for the, for uh, for a tactics game. I won't get into all the details, but you have all your characters. They all have different abilities. Uh, just really fun game. I feel like every they, they do a whole lot of different things in this game, and they pretty much nail everything. Uh, I'm kind of talking myself into wishing I had it a little bit higher on my list now. But, uh, <laughs> I know. Don't you hate that? You're like, yeah, I think this is good. And then, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but I cannot recommend this one enough. You should check out Banner Saga. Uh, there had, they, they did release a sequel recently, which I have not played yet. Cool. Right. So... Number 64, new series to talk about, Gran Turismo 3 <laughs> for PS2. Uh, Gran Turismo 3 and 4 are very similar. 3 is slightly better. Um, the music in both of them is about the same. But there, there's just something on Gran Turismo 3 that is slightly better. And I think it might be kind of the progress of the game. Or maybe it's just because I played it first. I'm not really sure. But for the same reasons I, like, I love Gran Turismo 4, I think this is... Uh, for the same reasons I like 4, I like 3. Um very, very enjoyable games. Very complete. There's tons of stuff to do. And, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just a very enjoyable uh, series. Cool. All right, 63 is going to be Shadowrun Dragonfall, which is another uh, tactics-like uh, strategy RPG. This one, as opposed to be setting in, as opposed to being set in, like, a Viking world, this one is a, uh, like, a, not, well, I was going to say steampunk, cyberpunk uh, setting. Uh, very, very, very different feel from like Banner. I don't know why I'm even really comparing them because they, they both the games play extremely differently. Uh, but Shadowrun Dragonfall is really good because it also has really fun combat and also a really good story. Um, it, it doesn't have a whole lot of branching. There are like some things that you can do to affect the story a little bit, but there's not really any branching paths. But they still do a fantastic job with the story, fantastic job with the combat. Uh, the whole thing is just a really fun game. All right, well, what do you have for 63? 63. Um, you talked very positively about this series. This is going to be Halo for the Xbox. Okay. I first played it for the PC, so I guess I should have put PC. But uh, Halo, the first time I played through this game, it was years afterwards because it was for the PC. And I was absolutely blown away by how fun the, the single player, the campaign was to play on the most difficult uh, mode, which is obviously legendary. Um, from the music to the, the real simple story to just the overall combat of just kind of going through. Because you... Well, the legendary you die a lot, so you're you're mm -hmm. basically just trying to find what's the what's the way I'm going to survive here, and to just sit there and go through it over and over and over, try different vehicles, try different guns, just an all around excellent excellent game. Definitely recommend it. Cool. Sixty two. Super Mario Odyssey. It's oh, going to be yeah. on here somewhere, and this is this is where it landed. Um, fantastic Super Mario game. They just do a really good job, like the whole production. The music's great. The game looks fantastic. Super fun to play. Um, as you can tell based on, well, as you can probably tell based on where it is on my list, not the best Mario game in my opinion, but uh, wow. a fan, but but a, a fantastic one. Absolutely. Cool. 
Uh, number 62 probably should be a little bit lower now I'm looking at it. Uh, this is Animal Crossing for the GameCube. Um, we keep using that U word, unique. This is a very, very unique title. When it came out, there was not a lot of games like it. Um, I've talked about this a bunch of times. The, the reason that this game was so fun is this is before everybody was playing games on the internet. This was a sort of internet kind of game, but before that time, because the NPCs sort of acted as other players and you kind of interact with them, and it was just... It was a very fun game, and I can't tell you how, how much time I invested in this game, especially when it first came out. This was this is just oh, such a fun game. Awesome. My sixty-one is Final Fantasy VII. Oh, there it is! I was there waiting it is. for it. <laughs> there it is. My my favorite Final Fantasy game. I know that's not necessarily uh, like a. Uh, contentious thing to say by any means but i know that a lot of other people prefer maybe six or four or whatever it might oh, be i think i think the common opinion is seven to be honest with you is, i is think that, you're, okay. you're safest i think you're safest saying that yeah i knew that it was like many people's favorite final fantasy game uh i don't i didn't know if it was necessarily most people's favorite final fantasy game uh but regardless I think if you ask the average person i think they'd say seven maybe yeah i guess you're probably right um regardless uh my favorite Final Fantasy game, just really fun game all around. Um, and I, I love the, uh, like, aside from just, like, the story and the characters, also the, the open-worldness of it, where you can kind of, like, it's a little bit, I mean, Final Fantasy VI, for instance, has the same kind of thing, but it's something feels better about Final Fantasy VII going around and just leveling up your characters for the hell of it and, and that kind of stuff. I don't know why. But something about it feels better doing that in this game than it does in Final Fantasy VI. I know what you mean. Honestly, I know what you mean. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I know what you mean. Cool. Yeah, I don't know either, but something about it. I like it. I'm glad you agree. 61. I think this is a perfect spot for this game. This is UN Squadron for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> I've talked about I was this wondering if this would be on your list. Oh, for sure. This is a great game. The soundtrack is excellent. Each level has its own unique soundtrack to go with it. The visuals are beautiful. They're just different enough to keep you intrigued. Each level has you know unique bosses to it, and usually the minions are, are relatively kind of the same, but they may maybe have a different skin on them. This game is super fun. There's a good strategy element to it in terms of you spend your money on and how soon you're going to buy a new ship and oh god i love this game and what i love about it is you only have a set number of turns so you have to be very strategic on your turns you cannot waste time and if you do you get to a point where you're just going to lose <laughs> all right my number 60 is uh another f- uh, pretty recent game cuphead oh yeah oh i'm surprised that's so low yeah i mean it's so i mean it's only so low because there are so many other like really good games. I guess this is true. It's very true. Um, But uh, it's the whole presentation, of course, the music and the graphics are fan-fucking-tastic. Like, you cannot get better than this as far as just, like, the the presentation goes. Last year for for new games was just unbelievable, and this was one of the front-runners. It's just crazy (laughs) to think. Um, Yeah. And uh, the the gameplay itself is super fun, very challenging, but but not like... It's not like throw your controller challenging at least not for me like it's pretty hard at times but i always i always feel like i have like a a fair chance to do you know to get past any of the bosses or 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 do whatever it is but i even when i'm doing bad on cuphead i'm still having a fun time i'll put it that way the music alone just keeps it there right yep 
Uh, number 60, this is going to be Fantasy Star Universe for the Dreamcast. Another game, kind of like Animal Crossing, where it was on the cusp of being like this big MMO, but the internet was very early on, so people couldn't stay connected long enough to actually <laughs> maintain a, a game. But this game was super fun, and I, I barely played this online. I played this mostly split-screen with my friends, and we spent so much time dungeon-grinding, min-maxing our characters, and just... Oh, I loved this game. It was such a simple game, and the combat was not that good. It, it was good. It was good enough to keep you keep you going, but it wasn't. You know, there wasn't a massive strategy element to it. But man, this game was fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. My uh, whatever. Fifty nine. Uh, that is correct. Yeah, fifty nine. Fifty nine. Uh, Dwarf Fortress. This oh, okay. is a kind of legendary game in a way it's it's a uh, it's i forget when it was first released um but it's it's been in continuous production ever since the uh it's the tarn brothers uh i forget their name zach and zach and something tarn i forget I, I'm, I'm embarrassed almost that i can't remember their names uh they made the game they're still continuously working on the game uh, they said, they have said that they, pro- I remember reading like eight years ago that they said they think maybe in 20 years they'll be finished working on it. That's uh, so crazy. it's so it's, it's kind of impenetrable at first, but it's really not quite as hard as it looks. If you're just looking at, if you're watching somebody play this game, you're like, how the fuck can anybody understand how to play this? <laughs> Once you spend some time to get into it, it's not as bad, but it still is pretty difficult just, just to understand how to play. Uh, and then there, there's no way to win. It's like, you basically just see how long your, your fortress can survive before it succumbs to disease or a giant monster attacking it or a goblin invasion. Uh, you'll be able to fight off several of them, but eventually they'll, they'll, they'll get too rough to where you just can't hold them off anymore. Uh, to, to give you just like a couple of, if you haven't heard of Dwarf Fortress, to give you a few ideas of how like detailed and in-depth this game is, uh, there is an exhibit at the, uh, Museum of Modern Art for um, for Dwarf Fortress's history generation. It randomly, whenever you start a new world, it randomly generates hundreds of years of history with all sorts of historical figures and like things that just like crazy events and wars that happened. It takes like depending on how long you want, how, how many years of history you want your world to have before like you jump in with your uh, band of dwarves and start playing, it can take like five or 10 minutes just for it to, to, to generate all that. And then you can go, like some people just do it just so they can go back and read about all the things that happened in history. Uh, there was one story I read where like in this one guy's history, there was a, uh, a necromancer who like, uh, was depressed because he couldn't bring somebody back to life when he wanted to. And he spent like, 300 years just sitting in his tower, like reading <laughs> books and stuff like that. Uh, there was, I read about a bug recently where this is ha- a similar thing has happened with cats before. I won't tell both stories for, for the sake of time, but the most recent one I read was there was a bug where uh, dogs wouldn't do anything. And uh, they, they were, they would end up at uh, temples if you had a temple like <laughs> in your game and they would go to a temple and just sit there and not do anything and never come out. And people were trying to figure out like why, like what was going on with the dogs, why they were doing this. They found out that, uh, dogs were actually, were, were accidentally given, um, the ability to have a religion 
but they didn't have the ability in game to uh, to worship. So they would go to a temple and try to worship their deity, but since they're dog that they, they can't worship, so they would get stuck in the temple trying to worship like forever. What? <laughs> so, oh, like that. <laughs> anyway, you have to check out Dwarf Fortress. N- not necessarily play it, but at least like watch somebody else play it and talk about it and read about it uh, if you haven't. Cool. All right. Sorry uh, for that long-winded one. Now we're used to it. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. Uh, number 59. This is going to be Soul Calibur 2 for the GameCube. Another GameCube title. Um, I had to put some fighting games on here. Soul Calibur 2 is, is, is the one that I love the most. I spent a lot of time on this. Um, Soul Calibur 2 is an excellent game. Um, I did not like the fact that each system had its own unique character added to it, but I'm glad that GameCubes was probably the best of the three, I would say, without, without question. Um yeah, very fun game. Um, unique level designs. I like the music that goes with each level. The variety of characters that you had was just was just a whole lot of fun. The single player was kind of simplistic, but it was fun. Cool. All right, 58. Front page sports football. This is the first sports uh, simulator game that I played, like management sim that I ever played. Uh, you can actually play, you can actually play the, uh, the football games in it as well, but uh, it's really based on on managing your your football team, and this being the first like one of the first games to ever do that, and certainly the first one I had ever played. It was so much fun to like be like this is this is how I'm going to run my team. This is what I want them to practice. This is like when they're when they're uh, when they're at practice, I want them to focus this much on like you know weight training and this much on endurance and this much on practicing plays. And you can write your own plays and uh, you know you can come up with your own team name, your team colors, all this stuff. Uh, obviously, there's drafts and and and, and things like that. Uh, my first experience with anything like that, and I could not get enough of it. So this was <laughs> such a good game. We have uh, number fifty-eight. This is gonna be Final Fantasy VI. I thought this was going to be a little bit higher on my list, but this is kind of where it ended up. I think it's a pretty solid spot for it. Final Fantasy VI, um, one of the ones that I think if more people played uh, further into the series, or I guess kind of older into the series of Final Fantasy, would enjoy this actually a lot more than, say, like 7, 8, or 9. But okay. it is a little bit harder to get into, and I can understand why people really appreciate kind of the curve of, of 7, 8, and 9. Regardless, six is an excellent game, and they did a great job of explaining the story in such simple dialogue. And it's it's got that same feeling that Chrono Trigger has, where the dialogue is just enough, but it's not. You know what I mean? It's it kind of hits that sweet spot where sure. you understand what's going on without them saying too much. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. Uh, I don't. I that's something that I think a lot of RPGs don't do a good job at. It's like. They just kind of go on for too long with the dialogue, whereas yeah, you're right. It's like, we get it. We get what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 57 is NBA Jam. Just a, like, <laughs> stupid, crazy, like, off the wall, but, like, still kind of zeroed in uh, fun game to play. This is This is the first, for me, that I can remember, the first sports game. Well... At least the first popular sports game where it wasn't like trying to purely just recreate, you know, whatever given sport that is. It's like, no, nah, this is what we're going to do. You're going to play basketball, but it's just going to be two on two and you're going to be able to do all this crazy shit, including like setting the net on fire, like jumping up like five times higher than the goal or do sweet dunks. 
Uh, and then there's <laughs> and there's hidden characters and all that. Uh, there was nothing like this at the time. It was a good. It was an awesome game, both single player and multiplayer. It was like just it was like a game where you can tell that they were just like let's just make the most fun game that we can think of. What about you? Cool. Uh, number fifty-seven, Banjo Kazooie for the N sixty-four. This is something that I've wanted to play again recently. I wanted to put at least a couple collectathon type games on here, and I, I feel like Banjo Kazooie is is definitely one of the better ones. Very very fun art style. I love the gameplay. I love the mechanics of you know obviously Banjo and Kazooie, both of them. But I, I really enjoy this game. I like the it, it, the the stuff that you have to do in the game really intrigues me. It keeps me going. And you don't get bored. Like there are certain um, aspects of like Spyro, for instance, where you know it's another big collectathon, where you just kind of feel like okay, you know, you're doing the task and you're just kind of droning on, but you're not really enjoying it. Whereas if you like Banjo Kazooie, a lot of the stuff, I would say majority of the stuff is actually super duper enjoyable. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's I haven't played that, but I, it's one of the I would kind of like to go back to and try out. Uh, my fifty six is uh. The, the the only basketball game similar to NBA Jam that's uh, actually, I in my opinion, a little bit better, NBA Hang Time. They purely <laughs> took the NBA Jam formula, made almost the exact same game uh, with a few minor tweaks. And also, uh, you, you can this was on Nintendo 64, so you could have your own uh, persistent character on your memory card. And there were all sorts of crazy, you could be, have like a clown character or like a chicken character or just like or like an alien or just like regular you know people and make them look however you want and regular uh, people and it would keep track of all your stats and stuff other than that it was basically nba jam so uh i guess it loses points for not being original like nba jam was but at the same time it did improve on it a little bit so i'm gonna give it the edge and put a little bit higher than nba jam all right 56 for you 56 is going to be Diablo 3. Let me preface this a little bit with saying early on, um, Diablo 3, the first couple patches when the game came out was fantastic. It was difficult. It was challenging. You had to come up with unique ways to survive. Um, I spent a lot of time just doing research and coming up with different builds for different characters. And I felt like the characters were very different from each other. And you could actually do different things and come up with very unique builds and try and get into the further, like kind of the more difficult aspects of the game. And ultimately Blizzard decided to make the game very vanilla and simplified it a lot. And it is what it is today. But when this game first came out, I spent a ton of time investing into this kind of the same. uh, I have very similar respect for this that I do uh, path of exile. They both kind of intrigue me the same way of, okay, this game is very challenging. What can I do to be successful? And it just keeps, keeps me going. Uh, very good. All right. 55 for me is, uh, the original John Madden football on super Nintendo. Um, not a whole lot to say about it. Everybody is familiar with the Madden series. Um, this one, well, I'm sorry. I say the original, I don't know. I don't recall actually, if this was the first John Madden football there, I, I cause there was, I know there, well, I guess it couldn't have been cause there was one on Genesis that I'm pretty much came. I'm pretty sure came before it. But on Super Nintendo, it was just called John Madden Football. Uh, it wasn't. It didn't have a year attached to it. Uh, regardless, just a very solid uh, football game, fun to play. Seasons. Uh, the the gameplay was 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 really nailed. Like they they nailed it in the sense that it's like 
there were there weren't very many i mean there was cheap stuff you can do but there weren't any like obvious tactics that you would do like every single play or anything like that there wasn't anything that was like impossible to counter uh and it was also really fun multiplayer i like it number 55 uh, i think i've talked about this a little bit in the post gaming podcast section this is outlast for the pc this <laughs> oh is, shit to me this is the top oh, of, no. of horror games this is if you want to get the shit scared out of you if you want to have fun if you want to get dragged through a horror story this is your game this this game is fantastic the second one was pretty shit unfortunately but this one was oh if you haven't played through this and you like horror games or have any interest in just feeling like a piece of shit this is your game. <laughs> Say the least. I just don't think I can handle this game. <laughs> I just I I think I even have it maybe in my Steam library. I got it like for free, I think, at some point. But I just I don't Well, if you ever want to stream it, I will definitely watch. <laughs> I just don't think I can bring myself to do it. My number fifty four is uh, in my opinion the best Mortal Kombat game. I think most people agree. Mortal Kombat two. Yeah, this is what that's the common opinion I saw as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, this one is pure exa- a perfect example of like taking an original idea and just running with it. So you take the Mortal Kombat formula, and then you just add a shitload of stuff. Obviously, there's a bunch more characters, uh, but then there's mm. more level fatalities, and of course, there are more like there are a million more different types of fatalities. So everybody has like two fatalities, plus they have the friendships, the babalities. And the animalities. Babalities. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, which were all <laughs> pretty fun. Uh, it just had so many like funny, cool little things like that. It also had like some secret stuff. It's just uh, they like completely nailed it on Mortal Kombat too. Yeah, I, I, I want to kind of echo what you said as well. I, I, this was on my list, but kind of got bumped off a little bit. Um, when you sit, when you play a great game and you're like, oh, they're making a sequel. What what I want is I want them to take the the formula, and and basically improve on certain parts and maybe add some more content. And this is a an example of a, a second installment in a game. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. All right, what do you have? Oh. Uh... Number 54, this is Dynasty Warriors 3. This is the one <laughs> is, for is me. Is this the it, third Warriors game? Yeah, so I had <laughs> Samurai Warriors, Dynasty Warriors 4, and Dynasty Warriors 3. This is the last one. So okay. uh, made it pretty far up the list. Dynasty Warriors 3, I have played uh, probably more time than I've been alive, Like if, if that's even <laughs> somehow mathematically possible. Oh, sure. I've played, played through every campaign. I've created custom carriers and played through the campaign. Like I have spent way, 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 way summers playing these games <laughs> but this one in particular i love this game i it's stupid fun i would play it again and a heartbeat if anybody was like want to play some dynasty warriors i'd be like fuck, fuck okay. yeah that sounds great let's do it <laughs> cool. that's exactly what i'm looking for <laughs> all right 53 for me i'm gonna go with mario kart 8 this is Ooh, the okay. most recent game in the mario kart series it originally came out on wii u which is what uh, i own it for does that make sense the console that i have it on uh, they they came out with the deluxe edition for Nintendo Switch. Um, okay. It is just a super fun <clears throat> Mario Kart game. It's uh, I don't know what else to say. Like <laughs> the 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 courses are really fun, and there are so I don't know. I haven't played all the Mario Karts, so I don't know if there are. Uh, I think they might have done this on 
at least on Mario Kart 7 as well, but uh, there are some, there are like one or two courses where it's not even a loop. It's just one long course and you just go like from the beginning part to the end part. Uh, but aside from that, most of the, uh, all the other courses are even being loops. They're still, they're really interesting tracks are really fun. The, the races themselves are challenging. And then of course you add in like, you know, all the, uh, the blocks, the stuff that you get from the question mark blocks and uh, very, very well done Mario Kart game. The, um, the battle mode is not good. I believe on the deluxe edition, they, they improved, they, they actually gave it a, they basically gave it a battle mode. Uh, so, uh, so it's, better in that respect on switch over there but overall very fun mario kart game cool uh number 53 this is gonna be elder scroll skyrim uh, first first one on the list so far i think skyrim is an excellent game um i think it's super open world very amazing graphics i love the uniqueness of leveling you you're very very excited to kind of go through the different trees and to level your character up in different aspects even though we all know everybody ends up the same point which is where you're stealth with a bow and you're trying to snipe people that that's pretty much everybody's like i'm gonna make a wizard i'm gonna go i'm gonna go fire wizard oh i have a bow and i'm stealth all right well here we go again (laughs) i I like this game it's a very very good it's a very, very fun game. I don't think it's the best one in the series, as I've talked about before, but I think this is an excellent game. And it's the most well-rounded, I would say. It's it's definitely the most well-rounded. Okay. All right. And so, so apparently, so I've just gotten to my first and hopefully only uh, duplicate entry. Oh, wow. I don't think I have one. I, I looked through it a couple times to make sure. Cool. Well, my 52 is apparently device six, once again. So Wait, did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, you did say that. Okay. Yeah, it was my 68 um, yeah, I was by 68 as well. So retroactively, I'm going to add a number 100 and squash everything down one. And I'm going to go yep. back and look at my list. And I think <clears throat> I've been looking over this for the past couple of minutes. And I think for my number 100, I'm going to have it be overcooked for, uh, it's on, well, I think this is on, I think there might be a PC version, but it's on, uh, primarily, I think it's primarily on consoles. I have it on switch. I'm pretty sure it's on PS4. Probably Xbox One as well, maybe. Um, but <clears throat> this is a co-op game uh, that basically made my family we all hated hated each other after playing it. But it Monopoly. was <laughs> yeah. But it, but well, but this is co-op. So there is like you are cooking food. You're you're in a restaurant and you're cooking food and you get orders in and each one of you controls one chef in the kitchen. And there's a, uh, there's like a, uh, not a wall, but like a, um, I'm trying to think of a good way of describing it. Kind of like a shelf of okay. food. And so like maybe you're cooking, uh, your, your, this particular restaurant that you're doing, you do cheeseburger, you know, like hamburgers. So there'll be a uh, one spot on the shelf where you can get the meat, one spot on the shelf where you can get the buns, one spot where you get the lettuce and maybe like one other thing, like tomatoes usually. And, uh. It'll be the, so your first tickle will come in. It'll be like, all right, this is just like a plain hamburger. So you got to get the meat. You got to put it in a pan and cook it. You got to take it over once it's done and put it on a bun, put that on a plate and then take it over to the little, like a little conveyor belt that takes it out to where the people are eating. But you're both doing this at the same time. 
and you're trying to like do it the most efficient way. So you're like you're typically yelling at each other, like, uh, bring me beat. Okay. I'm going to cook it while I'm doing this. You go chop up the lettuce. Uh, while, while the lettuce is chopping. Okay. I'm going to do this. Oh shit. Now, now we're out of plates. So we got to start cleaning some plates. You go clean plates while I go get my own meat and start chopping it and cooking it. And like, you're trying to coordinate with each other to get like a certain number of, uh, of, of meals, like served in the limited amount of time that you have. And then on top of that, it gives you like some really crazy levels where like there's one level where they're like an earthquake happens and the floor shifts and you and like you're both stuck on opposite sides and you can't like cross over or like the walls move around on some levels or there's somewhere you're on top of trucks and the trucks are moving back and forth. So certain times you can't cross over that to get back to each other. And uh, it's it's like extremely hectic, but uh, lots of fun to play. Cool. So I went on for way too long, but that's, that's my new number one. That's my new number 100 now. Uh, number 52 for me is going to be super Mario world for super Nintendo. This awesome. game is one of the most complete games I've ever seen in my entire life. This game has a very, very fun, you know, main story mode, but there's a ton of secrets you can do that get you these extra worlds, which ultimately encourages you to try and 100% this game. And, Oh man, everything about this game is is fun, and it's it's super long, but it doesn't ever get to a drought where you're like, all right, let's move it along. Like mm-hmm. you're just kind of like intrigued the entire way. Oh yeah, amazing, amazing game. It is. It's re- it is really an amazing game. It's like everything. You're, I think you summed it up pretty well. Like it stays interesting the whole entire time. Yeah, exactly. All right, my fifty one is Twisted Metal Black. Oh uh-huh, yeah, I uh, like it. Just. I won't say much more because you already summed it up pretty well, but this is like the quintessential twisted metal game. It's like they brought everything together and executed it basically perfectly. This is the best twisted metal game there is. Oh, without question. Oh God, what a fantastic. (laughs) It is. All right. Number 51, another GameCube title, Luigi's Mansion. This is the the U word we keep using. Very unique. There has not been another game that I can even compare to this. This is such a fun game. It was a very early, early title for the GameCube and, it, it was it was just so incredible. It was a launch title. I, was it a launch title? Holy yeah. shit! What a what a great launch title. This was such a fun game. I love playing through this game. I played through it many many times, just trying to get further and further into it. It's fun. It's interesting. There's a little bit of backtracking, but generally speaking, you you know where you're going. You're not running around in circles too much. Boss fights are kind of challenging, but once you kind of get the groove down, you really don't have too much problem. Amazing game. Super duper fun. All right, we're to the big 50. We're halfway through now. Get it, boys. Uh, my number 50, Mario 64. Uh, super fantastic wow. Mario game. Um, I will say Mario, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, I feel like is a better game than this. But this one is, this one is better for the time that it came out. Uh, gotcha. Some people may disagree with me even on that, and that's fine. But for me, like when Mario 64 came out, it totally blew everything away. It was like, this is, it's like, damn, like I cannot believe that they made a game this good. Holy shit. How did they even think of this? That's funny. Um, it was still, it's a still, I haven't played it in a while. I imagine it's still a very, very good game. But damn, especially at the time, it just blew me away. What's your like what's your halfway point game? Halfway point is going to be Elder Scroll Three Morrowind. Um, <laughs> okay, this this was the one I was hinting at. Or, wait, 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 wait. You said Skyrim for the for your other one. 
Yeah, sorry, that's in reverse then. My oh, apologies. wow, really? Morrowind okay. should have been a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, you because you said Skyrim was the most well-rounded. Yeah, Morrowind is definitely the. It's a it's a very fun title, but I think uh, Skyrim is a, a much better. Uh, it's not much better, but it, it's definitely more enjoyable. It's sure. got a lot of the real frustrating quality of life things Im- implemented. Um, there's not so many ridiculous mechanics as just standing there and missing your target a thousand times to level up your weapon skills. Um, but Morrowind does have a gripping story, very, very fun customization, especially when you're creating spells. Um, car- the classes you can make are super fun. I like how punishing it is in certain elements, but at the same time, there's some kind of janky mechanics that <laughs> push it over the edge for me. But still, a fantastic title in the series. Uh, my number 50 is Skyrim. My number, what would it have been? Number something would have been... Uh, Morrowind. I feel like janky mechanics are sort of like a trademark of the Elder Scrolls series. Yeah, right? Like, All what right. bullshit way can I abuse this boss? <laughs> yeah. You know what somebody was telling me? Um, like when they... Uh, when you... What was it? Something about the way that they calculate your stats. Like they don't... You know, I'm just going to totally fuck this up, so I'm not even going to try. There's something weird about the way they calculate your stats. How about that? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay. We'll just go with that. Uh, 49 NBA live 95. Ooh. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if this is uh, I really don't know how this compares to other NBA live uh, games, especially ones that maybe came out around roughly the same time. But I do know that this one was one that my friends and I played a whole lot together because it had really good character creation. And so we would make like ourselves and our friends and all that kind of stuff and have our teams and play each other and do that. And it was, it was really fun because of the character creation and because the game itself was, was really, really good. So uh, yeah, NBA Live 95. Cool. My number 49 is Mario Party. And you might say, well, which one, Jay? I don't really care, but Mario <laughs> Party is a, a very fun series. Um, each each one kind of has its own positives and negatives to it. There are certain ones that are substantially better than the rest of them, but I will just say across the board, Mario Party games are are super fun to me. I think a lot of people remember them from growing up and just kind of have this real positive image of them. And if you have the chance to play them with other people, definitely, definitely encourage it. They're just super fun, simplistic games. Yes, there are frustrating elements. Yes, Mario's bullshit. Nobody plays them as pussy. Oh, but- Mario is such bullshit. <laughs> But regardless, still still a really fun game, and I, I will continue to play these games. They're just super fun. My daughter got me uh, Mario Party 10 for Christmas, and that's mm-hmm. on Wii U. And it's really cool because uh, the person who has like the main Wii U controller, you know, the one that has its own screen, they mm-hmm. control Bowser. And everybody else is like a regular person, like a regular character, like as in a usual Mario Party game. And Bowser is like... It's like basically like everybody versus Bowser and Bowser is trying to chase you down the whole time. And like, and like whenever he catches up to you, he like, he can like, I forget exactly what happens. I think that's when you do a, when you do a game is when Bowser catches up and like mm-hmm. for every time, every like thing that you mess up in the game, like you get that many hit points taken away and uh, you're trying to basically like slow them down and keep them like, I forget exactly how you even win or lose, but basically Bowser is chasing everybody the whole time. It's uh, it's 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 really cool the way they did it, where it's like kind of asymmetrical. That is very interesting. I, I'm glad that they're getting a little bit creative with it because you know the formula was getting a little bit old. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, forty-eight. Uh, Wing Commander. 
I was super impressed by this game when I played it a couple years ago for the podcast uh, for the first time. This is a uh, space combat simulator akin to the um, the Star Wars X-Wing and TIE Fighter games. This one uh, predates that one by several years. And uh, they did a really good job with it. It's 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 a pretty old game, but for the time, it's uh, it got really pretty... Uh, it's got impressively in-depth combat. And what all, what's most impressive about it is the way it's got branching story... It's got branching paths to the story, where if you lose a mission, you don't just like lose and have to do the mission over. It's like, oh shit, you lost this. Okay, so now this this is going to happen in this story. <laughs> uh, really, really cool game. What do you have cool. for 48? 48 for me is going to be Star Fox 64. Um, <laughs> this cool. is probably, I, I really enjoy this game. I think this maybe it should have been a little bit lower on my list, but regardless, I still very much so enjoy this game. Um, I played through it as many times as anybody else uh, when it first came out, um, but I was just super infatuated with this game. I thought it was super duper fun to just play through just because there were certain elements, certain parts of the game that were super frustrating, and it just felt so rewarding to get through some of the levels and <laughs> some of the more frustrating bosses. Yeah, it, it it did have a feeling of being rewarding when you got past hard parts on that one. That's uh, that's yeah. yeah, you're you're right. All right, forty seven Hotline Miami. <laughs> have you ever played this game? No, oh, but I've heard a lot you, about it. You know, yeah, I, I'm sure you know about it. This game is so like, it's kind of bizarre in in a lot of different ways. It's it's a uh, imagine the violence of Grand Theft Auto mixed with like. Yeah, I don't really even know of another game that even plays like this. The whole thing is you're this guy just murdering uh, bad guys. You're like, you'll get a, you get like a call. I don't even remember exactly. I think it's like your phone rings and it's like, oh yeah, there's these bad guys hanging out in this apartment or whatever. And you like put on a mask and go just fucking kill all of them. It's, <laughs> it's almost like a puzzle game in the sense that, so when you go into an apartment or a hotel room or a house or whatever it is, it's a top-down view of the game. So you're controlling your, your, your character top-down, and everything you see, obviously, you see is top-down. And you can see uh, bad guys walking around. If they shoot you one time, you're dead. So Jeez. you have to be really careful about it. And like, if they see you, they will shoot you instantly. So you have a split second at best to shoot anybody if they happen to see you. Um, and so, so in that sense, it's a puzzle. It becomes really like a puzzle game where like you're walking in, you have to see exactly where everybody's walking. Uh, make sure you're like, you know, they're not like going to be on patrol and like walk right up to you and just see you when you (laughs) walk in this door and, or whatever. So you have to plan out your movement, go in and like try to sneak past people or kill them. Um, you know, make sure you don't make too much noise to attract other people it is very fast paced. It's, it's, it's got the pacing of like super meat boy where it's like, bam, you're dead. Okay. Start over and try it again. Uh, yep. Very and, quickly. And very violent. No matter like how, whatever weapon you have, it's like an extremely bloody game. But usually whenever you finish a level, there's just like dead bodies and blood all over the place. Um, you put on these like crazy looking masks at the beginning of, of every level. And it's got this weird, um, really, really like trippy soundtrack that I cannot even describe. You just have to go check it out. It's also got a very heavily neon, like eighties color scheme. And then like towards the, uh, end of the game, like the whole story starts to really get also like really trippy as well. It's, uh, kind of a mind fucking in, in, in some ways. Like this is a really 
bizarre, but also really well executed and really fun game. Wow. Yeah, I highly recommend it. All right. Uh, let's uh, see here. Is number, it? number 47. Here it is, boys. Final Fantasy 1. Uh, this this had to be on here. Final Fantasy 1 is... I, I still play through it every so often, but it is such an interesting thing to play through, to see kind of what the developers were trying to expand on, where w- different areas of where they were kind of trying to test the waters almost. You could kind of see where their thought process was, the different mechanics of bosses, how challenging they wanted to make the game. And obviously this was their first shot, so it's not perfect, but the storyline is 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 okay. The gameplay is fun, it's exciting, it's very diff- very difficult, very punishing, but it's one of those games you have to try and you have to you have to play through it. It's just it's just one of the classics. Like you have to play through it at some point in your life. I've really been kind of itching to uh, to to finally play that lately. Oh, finally play that? Not again. No, I haven't. I haven't yeah, oh, wow. I've never played it. Okay. Uh, I was about to try to make finally play it into a final fantasy joke. Stop it. Somehow, I, yeah, it wasn't going to work. <laughs> Stop. I stopped myself. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, 46 is Lisa. Oh, my God. We both put this on our list. I like it. Oh, is this on? I didn't know you played Lisa. Fuck yeah. I no, forgot I- about Oh yeah, I, I, I we'll talk about it. You, you play it, you, okay? I maybe kind of remember this. You played it after I did, right? Yeah, it was definitely after you. Did. Okay. Oh man. Uh, otherwise known as Lisa the Painful. Um, or no, wait, hold on. Is it Lisa? There, there are. I keep forgetting. I know the um, the DLC is Lisa the Joyful. Um, there's Lisa the painful, but I can't remember if that's like the free one that came out before all this or, Oh no, no, no. It is. The main one is Lisa, the painful. So sometimes it's called Lisa. Sometimes it's just called Lisa. Or sometimes it's called I Lisa, the painful. Lisa. That's funny. And, uh, it's an RPG. It is like a side scroller RPG, however. So like you're, you're walking around and, uh, you might like, like if you confront, like you, you go around and talk to characters. And then if, when you, whenever you get in a battle, it goes into like, earthbound mode i was gonna say exactly <laughs> that that's so funny it's really heavily influenced by earthbound in a lot of ways but one very obvious way is the battles because the background is always some abstract colors moving around and stuff but like the story is so dark and so like ballsy in so many places like it's like there are times where you're just like oh i can't believe like they had the balls to do that in this story. I know. um Really, actually, pretty moving too. Like the whole world that they exist in, that the characters exist in, is just bizarre. Uh, so many like fucked up people in it. It's very like, dark. Yeah, I was gonna say it's very, very dark. dark. Very fucked up in a lot of ways. Um, but I really admire that, and and they pulled it off very well. And the and it's also fun to play. It's just uh, this is this is one where I'm looking at it and I'm like, should this have maybe been been higher? Yeah, honest? like I'll be honest with you, Cuphead quality. Like it, it's almost to that to that extent in my mind. It is a very good game. I love the sound effects. I love the story. I love the music. It's mm. just such a fun the music. game. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it it, it exactly like, like Cuphead. It takes it to the next level. If the music was mediocre, just kind of level, it would be an exceptional game. But the, the music that ties everything together, that like you said, kind of pushes the emotion of the story. Oh, it just takes it to that next level. It's just way too good. And the music is as ballsy as the rest of the game is. Like it there really are is. there are songs that are like just sirens, basically, but it sounds good somehow and it works. And there's uh, that one. I was like, <laughs> 
that's exactly that the other one that I was going to say. It's a song of guys grunting, and it actually works. And it's hilarious. And then the dialogue. This is such an amazing game. If you have, I have not 100 percent of this game. I played oh. it as a group, myself, Lisa, and Zach, and I had such a fun. It was such a blast. It is just. It's one of those games that if everybody plays about it, you can literally talk about it like a show. You're like, oh, remember that one part when? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. that one part when you were supposed to grab that bucket to put out the fire and you ended up burning those kids? Like, oh yeah. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> that, part, that part was so fucking like. Go again, fucked up. <laughs> it's like I cannot believe they actually did that. That's hilarious. I love it. All right. Uh, wow, that is a good game. What do you have for forty six? Forty six is going to be perfect dark for the N sixty four. Ooh, uh, yeah. Th- this is one of those ones. Now the graphics will definitely turn a lot of people off, but the gameplay is super duper fun in this game. The storyline is, it's pretty good, but the gameplay and the co op especially, you got to find a buddy. This game is fantastic. It is a gr- it is my favorite shooting. I guess it is a first person shooter oh, yeah. um, for the N sixty four. I think this game is well, well, well beyond uh, Goldeneye. I, I think it's just such an incredible game, and the co op is is very well tuned. I, I could play this game today and, and not have really any problems with it. Oh, I I one hundred percent agree with with all of that. You know what's interesting about our list? Like, as we're getting higher in the list, you can tell. I feel like I can tell that we're getting more and more excited about the, the games. I know. I, I know. Because it's actually, like, like Marley One's on there. They definitely need to be there. But right. when we get up to, like, the 30s, the 20s, oh, baby. Like, it's going to get interesting. Oh, yeah. All right. 45 for me is Mist. This Mist. is. Oh. Yeah. I played this when it first came out, and it's pretty hard for, like, I was guess I was like, probably nine or something at the time. So like, yeah, I was like, there's no, I basically had no chance in finishing it, but I thought it was interesting. uh, Just like, you know, a lot of other people did, but I just wasn't smart enough to get very far. Uh, And I played it uh, for the first time since then, probably about six years ago. And I I thought it was going to be one of those situations where you play an old game that was really popular at the time, but you and then you but you're like, oh okay, this isn't that great anymore, and I kind of got bored with it, and I, sure. I expected to get bored with it. But no, I played. I was like, damn, this game, this was a really good game, and it still is. Uh, that might not be the case for everybody. I can definitely understand if you launch Mist now and you're playing, it, you're like, this is boring. But for me, it's like. It just wasn't at all. It's it's a it's like all the puzzles and like all the mysteries and stuff. It's like, well, what's what's this? What's this? Oh shit! What's going on here? The puzzles are presented in a way that's like, you don't even know like what the puzzle is. All you like at first in a lot of cases, you're like, here's this weird little thing. I wonder what I'm supposed to figure out that's related to this. And then like eventually, as you explore and you start finding more and more things, and it becomes a little bit more clear, then you're like, oh, okay. What I need to do is get this tower to face this direction. Okay, how might I do that? Maybe it's this, you know, lever that I found over <laughs> in this spot. Uh, really interesting game and really fun game. And this is the first game that was like, there's almost no characters in the whole entire game, uh, and including yourself. Like you almost are. You're like you're barely even a character. Like you are a person in the world, definitely. But you, there's there's no there's not really any dialogue. Uh, all you see, you don't ever see yourself. You just see what's in front of you. Um, very kind of almost minimalistic in a sense, but, uh, really well executed. All right. 45, 
45 is going to be SimCity 2000. I'm <laughs> actually very excited with the positioning on this. This is, as we were kind of talking about before we had the group together, this is a great game. I mean, it is great. It is, it is super fun, very simplistic, but it, it kind of keeps you intrigued enough. It's just difficult enough to where you don't get overwhelmed with, you know, just so many different mechanics going on. Yeah. But on top of that, the level design is fantastic. So if you're like, I just want to build something ridiculous. Well, you have the ability to do it, and the tools are actually really, really good, and they're very simple, and you don't have to think very hard to kind of get the the, the concept down. And it's just – and like you said earlier, the music, it ties in beautifully with it. It's just enough – it's there. It's kind of in the background. It's not overbearing, but it's 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 exactly the level that you need it at. Yeah. Um, I play this – this is this is one of the first games that I that I literally had the like oh shit I've been playing all night and now it's light outside <laughs> situation happen. Uh, my number forty four, SimCity two thousand. Shut your mouth! <laughs> Shut your mouth! That's illegal. Yeah, I got I have nothing else to say about it. That's that's funny though. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully forty four. Thank you, Robert, for this one. Sid Meier's Civilization Four. This oh, wow. is a okay. series that you introduced to me, and I love this game. I, I still go back <laughs> and play it every once in a while. I think it is such a refreshing new new kind of viewpoint on RTS. I, I guess it's an RTS, right? No, 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 no. It is a turn-based strategy Turn-based? Okay. Turn-based strategy game. It, it is a nice breath of fresh air, and it's just... It has so many different things going on, but it's not so much to where you get overwhelmed, but it's enough to kind of keep your mind going and you kind of start strategizing and, and start looking forward to your future turns and planning things out. And then you start min-maxing and kind of figuring out what's the fastest way I can do X, Y, and Z. Now, the game's not perfect. I do have some complaints about it, but overall, great title. Definitely worth the cost of the game. Would, would recommend it to just about anybody. Yeah. All right, my 43 is Motorsport Manager. Uh, I just recently started playing this a few months ago, and uh, it's it's a it's a I was in the mood for a some sort of sports management uh, sim game. <clears throat> I didn't have any interest in race cars in general, but I had heard that this one was pretty good, so I was like, you know what, that actually kind of sounds fun to do like a racing uh, simulator sure. game, and uh, it it is. It's you you don't control the ra- the the cars and the races at all. You you do control their strategies, so you can tell your drivers like. Okay, you can go a little harder on the gas or, you know, ease off the gas because you're running a little bit low on fuel mm-hmm. uh, or be, you know, or you can be rougher on the tires or, you know, go easier on the tires, this and that to make them last longer or whatever. Uh, but beyond there's, there's so much beyond that. Most like most of the well, I won't say most of the game, about half of the game is uh, in between races where you are hiring new people for your pit crew or engineers to work on your cars or engineers to uh improve your parts or or build new parts or you know hiring new racers and this and that uh figuring out how you're going to spend your money maybe even building uh like new entire facilities for your team so you have like a wind tunnel that you can like test out parts in and stuff like that and then like doing all of that stuff to try to get your cars to be as good as they can try to put together the best team that you can and then like being able to watch them race against you know the other the 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 AI uh re- like drivers in the actual races is so much it, it's it's really just kind of fun just to watch them see how good they do after you've done all your stuff mm-hmm. um i i i'm it was i wanted a sports management simulator and this really just nailed exactly what i wanted I'm surprised there's that many. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's 
There was that, and uh, the other big one was uh, football manager, you know, the soccer one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That a lot of people play. And I just really wasn't interested in soccer, but I was like, oh, I could do race cars. (laughs) What do you have for 43? 43 is going to be another MMO. We have Final Fantasy Um, XIV. Oh, cool. A.K.A. A a Realm Reborn. Yeah, this is a great game. I've talked about this game. I I think this is the most comparable uh, to the top dog being WoW for MMOs. Um, The original release of this game was absolute dog shit. There were a lot of issues with it. Square accepted that and said, you know what, guys, give us a chance. They gave everybody a refund. Came back around and said, hey, here is Final Fantasy XIV. Did, did they do a refund? Reborn. Yeah, to my knowledge, they refunded everybody. I played I played the beta, and then I didn't play again until after the Realm Reborn came out. I played a lot of the beta, though. Um, I, I'm almost positive they refunded everybody, or at least offered a refund, and basically said, hey, like, we want to you know, give everybody a refund, but anybody who sticks around, we're going to redo it. They redid it, and the game was great. I mean, it was, it was super great. It, it had um, a lot of the very popular MMO elements that make MMOs great, but then they also kind of added their own flavors to things and made the classes more unique and made the game more have more variance to it. And they didn't lock you in so much on your roles of, of your class. So if you're playing this specific class, you're not exactly locked into one thing. Very, very fun. Had good end game. Bosses were fun. Dungeons were fun. Challenging game. Just really, really all around a really excellent shot at an MMO. And I'm still, to this day, impressed that they did it. <laughs> All right, um, 42, is that where we are? Yeah, I think so. 42, Crusader Kings 2, uh, ah. other, otherwise known as the Incest Simulator. This is a grand strategy game uh, by, made by Paradox, and it is all based on you are this ruler in this country or county or duchy or whatever it happens to be that you're the ruler of, and you just play however you want to play. You just do whatever you want to do. And it's kind of like the theme of the the Paradox Grand Strategy Games. Sure. You can try to take over the world if you want. That's perfectly fine. You can just uh, be your own dude and just role play it. Or you can just, you do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, you, you can go around and just like try to seduce as many like people as you can. Uh, Is that what you do? That's, I mean, that's what I do in real life. So I try to do something else in my games. True. Um, and uh, like... There are so many like crazy scenarios that can happen just based on like the like the laws of, you know, like who inherits what and then it's like, oh shit, well my brother inherited half of my stuff, so I'm going to kill him. I'm going to try to assassinate him to try to get like all these pieces of land that he owns over here in this part of Europe. Uh it it is uh, I I call it the it's I I said a lot of people who play the game call it the incest simulator because there's so much stuff where like You'll be like, okay, I need to have her. I need to like marry my cousin because she's she has claims on this land or that, and like, oh, damn, I had a kid with my sister because like because this some weird series of events happened and that's what needed to happen here, or like you know I'm having an affair with my grandmother like that kind of stuff like <laughs> is not that uncommon to actually happen in the game. It's uh Jesus, and it's super and like I said, it's super fun to play however you want. You can like be like super evil and just like kill everybody that you can and like imprison people in your dungeon and have them executed and just try to take over land. Or you can like be more passive and just try to, maybe you just own a County and you're trying to like, just please your uh, Duke or your King or your emperor as much as you can, just to like keep things happy and, you know, keep things going for you or whatever, not to mix things up. It's, 
just just again, this is kind of like how Paradox games are. You just kind of play them how you want to. Uh, Crusader Kings 2 does a really, really good job with that. Hmm. What about you? Uh, number 42, a little higher on my list, Super Metroid. Uh, ah. I have played through this game twice. One time I 100%ed it, and both times I did it blind. Blind meaning without like a map or anything. You are blindfolded. I was blindfolded. I was captured. No. Um, <laughs> this is a very fun game. The first time you play through this, if you do not use a map, it is very frustrating at times. It's definitely a lot less frustrating than the original Metroid, but it is still uh, certain certain parts of it you will have to backtrack a lot and get a little bit confused. But all around, amazing soundtrack, very, very fun combat. And just it, it's just I love certain parts of the game especially when you when you work your way through some of the sort of mini dungeons to get an upgrade and you finally make it through and you're like thank god and then you die and then you get res then you have to farm <laughs> a little bit to get some health and ammo and uh-huh. but um it's such a great game I, I i will play this game countless times throughout my life without question cool all right 41 is the witness Ooh. This game came out about three years ago. It's made by Jonathan Blue, who also made uh, the indie game Braid. Uh, he took all the money that he made from Braid and made The Witness. And it is a fantastic game. It's uh, similar to, a lot of people compare it to Myst. It's similar in a lot of ways and very, very different in a lot of ways. Uh, the whole game, you are, you're on an island and you, you're walking around. And there are all these little uh, puzzles. And they're all the... The puzzles are all basically the same. There will be a little like stand with a little uh, screen on it. And uh, there is like you're controlling um, a dot on the screen, basically, and drawing a line. And it's like a grid. And you're trying on one end is where the dot starts. And on the other end is where you're trying to get the dot to go to. And you basically draw a line from one end to the other. And it unlock and it finishes this little uh this little like tablet type thing that's in front of you. And in some cases that might unlock a door or in some cases it might like turn some pump on or something or make this or that happen. Or sometimes there's just like a whole bunch of them in a row and you just have to do all of them and see what happens when you finish. Uh, then it gets a little bit more complicated. There will be little symbols in the grid and like a little symbol here might mean like, Oh, the, the line that you draw can't touch this part of the grid or the line you draw has to touch this part of the grid or the line you draw has to make a certain shape on this part of the grid or whatever <laughs> it might be. And he takes that idea and runs with it so far that you would not even like be able to imagine it without playing it. It's, it sounds very simplistic, but he, again, takes this idea so far of just drawing these little lines that he does like some like borderline mind-blowing stuff with it then creates such complex puzzles that it becomes like, sometimes you're just trying to figure out like how in the, how am I supposed to solve this puzzle in the first place? What are the rules? And then, Oh crap. Oh, now I see what's going on. How am I supposed to do this? Uh, it, and, and at the same time, it's like open world kind of. So if you get stuck, you're not just stuck. You can go explore around the Island, find little hidden nooks and crannies, go to other like obvious parts where there are other, other puzzles to do and maybe come back later. It is such a fantastic game. Wow. Yeah, I highly recommend it. All right, 41 for you. 41 is going to be GTA... Is it GTA 3 or 4 that's San Andreas? Is that 3? That was like in the 3 series. Okay. So it was was GTA 3, then GTA Vice City, then GTA San Andreas, then GTA 4. 
Gotcha. I, I think most of them are exceptionally good, but oh, San Andreas yeah. in particular, I spent a lot of time on. Um, I played through the story a couple different times, but what is great about GTA is just exploring the cities, destroying things, trying to get the police to come after you, and you know the usual, just running away and trying to survive as long as you can. Uh, these games are exceptionally fun. This one in particular, I had an absolute blast. The, this is the one where they introduced bicycles, which became a fun little mechanic to do drive-bys with Uzis on a ding-ding bicycle. Oh, yeah. Right. A lot of real fun I stuff. I remember this, that. <laughs> this, this one had a, a very uh, – it was a pretty uh, emotional story, and it uh, it was well well done uh, for the most part. There were a lot of – I think there were a handful of famous actors or voice actors in it as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think um, – I'm pretty sure Jenna Jameson was in it. And really, I think so, and there were—I think you're right. I think there were a couple others uh, yeah. as well. Thought so as well. Yeah, fantastic game, definitely an exceptional series, and three—the three series in particular was just really, really good. Yeah, it really—that whole run was really good. Uh, I never played four. I do own five, but I've—I haven't gotten very far in it. But uh, yeah, all those, all of like the Grand Theft Auto three games were were super good. Oh yeah. All right, number 40. I'm going to go with Brogue. I was so confused when I said 40. I'm like, what? We're doing top fives. Oh, wait. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting a little worn. Starting to get, are you starting to go delirious slightly? Is that what that means? So. Yeah, okay. That's cool. Number 40 is Brogue. Um, this is a roguelike game, like a very classic style roguelike. It's it's not old. It's, it's like... It's very uh, styled after NetHack, where you are looking at a, at ASCII characters uh, on the screen and controlling an at symbol that's walking around fighting like monsters and stuff. This game is so good. I I, know, I tried NetHack and it is impenetrable for me. Uh, if I gave it some more time, I mean, I kind of mostly figured out Dwarf Fortress, I guess, or at least halfway. So if I can do that, I guess you can figure out NetHack. But I never. To me, NetHack, like, I played it for a little while, and I didn't quite get it, and I didn't feel like looking into all of it. Brogue is more straightforward in how it plays, and it does a whole lot of stuff, like, almost quite, like, just as good as, as NetHack supposedly does. So NetHack, Rogue, all those old ASCII uh, character games. This one is another game like that. It is uh, an ASCII interface that you're looking at, but it's very, very colorful. And the game, like, just really, really looks beautiful color-wise when you're playing it. But what's what's better than that is the actual gameplay. You're going around. You're you know you start off just by killing like kobolds and and jackals and jellies and that kind of stuff. Of course, as always. As always. And you uh, as you're going through the game, you're picking up potions. You're picking up scrolls. You're finding weapons, and you, you don't know what any of the potions do. You don't know what any of the scrolls do. You have to figure them out purely by trial and error. Um, sometimes even the weapons and armor might be cursed. So it's not always safe to just to like, I think actually I take that. I think all the weapons may be okay to use or maybe not. I can't even remember, but sometimes like armor for instance will be cursed. So if you put it on, it's like, Oh, guess what? This armor, uh, like, I don't know, takes off health every time, every turn a little bit and you can't take it off because it's cursed. And so you have to like, figure out a way to uncurse it typically like with a, with a scroll or something like that before you can take it off. Or uh, there are scrolls of identification, but even those aren't identified. So you have to feel like figure out like, Oh, okay. I use this scroll. Uh, So if it has this title, then that means it's a scroll of identification. And once you do that, it like fills it in for you. So you don't have to like, remember like, Oh, the one that's called like, 
is uh, oh yeah, that's a chocobo dungeon. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it'll automatically fill it in for you. Same with uh, potions. If it's like a green potion, if you've never had it before, then you don't know what it does until you try drinking it or like throw it and see what happens. And then from then on, it's like, oh, this is a f- potion of immolation, and if every time you drink it, you get caught on fire. Uh, so all the green ones will be named that from now on. But what's really fun about this is having to adapt your strategy to the items that you find as you're going through the dungeon because it's all randomized every single time. And it's roguelike, so if you die once, your game is over. You have to start from scratch. Um, and so, like, you might get a bunch of potions of strength so you can, like, wield really powerful weapons. Or maybe you don't get any of those, but you get a lot of, like, uh, magical stuff. So you have wands and you have to use them really creatively to like get you out of tough situations or like, you know, the different types of weapons do different things. So like I got a, so maybe you got a spear, which means you can attack two tiles in front of you at a time as a, like, you know, in a row, as opposed to only the guy who's right in front of you. So you want to position yourself in the dungeon in hallways to where you might be more likely to take advantage of that. Uh, so much replayability in this game. I've played it many, many times. And uh, I've still not been able to to, to complete a playthrough because it's very very challenging, uh, but it's wow. very very fun. Awesome. Yeah. Getting down to the the forties here, or the end of the forties. Yeah. Uh, Warcraft. It's gonna be Warcraft Three: Reign of Chaos. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah. I'm not, obviously, I talk very positively about the the this series in particular. Um, I love Blizzard games. I love WoW lore. Uh, Warcraft Three across the board is just exceptional, and Reign of Chaos is no exception. Um, this game is super duper fun. The storyline was great. The levels are exciting. They're interesting. The difficulty is good. It's uh, it's about the level that that you kind of want it at. And just my god, this is such a fun game. I love playing through the campaign. You really feel it. You get immersed into this story, and you get kind of dragged through it. Of like, like oh man, I really hope that we don't lose. <laughs> yep. It's the end of existence. You're like the whole time. You're like, are, are we gonna? Are we gonna make it through this? <laughs> was this all gonna be for nothing? Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Why don't we uh, take a quick break now that we've gotten all the way down through number 40? Sounds good to me. Excited. All right, uh, are you good to go? Yeah, I'm sure to get tired, but yeah. Come on, keep it. You, you, you can do this. Listen, I know it's later for you, but damn. I know, damn, but you can do this. Try. Slap yourself in the face a few times. You got this. Ah, uh, no, no on that part. Um, I was about to say something. Okay, we're on to number uh, thirty-nine now, so we are in the thirties. Yep. Uh, one thing I meant to say is that uh i think for everybody listening i would uh recommend and i bet a lot of people are sort of naturally doing this anyway but try to pick out like one or two games from from either or or any of our lists tonight that like sound interesting to you and try them out and i want to hear like how if if they ended up being good I, i think i'm gonna do that with um uh either I don't know. Star Control Two. When when Ken was talking about that, that maybe that's game that somebody else wrote in a while back also and said we need to try out. 
I, that that was one that was like, oh yeah, I need to go back and try that. But hearing these, uh, especially like ones that I might not have been uh, prone to check out earlier, like hearing them now, some of these I'm like, oh yeah, I really do want to check this out. So maybe like if you're listening, just pick out one or two that we've talked about that sound interesting to you, or maybe that you hadn't heard of or hadn't heard described very well, and try them out. And I want to hear how they were. Cool. All right, uh, we're in the 30s. 39. Uh, for me is Star Wars Jedi Knight Mysteries of the Sith. This uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight was not a great game, or I did not love it. But the mysteries of the mysteries of the Sith was an expansion for it, and uh, I really, really, really liked it. it. It's just got a really good story. It's like surprise for a, for a first person shooter back in this time it has a surprisingly fleshed out story, uh, surprisingly fleshed out world, and uh, and just like the whole the 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 whole arc of the story is just really good. It gets a little bit like dark even, and it's it's a lot of stuff that you wouldn't expect out of again a Star Wars first person shooter from this time when it came out. You know, like I guess mid nineties. Uh, it really surprised me in a lot of ways and I really enjoyed all of it. So, uh, yeah, that's my 39. Cool. My number 39 is a game that I love very much as well. This is an RTS for the Game Boy Advance and this is Advance Wars. Um, that's, that's, a, talk- that's, that's turn-based. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. You just, uh, I, think that's just, I think that's just your default terminology for us. Yeah, strategy. everything's an RTS. Yeah. Um, so I, I've talked about this series numerous times. This I actually just played through one of them, or at least part of one of them, uh, when I went uh, on vacation a couple weeks ago. But I love these games. They're super duper fun. Um, I love the amount of strategy that goes into it. I love the different characters you can play that have different, uh, basically strategies. Each character has different uh, bonuses and sort of losses on different uh, units in the game, and they, that obviously affects their play style. So there's like a character that's more geared towards like sniping and he's very good with artillery. So you have to kind of force people into choke points hmm. and kind of snipe them off. You want to slow them down as much as possible. Then there's like a hero that um, every um, building that he has produces infantry when he uses his power. So you basically just want to like rush the map, get a bunch of buildings and then produce more and just keep pushing and you just kind of zerg the map. And it's like, this is such a bizarre game to have this much of in-depth strategy because when you look at it, you're like, oh, it just kind of looks cartoony and it looks like a turn-based strategy game. But then you really look into it and you're like, holy shit, like every turn matters. All the different heroes have different uh, builds and strategies that easily dominate one another if played properly. That's cool. I've, I've heard many good things about this. I, I think I will probably end up playing this game in the next sometime in the next couple months, maybe. Oh, you got to. Super duper fun, man. All right, 38. I'm going to go with Super Mario Brothers, the original. Oh, OG, OG, OG. Uh-huh. This kind of like, I mean, obviously, if you just compare them, you know, directly to each other, then it doesn't stack up to, like, you know, Mario 64 or Super Mario Odyssey that are, you know, on higher numbers of my list. Uh, But this one, I mean, you got to give it a ton of credit for being the original. This, like, started so, you know, like it... I guess it, even though it wasn't the first game with Mario, it wasn't even the first Mario game. This is like what's really got Mario going. It, mm-hmm. It's it's like the seminal platformer. It is, uh, and it's still really good today. It, the controls are maybe a little bit, a uh, little bit 
I guess I would say maybe tighter than they should be. I don't know if that's the right word. A little bit, maybe, uh, I don't know. He does. It doesn't feel as, uh, as refined as it does now. Of course. I mean, makes sense. This was basically the first one, but, uh, it's still a really, really good game. Holds up very well. Still very, very challenging. And, uh, again, it was, it was the original. Cool. What about you? 38, another amazing series that I love for the GBA, and this is Golden Sun, The Lost Age. This series is one of my favorites. I love, it's obviously a uh, turn-based RTS, no, I'm kidding. It's a turn-based uh, <laughs> uh, strategy game with puzzles. Uh, why is this not a turn-based strategy game? That's, what, what, I guess it's just a turn-based RPG. There you go, turn-based RPG. Um, with puzzle elements out in the world. And the storyline is is okay. It's a little bit convoluted at times and drags on to a little too much dialogue. Uh, but the gameplay, the fighting, the characters, and the puzzles really kind of keep it together, for at least for me. Sure. Um, the game has a path, but kind of like Final Fantasy VII, you can easily veer off the path and start doing a bunch of different things. And it gets super exciting. Also, the whole goal, well, one of the goals of the game is to collect all the Jin, which make you more powerful. And some of them are not as obvious as other ones, so you have to kind of like really think and like, okay, what, where do I think I could, or where, what like abilities could I use to get through different aspects of, of this map, or, uh, you know, just different things. And it's fun to explore and just try to figure out where the different Jin are and, and basically how to get them. Some of them right in front of you, and you're like, oh, okay, it's right there. I'm sure I'll get it soon. And then you complete the zone, you're like, I was looking. I didn't see any extra pathways. <laughs> what, what did I do wrong? <laughs> All right, awesome. My 37 is Mario 3. Uh, oh, yeah. For, for as much credit as, as Super Mario Brothers gets for being original, Mario 3 was just, again, this example of... Uh, of taking that idea and just running with it and making it 10 times more fun. Uh, you, you know, you can't, I mean, I, I may be kind of contradicting myself because I said, you know, even though, uh, uh, super Mario Odyssey and Mario 64 are better overall than, than the original Mario, like, you know, they're, they're a little bit farther back because they weren't as, or, you know, they, they didn't have the original component going for them, even though they did tons of awesome stuff. For Mario 3, I think the reason I do place it a little bit higher is because it was still very early on in the Mario cycle. And Mario 3 was like kind of almost as surprising for how good it was as like the original Mario was. Like when Mario 3 came out, it was like, damn, how did they come up with this? Like they just made the most fun game that can possibly be made. Uh, it's just, it is really good. It is just such a fun game, especially for the time. It was just like nothing else that could that really came close to it in in that genre. Uh, so yeah, that'll that'll be my thirty seven. Cool. How about you? Uh, my thirty seven is Diablo two by Blizzard for PC. Diablo two. A lot of people still have a very special place for this game in their heart, and I'm one of them. Diablo two absorbed a good couple summers of my time <laughs> to say the least uh this game was exceptionally fun to play online and just farming for for countless hours for different items doing the cow levels uh finding the fastest way to level and just i can't tell you how much time i invested in this and I, I had a small group of friends that we spent majority of the time playing this and use map setting games in uh, starcraft Brood war <laughs> nice all right my 36 is warcraft 3 
uh, I was just, I mean, we've been over this tonight and many other times. An amazing real-time strategy game. Uh, four very unique races, you know, I guess not very, four, un- four races that are, how would you describe them? They're not extreme, extremely different from each other, but... Wait, like, what are you talking about, sir? Warcraft 3, the different races. Oh, oh Plenty, I think they're pretty darn unique. Yeah, they're very... I don't know. They're different enough to make them fun and to, to make them each fun to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got... I was basically addicted to this game for like a whole semester. Uh, I don't know if I've told the story, so I'll make it real quick. Uh, in college, one semester, I ended up changing... Um, majors and so most of the classes that I was taking weren't applicable and I was doing bad in them anyways which was why I changed majors because I didn't enjoy them so I dropped every class except for one and I spent all of the rest of my time playing Warcraft 3 if I <laughs> I had one class all my free time was I was at home playing Warcraft 3 if I wasn't playing Warcraft 3 then I was on GameFAQ talking about Warcraft 3 on the message boards it was uh <laughs> It was almost, it's kind of embarrassing how much I played Warcraft 3, but, I mean, it, it fucking happened, so, so, so there it is. Like, I could not get enough of this damn game. What do you have like for 36? It. 36 is going to be Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for Sega Genesis. <laughs> cool. uh, this, game, this game reeled me right in after playing it. I, yeah, you I, liked it a lot. Still riding on a little bit of a high from this game. As I talked about before, amazing gameplay. Great music. It has this the, the kind of element I hinted at when I was talking about another title. The game has you know you basically you obviously have the mechanics. You're working through some of the puzzles, and then the game just takes off, and you go through a bunch of different loops, and you may fly around the map and get a bunch of coins and one ups and all this different stuff. And it, it's 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 a nice variety. The only thing I will say is they need to remove the water level. No particular reason. Just <laughs> like water level's gone. No, the, yeah, I agree with you on that for sure. All right, thirty five golden eye. For Nintendo 64. I was wondering Uh, if this was going to be on your list. Oh, yeah. We we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, It's, uh, everybody knows, fantastic multiplayer. But the campaign, the single player, was also amazing. And and GoldenEye did a lot of stuff that it was the first game to do. Like uh, shooting soldiers and, like, if they hit their leg, for instance, then they hold their leg or they hop up and down and, you know, can't walk very well for a minute. Uh, them, you know, responding to the specific, you know, areas that they got shot in, as opposed to just being like, ah, or not even having a response when they got shot. Then there was like some, some levels had like a stealth component where you're like sniping people from, from far off or trying, you know, to like, to not get, you know, not set off alarms so that a million people don't come and try to kill you. Uh, the level design was all was was really fun, and that was another thing I think that helped multiplayer a whole lot was the levels that you played in the multiplayer matches were were really really good and just all really fun, uh, fun running around trying to like you know find weapons while while the other guys are you know while you're trying to stay alive and kill everybody else. Uh, crazy good first person shooter. I like it. A little bit higher on my list in comparison to you, but uh, number 35 is going to be Super Mario RPG for Super Nintendo. Oh, cool. I, I hold this game to a, a very high standard. I, I think it's a super fun game. I thought the, the combat is, is, is fun. The storyline is heart-filled. It, it's fun. It, it's, it's lighthearted. There, that's what I would look for. It's lighthearted. There's some, some decent oh, comedy. Yeah. It's obviously a Mario game, so you get that kind of cheesy, a little bit uh, childish kind of humor at times. But I thought this game was super fun. Um, I like the variety. Um, I like the bosses. I like the music. And I don't know. I really, really enjoy this game. Cool. 
34 is Perfect Dark. Oh, uh, wow. A lot higher than yours. Yeah, a lot higher mine. Like, this is Goldeneye it improved, like, by a whole bunch, uh, as you said. For me, there's not as big of a gap between them as there is for you, but, man, Perfect Dark is such a good game. Talk about it plenty of times. I won't go on too long, but the weapon variety is amazing. Multiplayer is awesome. The single player campaign is really, really good too. It's just uh, a very, it's just GoldenEye improved a whole lot better and it doesn't have James Bond. Cool. All right. What do you have for 34? 34 is going to be Super Smash Brothers Melee for GameCube. Another GameCube game. Um, <laughs> This is another time sink that uh, I don't want to look at the clock, but uh, this game, when, when I got this game, this was everybody coming to my house every day during the summer and us playing this all day. This is just <laughs> us playing different characters, calling each other's pussies for playing certain characters, <laughs> and uh, just a lot of shit talking, but th- this is a fantastic game. And on top of that, even when I didn't have people around to play, the single player is fun, the target hunting game is fun, the punching bag is fun, like everything about this game, and the collectathon aspect of getting the different trophies for doing different uh, objectives or, or achievements was fun like this game is was so complete and it was one title like it was just so impressive and the character variety oh oh man are you still there yeah oh, okay sorry yeah you said oh man I thought it sounded like you're about to keep oh going. i was just saying oh man like <laughs> i got you all right cool my 33 is uh grand theft auto, grand theft auto vice city Ooh. Um, there are things about this and Grand Theft Auto 3 that that are better than each of the others. Um, GTA Vice City, I, this was the first one that came after Grand Theft Auto 3. Uh, it had a lot of gameplay improvements. And uh, the, the like 80s Miami setting was, was really fun. Oh, yeah, I love it. Tom Vicetti. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the... Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, and one of the biggest quality of life improvements is that you have a map that you can go to and it's not just the tiny bit that you can see in the corner of the screen. That is, I almost would, I think I almost would like Grand Theft Auto 3 better than Vice City if it wasn't for that small thing. In Grand Theft Auto 3, you did not have, you could not pause and look at a full map of everything. The only map you could see was a little tiny bit that shows up like in the little like radar basically in the corner of your screen. Not about that. And there are, especially at the very end of the game, there are some areas where like, it'll show you the general way to go, but it's so fucking hard to figure out exactly how to get there because you have to like go around. It's like, Oh, you can't get there from this road. You have to like go across this bridge Sorry. and all this stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I do remember a little bit of that. yeah. So vice city improved that. It had a lot of other cool stuff. And, um, yeah, super, I mean, it's Grand Theft Auto, it's Grand Theft Auto game, though it, it just was super fun. Just like any other Grand Theft Auto. I like it. Starting to get down to the, to the list, is starting to get stronger and stronger. It is. 33 is going to be Elder Scroll for Oblivion. Oh, Wait, I was wondering yeah. if, I, okay, I was wondering oh, if yeah. this was going to be higher oh, than yeah. the others for you. You know where it's going. Yeah, um, I thought so. I've said this before, I think Oblivion is, is the best in the series. I think it, it, kind of what we were talking about before, so you, you get Morrowind. Morrowind, it's like, all right, I like what you're doing, there's some issues with it, if you improve X, Y, and Z, you got a great game. They were like, it's called Oblivion here, and they were like, oh shit, here okay. it is. <laughs> Oblivion, great game. Graphics were were ungodly for the time. Like it, it really pushed hardware. The story was was good. It wasn't exceptional, but it was good. It still kind of pulled you in. Openness of it, 
extremely vast. They added a lot of really cool mechanics, like the NPCs actually had lives, they had chores, they aged, like all this different stuff. They also added the mechanic where if you bumped into tables, objects would move. So when you were sneaking, it'd be very <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They did a bunch of really, really cool stuff like this. And it, and it just like they basically took the, the essence of Morrowind and said, okay, let's shake off the shit and then we'll kind of paint the corners, maybe buffer and sand here and there, fill in the gaps. Boom, here's Oblivion. And it's just a great game. I, I've played through this game countless times. Like awesome. Countless, countless times. That's crazy. Okay. 32. A uh, Back to another point and click for me. We're going to go with Maniac Mansion. Uh, I was wondering if they were going to start populating more and more. <laughs> uh, Maniac Mansion surprised me with how good it was because I didn't play it until a few years ago. It was one of the very earliest... Um, LucasArts point-and-click adventure games, and it held up very well. There there are some spots where uh, you can, unfortunately, get into, like, dead-end states where your game is screwed. Oh, and really? You can't, yeah. There are a few, not many, but there are, like, two or three places or something like that where, where you can get stuck in one of those situations. Mm. And for the most part, they are they are easy to avoid, and you can, and you can kind of see them coming. So nothing nearly as egregious as... Basically, just about any Sierra game, for instance. Gotcha. Um, and overall, it's a fun game. It's a funny game. The visuals are cool. And uh, the, the story is, is funny and kind of interesting. It's overall a uh, really solid point-and-click adventure game, especially for how old it is. What do you have for 32? 32 is going to be Fallout New Vegas. Um, I think Fallout New Vegas is the best installment of the series. For the same reason Oblivion. I mean, they... they they took three, which was a great game, and made it better. They took the formula and made it better. I thought Fallout New Vegas has the, the most gripping story. I thought the characters were, were very funny and interesting, and you cared for them. I loved how much of a wanderer you really felt in this game. You were going from town to town. You were going to see the good guys, and you're like, oh, fuck this. And then you go see the bad guys, and then you see the really bad guys, the guys that are torturing and flaying people, and you have these decisions of, do I help people out? And then if you do that, then... It just the game is is so 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 fun, and I love the difficulty of it. There are definitely some punishing elements in, in New Vegas, but it is great, and the companions are really really fun and really cool. This one, it is a, such a great installment to this series. <laughs> That's good. All right, my thirty one. I, I I realize now that I got my words kind of backwards a second ago. My thirty one is GTA three. Ah. I do place this higher than Vice City. Um, Vice City did improve a lot of things, especially with actually giving you a usable map. Um, GTA for me, I'm ranking higher for two reasons. One is because, uh, it was like, it was kind of the original as far, you know, we had obviously Grand Theft Autos before this, but GTA Mm -hmm. three blew everything else out of the water before it. And whereas Vice City was just kind of another iteration of GTA three with some improvements. So Mm -hmm. GTA three gets points for... Uh, originality and also uh, one problem that I have with Vice City is that all of the roads are so narrow. It's there's very there's whereas in GTA three they're they're a lot more open and it's not like the the map on Vice City as well. Not only are the roads narrow, but it's also like very long and not like very wide. So th- when you're like free roaming and just playing around. Uh, there's not as much to do because you're always like going just like one direction or another, pretty much, you know, like you're going along the Island this way or backwards along going back that way. Whereas in GTA three, 
it's much more kind of like a blob or like a circle or something like that, where it's like you can go north for a while or east for a while. There's, it feels like there's more to explore, and <laughs> the roads are not nearly as confined, whereas where you're going to crash into everything because you can't go around it without you know hitting a wall or hitting a house or something like that. So I feel like GTA 3 was done a little bit better, even though Vice City definitely had some improvements over it. I like it. I, I thought Vice City was an exceptional one as well. I, I Tommy Vassetti. That was a really <laughs> yeah, good one. Yeah. Uh, number what? Thirty-one. Thirty-one yeah. is going to be Super Mario sixty-four. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I you know I wanted to put this a little bit higher, but I think this is I, I like where it's settled, just kind of based on what's coming afterwards. But Super Mario sixty-four, great title. One of the best titles for the sixty-four without question. I love playing this game. I love watching people speed run this game and just absolutely destroy it. I love how difficult this game is, but how simple it is. And I just it's just such a such a fun game. You always want to try to find the shortest route, and you'll take risks and you'll do crazy things. And if you do it mechanically correct, well, guess what? You'll get the shortcut and. You kind of jump around and it's just oh man, this is such such a fun <laughs> game. I, I I'm curious to see how long people will continue to speed run this game, and I hope it's for a long time. Oh, I bet I, I'm sure it will be. Uh, we'll see. All right, my thirty. Yeah, looking at this now, I think I probably would have placed this game a little bit lower, like as in higher number, like something like a game that I would have already said by now. Uh-huh. Uh, but here we are, uh, Super Mario Kart. Oh, okay. Is, uh, I mean. I feel I don't feel bad about it being in this spot, especially for for the time that it came out. When it came out, again, this is another game that there wasn't really much. There wasn't really anything like this. This was the first kart racing game. Uh, you also had power ups, which was unique, where you know you could get the turtle shells and shoot them at each other. Most importantly, it had well, maybe maybe not most importantly, but for me at the time, most importantly, it had battle mode, which was such a cool multiplayer mode to play with your friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there wasn't any other multiplayer like this. So you could, it's like a game that had everything. Like you could race each other. You could do battle mode. Like this is a game where I, you, I literally would go to a friend's house and we would just play just this for hours. You know, if you got tired of racing, you'd play battle mode for, for a while. If you got tired of battle mode, you'd do some more races. Uh, it's, you know, certainly the Mario Karts that have come out since then, most of them are better than this. But again, at the time, there was no game that was like this. Yep. All right, 30 for you. 30 for me is going to be Chocobo's Dungeon. Uh, oh, this cool. is PS1 game, roguelike, very fun game. Uh, I have never, I don't think I've ever beaten this game. I've gotten very close multiple times. Um, it's your typical roguelike. You go into the dungeons, kind of what you were talking about before. There are certain items that are kind of clumped into categories, and you have to kind of feel them out. Um, and then as you explore further into dungeons, you get to keep uh, what, what kind of the identifications of items you know. Uh, this game is very fun. It is a little bit punishing where if you do die and you have to kind of come back into the dungeon, it's kind of hard to get back on the oh, saddle. so it doesn't like, have what, permadeath. No, it doesn't have permadeath. But when okay. you die, you lose all your items. And gotcha. you spawn with like a very basic set of items. And it can be very, very punishing to a point where you can almost get to a, a no-win state. Um, where you mm-hmm. have to kind of get very lucky. Because if you lose a lot of items or a lot of money, you're probably not going to get it back, and you just have to end up restarting. All right. Uh, 29. I'm going to go with Legend of Zelda, Zelda Ocarina of Time. Ah. Um, kind of for the same reasons that we were talking about earlier, just how it was like the total package when it came out. Like, 
I, you know, it's good. It, I'm sure it probably, I haven't played in a very long time. I doubt it holds up as well today, but when it came out, it was like the perfect game. Almost the story was fantastic. The music was fantastic. The graphics, the setting was fantastic. All of the different things you could go and do the way everything progressed. And, you know, you eventually get your horse and, and like the different, like, uh, the different, like, uh, like equipment and, and, like the suits that he wears and all that kind of stuff or the clothing rather. Um, and then like just the way the whole game builds up this, this game, like this was a game that friends of mine that didn't play video games. They played this game because it was so good when it came out. That's uh, I like that actually. I like that a lot. Cool. Uh, number 29 for me is going to be age of empires Two: age of Kings. <laughs> cool. Very sound RTS. Um, the, this expansion, Age of Kings, um, was very was very balanced, and they still. I mean, they just did a re-release of another version of this version of the game, and again, it's very very fun. It, it's still to this day when I play this game, it's got your basic RTS elements. You still have the micro macro, but you're in obviously the the kind of castle age, and you get these different early on units that are kind of weak. And then as you kind of build, you get into later stages of the game, you start getting catapults and battering rams and trebuchets. And obviously positioning is very important and you can get punished for, for very simple mechanics. There are some imbalance issues, but generally speaking, the game is pretty darn good. Um, yeah. Great game. I, I, I can't talk positively about this game enough. It's, it's a very, very sound RTS. Actual RTS. <laughs> yeah, that one is. All right. 28 X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Um, I, this probably gives part of my list away, but not the best game in the X-Wing slash TIE Fighter series, but still a very, very, very good game. Um, space combat simulator, very in-depth. Uh, there are so many different things like that you do in combat and out of combat where you're like uh, identifying ships, targeting them, and you know maybe just like seeing what they're doing or like, you know, here's your mission and you're supposed to uh, scan the cargo that's going through or this and that. And you can reroute power from engines to shields or, you know, from engines or to boot to, uh, to your lasers or from shields, lasers, or however you want to balance that out. Uh, it's even got a button. Like if you're in an X wing to open and close the wings, like they do. Uh, it's just, this whole series is, is fantastic. So th- this one goes at number 20, uh, whatever, number, whatever number we're at, 28, 28, Great. Cool. Uh, number 28 for me is another RTS, Blizzard RTS, StarCraft II, Wings of Liberty. Robert, this is how we met. This is how we know each other. Wings <laughs> yep. of Liberty is, uh, is an, and it is and was an exceptional game. Um, I think Wings of Liberty was the best of the StarCraft II series. I think there were some obviously very frustrating elements in terms of balance, but I think the game was at its best state. The, the game was, was so new, so fresh. Not, not a whole lot was figured out yet. People kind of were feeling things out. Yes, there were some bullshit things, but I thought this game was great. And the campaign was challenging, very challenging. And I, I've played through the campaign a number of times. I still have trouble on certain levels, and I still enjoy it very much just trying to get through it. <laughs> yeah, a fantastic game. All right, 27 for me is Stellaris. Ah, I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. This is a, another uh, Paradox Grand Strategy game. Uh, this one is based in uh, space, as you can probably tell from the from the title. And uh, you start off creating your race 
of, of uh, people that you're going to be controlling or people or aliens or fungus or whatever it is that you want to be controlling. It's uh, so much of the game, so much of the fun of this game to me is is the very beginning where you're saying, all right, this is, I'm going to control this race of people. This is what we're going to be like. We're going to be like fucking barbarians and we enslave everybody that we capture, or we're going to be pacifists or we're militarists or we're like scientists. Uh, these are the things that are important to us. This is how our government runs. We are a, uh, you know, a monarchy or we are a democracy or however you want to be. Uh, and then just like crusader Kings two, just playing however you want to play. You can try to play, you know, peaceful, uh, although you should probably still build up a military because eventually you're going to find, you're going to come across other people in the galaxy that are not peaceful and they're going to take you over if they, if they can. And, uh, there are, you know, you're the whole time you're also exploring other planets and doing, seeing if you can find places to, uh, other planets to colonize and kind of spread your, your race throughout the, uh, throughout the galaxy. You can try to take over the galaxy if you want, or if not, again, you can just play passive or do whatever. Um, they they also just came out with a big update for this game, and I haven't played it yet. But from everything I've seen, it's like drastically improves and changes like so much of the game that it's like almost a new game now. So wow. uh, yeah, I, I I keep hearing that. So I'm really interested. I really want to do another playthrough. I've I've got a probably a couple hundred hours in this game so far. Uh, wow! And um, I've done two or three playthroughs. And, um, it's just a fantastic game. I'm going to cool. pull, I'm going to pull up. I'm interested to see how much time I've spent on it. <laughs> uh, hold on. Actually, just give me a second. Cause I don't want to interrupt you. Sure. Uh, let's see. Stellaris is, um, I have, okay. Okay. Not a couple hundred. I have 117 hours in Stellaris. How many, sir? 117. Okay. Quite a bit. Yeah, Crusader King. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know. Crusader Kings 2, 232 hours. Holy shit. <laughs> All right, go on. Uh, number 27 for me is going to be another GameCube game. Uh, this is going to be Pikmin. <laughs> Pikmin is another one of these games that is, it, it to me, is perfect. It is exactly what it needs to be. It is a very simple game, kind of like Katamari Damacy. You know what you're doing, basic rinse and repeat. But there are certain elements that make it more difficult and more challenging. And as you kind of progress throughout the game, you get these different mechanics. Each of the Pikmin has its own specialty and use. And you kind of have to do some micro-macro because certain days you may need to kind of just produce a lot of uh, Pikmin so that you can progress throughout the game. I love this game. I love the story. It's very cute. It's very simple. The Pikmin are adorable. They're kind of comical at times. And just the kind of basic feeling of the game is is very comical, but then it's got this serious undertone to it because you only have 30 days in order to rebuild your ship or you die. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. And so you start to get the last couple of days, especially as you start your first couple of playthroughs, you're kind of like, huh, this, I underestimated the difficulty of this game. Now, once you play through it a couple of times, it's easy peasy, but the first one or two times you're getting a little nervous towards the end. Like you're not sure if you're going <laughs> to make it or not. That's awesome. I really am. Uh, this is this is on my list of games that I want to play this year. I really am excited to. You got it. I just to played it. through this. It, this is not that long of a game either. Awesome. All right, twenty six for me is Fez. This is a fantastic game. It's an indie game. Came out five or six or seven, maybe eight years ago. Uh, it is a puzzle platformer. 
you are this little white guy wearing a fez hat. And uh, by white guy, I mean like a little creature that is colored white. <laughs> and um, you, uh, it's if you haven't seen or played Fez, uh, it's very hard. I, I'm probably not going to be able to describe to describe this uh, in a way that you'll actually understand. I, I can't think of the exact words to use to describe how it works. But it is a 2D platformer. But every RTS, <laughs> RTS. <laughs> but every location. The world is modeled in 3D, but you're only playing it in 2D. But you can rotate the world as you are in it. So it'll rotate things, but it's still just in 2D. So even if something maybe rotated to the background a little bit, it's still considered part of the foreground because just because it's a 2D game that you're playing. Uh you just have to like see it. I, I can't describe it uh, sufficiently. Um, but along with having kind of that really interesting mechanic, it is one of the most visually stunning games I've ever played. So colorful. Like there are areas in this game that are just flat out beautiful. Uh, wow. I, I, game mechanics, even if it didn't have the game mechanics, I would have spent hours playing this game just to look at it. Like there were times where I just wanted to relax and I would just turn on Fez and just kind of play around without even doing anything in particular, just because it's so pleasing to look at. What do you have for 26? 26. Oh, did I have a duplicate? I think I had a duplicate. Uh Oh, you got one too. We're tied. I did. Okay. So I put super Mario RPG down again. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's go down to my plus one. Oh, I delete. Oh no, I didn't. Okay. Um, so so you're going to uh, retroactively add a number 100 to yours. Yeah, this would have been like 36 instead of 26. We'll put it that way. Um, and this probably should have been a little bit further down, but we're going to go with Crash Bandicoot 2 Vortex's Revenge for PS2. Super fun platformer. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, obviously a very popular series. This one was very good. I know a lot of people really like the third one, but I thought this one was exceptionally fun. You have the basic element of the game where you need to complete the levels and grab the crystals, but then there's this, oh, there's bonus objectives, and you can go for these gems and then colorful gems, and you have to kind of figure them out. The bosses have good mechanics to them. Music's Crash Bandicoot-oriented, so it's kind of fun and lively. Uh, Mechanics of the game are pretty good. There's some little bugs with certain jumps, like the slide jump, but all around exceptional game. I've 100% of this game probably two or three times. Oh, wow, really? All right, 25. We are 75% of the way through now. Uh, I'm going to go with X-Wing. This is the, uh, obviously in the X-Wing and TIE Fighter series, this is the first uh, LucasArts Star Wars-based space combat simulator. And just like X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter, it was a uh, phenomenal game. This was, uh, again, very in-depth. The, the, the space combat is such that it made you really feel like you were piloting an X-Wing or whatever craft it happened to be. There were A-Wings, B-Wings, Y-Wings, all that. So uh, pretty much all that I said about X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter applies to this one. But this one was just done a little bit better. Even though it came first, it was still better, I, in my opinion, than... X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter. So, super, super fun game. Cool. Uh, number 25 is going to be Paper Mario for GameCube. No, it was Friend64, wasn't it? Yeah, Paper Mario. Yeah, the first one was, yeah. Out uh, of typo. Um, Paper Mario, 
I loved the whole series. I thought Thousand Year Door was great, but I actually really preferred the original one. I thought the characters were really, really fun. The mechanics that they provided and allowed you to access were great. Um, story was fun. Combat's fun. This, to me, this series, Paper Mario in general, I love. I thought the first time I saw it, the, the 2D elements, the, the different comical moments that they had because you know everything's made out of paper. It was great. Very creative. Very, very fun. And I, I still enjoy playing through this series a lot. Cool. All right, 24. You knew this was coming somewhere along the line. It's going to start right now. Metal Gear Solid 2. (laughs) Uh, I love the Metal Gear Solid series. Um, There will be more to come in this list. (laughs) But Metal Gear Solid 2 is uh, not the best in the series, but there are plenty of complaints to be had about it. But still, for me, I still really, really love it. And it's the first Metal Gear game of any type that I ever played. And uh, it's got so many Easter eggs, so many little funny things that can happen. So, of course, it's got, like, silly dialogue and, like, an extremely convoluted story and all that. does have some issues, but it's it's still a Metal Gear Solid game at heart, and it's executed really pretty well. And it's got just so many funny, weird things that can happen. I just love it. Cool. What do you have for 24? My number 24 is going to be Pokemon... But again, similar to Mario Party, I don't have a specific preference. I really enjoyed uh, Red and Blue when I was a kid. Yellow was a great one. I played through Silver and Gold. I 100%ed actually Silver. I think I got like almost all the Pokemon leveled, most of them 200. Uh, I played the game a ton. But Pokemon in general, to be honest with you, I still play even a lot of the new ones. Like I got Pearl when it came out. Um, I, I just every once in a while I just get a craving and I'll buy it and I'll just play through it like from start to finish and. I think this this series, though, is very simplistic and always has the same major repeating elements. I still look forward to playing it every single time and just have an absolute blast with it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, 23 is uh, StarCraft Brood War. Oh, yeah. We've talked about it plenty. I won't say much more. Just that I really loved um, the fact like that it's a strategy game and then there are also these three races that were so different from each other. Especially back when this came out, they, they were, this was like there were game, there were strategy games with different races that you could play, but I feel like none of them had such variance as uh, StarCraft did I at agree. that time. All right, what about I you? Like 23? It. I like it. Uh, number twenty three is actually going to be Hearthstone by Blizzard. Oh wow, um, Hearthstone—that's pretty high. Yeah, I know. I, I, I was—I thought about it a lot. I mean. They have done an incredible job with this game. They, they really have. Hearthstone came out. It was had a lot of hype to live up to. It's a Blizzard title. Um, they were trying something new, and they killed it. I mean, they really did. Hearthstone became the front runner for, for sort of the, I guess, it, is it the trading card community? Or what, do, what do you want to call it? The uh, uh, yeah, yeah, trading card. Or, uh, okay. Yeah, trading card game, right? And, and I know a lot of people are kind of turned off by it because they're they're really big into magic or any of the other any of the other really popular ones. But this game just kind of took everything by storm. The second they applied it to all the mobile platforms as well, it just blew up. And I know as of lately, I don't think it's doing as well as it was, but I still think Blizzard did an excellent job, and they've created a variety of game modes. Arena's fun. Um, yeah, I mean it's all around. I think it's a solid solid investment by them. Cool. All right, forty. Uh... Two? No, wait, fuck. 22. <laughs> 22. 22. Watch your fucking mouth. 22, Metal Gear Solid 1. Oh, there it is. Uh, 
in some ways it's not in some ways i do like metal gear solid 2 better uh some of the story is a little bit wackier which is funny um there are like some more just like bizarre things in metal gear solid 2 but but metal gear solid 1 uh first of all you know it was the original of the metal gear solid series also it's a little bit more uh even though it's a little bit more tame it's also more consistent uh whereas metal gear solid 2 definitely has like some downsides to it metal gear solid 1 has a lot fewer downsides to it so it's maybe doesn't take as many risks which i which i i do love it when games take more risks but overall as a complete package it uh it pulls it 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 pulls off what it's trying to do a little bit more smoothly which is just which is still to be kind of a weird crazy game uh with you know really good boss fights and and good stealth mechanics and all that stuff and it really doesn't falter too much along the way either so uh so metal gear solid one Cool. All right, 22. Uh, 22 for me is going to be Guild Wars 1. Um, obviously, upsold Guild Wars 2, but Guild Wars 1 to me was a very, very well done MMO. It didn't have enough endgame to keep people pulled in, but I thought the single player was absolutely engrossing. The story, you, you kind of followed this linear story, and you could kind of take a break and explore around the areas as you're progressing through the uh, main story. But it was very challenging, and the classes had... To be honest, you almost felt like you were at a deficit at the beginning of the game, and your build had to had to work together with other people in order to create some sort of synergy so that you could actually progress in the game. Very punishing game. Every time you die, you lose you lose some of your max health and you lose some other stat too. Hmm. I think it's your 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 um, resource pool, and so you really can't die a whole lot in this game. It makes it very challenging. They added NPCs that you can include to your party so that people could be more, uh, so that people are able to um, solo more often. Oh, okay. But this game, you had to be in groups for the most part. Um, you had to work together. You had to know your class. You really did. And you got to do these combinations of one class slash another class. And so you had to understand um, how you were going to do it. Because if you chose a warrior monk, which was one of the most popular things, you had to understand what the what the class was going to play like and actually do it exactly like that, which to some people was a turnoff, but I really liked it. It created some very, very unique class combinations and allowed people to sort of explore the meta and it definitely shifted. And PVP for this game was so, so very good at the beginning. Oh, Minus cool. Koreans. Koreans dominating it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not surprising. They're, they're good at games. 21 Metal Gear Solid 4. Noticing a pattern here. Yeah. Um, Metal Gear Solid 4 is just amazing, f- frankly. It's, it's, uh, it's again, got all the craziness that you expect out of the Metal Gear Solid games. Uh, the story, even though it's still impossible to understand, it's, it's very moving. Uh, it's got some really awesome moments. The gameplay is really well done. There are characters from some games that you think, like, suck but then they turn out but then when they come back in this game they become like completely badass uh i i just the and the ending to this game is so damn good it just everything about this game is is really 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 awesome cool uh number 23 we've talked about a bunch 20, of these already 20, 21 21 sorry uh we've talked about a bunch of these already this is gta 3 um gta 3 <laughs> It, it was the mile marker for, for me. I played GTA 1 and GTA 2, loved both of them. And GTA 3, it may, it, it just 
threw insults at the older ones. Like it was <laughs> so different. I mean, it, it, it was just amazing to just get dropped into this world where it's a sandbox and you can literally do anything. Yes, you'll be punished for it, but you can do just about anything you want to and still progress in the game. And I loved yeah. all the different ridiculous mechanics of it. I love how, how much fun it is to just drive on the roads and just, you know, just pull somebody out of their car, steal their car, drive around. Yeah. Maybe you go to the pizza shop and you work for the pizza shop a little bit, make some money. Maybe you start hunting down the relics or whatever they were called for the bonus objectives of the game. There was like some things where if you did jumps, you would get money or, or bonuses for, for doing these like insane jumps or flips. By the way, there's also a main story to the game. <laughs> Right, There's yeah. All this different stuff you can do in this world, and I spent tons and tons of time investing in this game and loved it. When such, you, such a fun game. <clears throat> when they were building up to the release of this game, they had a uh, uh, on IGN. They had so many articles about like the different stuff that you were supposed to be able to do in this game and the different things that like Rockstar told them was going to happen, and like for like the month leading up to this game coming out, I would just get on IGN and reread the same articles over and over again. Oh my like, gosh. I'd be like, I can't believe you're going to be able to do this. Can't believe you're going to be able to do that. And it actually lived up to the hype. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Like, I guarantee, No matter how crazy it was, I guarantee it's in the game because, I mean, it's GTA 3. Yeah. All right, my number 20 is Super Mario World. We're getting down there. It's just so creative all the way through. Um, like you said earlier, it's like you, like, it's so hard. Like you almost can't beat this, uh, just because like it's fantastically executed platformer. And then they do so many cool things with all the different levels throughout the game and the bosses and stuff. It's just ton of fun with a whole lot of variety. Uh, so many different, like just, just like the whole, the way the whole game is designed. There's just so much variety throughout the whole thing and so much creativity. I like it. I like it. Well, obviously. Yeah, uh, I know you do. Number, number 20, we're getting down there. Number 20 for me is going to be Super Nintendo's Earthbound. Um, oh, nice. This, this is a game that you and I could talk about for hours. This game is... It, it's almost as if people in the future went back in time and wrote this game in that system because <laughs> they, it is just it's that good. I mean, you have, have a yeah, I agree. turn-based RPG. Okay? But then the fights, you have this comical dialogue. Okay, so then you're outside the fights and this interesting stuff happens and you get engrossed in this story with the dialogue that is very short. Again, short and sweet to the point with the dialogue. It's enough to keep you interested, but it's not That's a good point. overly explained. Yeah, I, I love this game. I, I think it's so fun. I love how dark it is at times. I love the comedy of it. I love the realism of certain parts of it as well. It's yep. just, it, it is one of those games that this deserves to be higher on the list for sure. Like th this belongs in the Video Game Hall of Fame. If it isn't already, uh, I agree. It's um, I like Earthbound for a lot of the same reasons that I like the Middle Gear Solid series because it's so weird and quirky. But at the same time, that is really weird and quirky. They managed to actually put in a moving, uh, moving story into it. That's like that you genuinely care about. It's not just like yeah. weird for the sake of weird. It's like weird, but also you really do care about the characters and what's going on. Yeah, I agree. I think that's an excellent point. All right, 19. We are sub-20 now. Ooh, buddy. Uh, StarCraft 2. Oh, wow. You put StarCraft Brood War below StarCraft 2. Interesting. Yeah, oh, I liked them, uh, you know, them both, obviously. But I liked StarCraft 2. I, I played that many, many, many times more than I played, and longer than I played. Or, um, I have many, many more 
hours in StarCraft 2 that I did in Brood War. Not even close. I played StarCraft 2 for hours every day for like, you know... I actually don't know. Mine's close. Oh, no. Mine is not even close. I played a lot. I played a good bit of Brood War, but I played a shitload of StarCraft 2. I just could not get enough of it. I I think it was mostly mostly like the competitive aspect of it for me because I like it. Starcraft Brood War, I just wanted to, like, have a lot of fun. I just thought it was fun. Starcraft 2, I did that, and then I was like, shit, no, I want to beat everybody in this game. Uh, I never really got that good at it, um, but, like, I would just play on the ladder over and over and over and over and over again, just, you know, just for that competitive component. You're preaching my story. (laughs) Uh, Number number 19 is the seventh installation of... Final Fantasy. Had to be on the list. Final Fantasy VII is an iconic game, just an all-around super fun game. Still holds up for the most part today. There are some things that are a little bit ridiculous, but to this day, like we talked about earlier, I think if anybody talks about Final Fantasy, if you went went in a room and talked to 100 people, more people would talk about Final Fantasy VII if you asked them what their favorite Final Fantasy game is um, than anybody else. It's just such a popular game for a variety of reasons and it's well deserved it's a fun game with an interesting story um it pushed the limits of of you know what the prior final fantasy had done just like the later ones did and yeah i mean this is just an all-around exceptional game sweet all right um what are we 18 yep 18 rayman rayman legends good choice oh geez this I've talked about it plenty of times. So we'll go on to for too long, but I'll just say three things. Uh, fantastic platforming, amazing art and graphics, and also amazing uh, score, like the soundtrack <laughs> score. It's uh, just, I, I, there were times where I would play this game and I would like notice that I was actually like smiling while I was playing it. <laughs> That's so funny. I just absolutely love, loved this game. That's cool though. Yeah. Uh, number 18 for me is going to be League of Legends. Uh, League of Legends, uh, it's an incredible MOBA. I, I'm so, I mean, let's just put it this oh, way. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, this is, in a, it, it, this was a game that the first year came, comes out, they say, hey, Riot says this game's going to be free. Okay. You know, Blizzard, meanwhile, is charging $15 a month for, for, for their consumers. Riot says, we're going to do it for free. They make $543 million. <laughs> Suddenly they have right. everybody's attention. And, and this for the, is the for, best for, for anybody who's confused by that, it's based on like buying uh, skins Microtransactions. and stuff. Yeah. Microtransactions. Yeah. It's the business model that is now everything. Um, but what, what I love about it is this game comes out, it's very popular, but it doesn't fall off. Riot takes it to the next level. They keep it updated. They keep it fresh. They keep it new. Keep adding new champions. They're listening to the to the public. And not only that, they converted it into a massive, massive eSport. Like, it is just such a popular game. Um, I'm sure most people have tried it, if not most everybody uh, who plays games, but... Fun game. Really, really great MOBA. Has a good learning curve. Um, I don't know what else to say. Just a really, really great game. <laughs> All right. For my, uh, was 17? Yeah, yep. 17. I'm looking at I'm looking at two now. I wonder if I might, I might switch them a little bit. Oh, excuse me. No, nah, I'm going to keep it. All right. Yeah, okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one little tiny adjustment. And for 17, I'm going to go with uh, Rogue Legacy. Ooh. 
Um, oh, man, I have I have so many hours in this game. It's one of the few games that I've actually cared to take the time to 100%. And uh, it's just a really fun, really tight game. Like the controls are feel so good on this game. This game is like I was so I. This is another one that I would sometimes play just to relax. And this was purely because the controls feel so good. <laughs> it's it's a sort of like a semi roguelike. Um, it's not really truly a rogue like game, but because you do have a lot of persistent stuff that you like, you like upgrade your keep or, or, you know, you upgrade things where like you have blueprints and you can get this or that upgrade, uh, or, you know, this or that like weapon and, and, or like uh, ability that you can have on subsequent playthroughs and you build up your, your castle where like you, you're more powerful, you know, on your second time where it's like, okay, now you can you have enough gold to build up your, you know, your like speed or your, you know, you can get vampire, you know, vamp. So you like, uh, get health when you attack people or you do like harder crits and this kind of stuff. But the, um, the whole game is based on you going in this castle and trying to kill all the bosses in the castle. There are four bosses. And then they added a couple like secret bosses after that. And, um, and then there's the final boss, of course, there's like four main areas, uh, in increasing difficulty, but you're kind of wandering around the castle. It's randomly generated every time you play. And, uh, you are just like swinging your sword at bad guys pretty much. And like, aside from it being, having kind of a fun conceit where like, if you die, then like, then the next person that comes is like one of your descendants. And, uh, everybody has like one little quirk about them. Like sometimes you might be a character who's colorblind and the screen is all uh, black and white whenever you play. Huh. Or there's one color, there's one, there's one trait that you can get where they're very nostalgic, and what that means is it's just the same as colorblind, except instead of black and white, it's in sepia tones. Um, wow. And then uh, there was one character that had one time, and it's like the whole game is turned upside down when you play as them, <laughs> which makes it so hard. But the platforming and the action is really challenging. But it, like again. The controls are like perfect in this game. So it feels really good to play. The bosses are all very, very challenging. So when you beat them, it really feels like you accomplished something. Uh, it's just really overall, just like fantastic game. Cool. What do you have for 17? 17 for me is going to be 10. And that is Final Fantasy 10. Um, it's one of my favorite installments from the Final Fantasy series. This game, I know I keep blowing up my mic. I'm trying not to. Um, this game has so many elements that I really appreciate about it. The story I, I don't respect as much as I used to. I think it's a little bit simplistic, and there are certain parts of it that don't really logically make sense, but I still appreciate it for what it is. Um, I really enjoyed the combat. It's, it is a turn-based RPG, but it does have sort of accelerated combat features, so you can do certain things a little bit quicker. Um, and then I really like the Sphere Good. I thought the Sphere Good was very, very fun at times, just kind of strategically planning out where you were going to go throughout, the, uh, throughout your entire adventure. Oh, mm -hmm. Sorry about that. Uh, but overall, it, it is by far one of my favorite of the Final Fantasy series, and I play it probably at once a year, to be honest with you. It is just just a very, very fun game. Yeah, it is a super fun game. Uh, it's one of the first, it, you know, really, it, that I think that's the second RPG that I ever finished. Wow. This was Wicked in 3, like I said earlier. I think, I'm pretty sure this was the second one after that. That's crazy. I know. All right, 16, VVV, VVV. This... I had a feeling this is going to be on your list. Oh, man, this is... <laughs> I was about to say, I guess it's pretty obvious. It's one of my favorite games ever. <laughs> um, it, like, just the... When I played this the first time, I knew... I, I had seen the graphics, and I knew the graphics were really, like... 
very basic, like retro style, like almost, almost not quite like sort of Atari looking. Um, and I thought like, oh, well, this is just kind of like a regular old platformer that just kind of like looks neat. So I'll, I'll, whatever, I'll give it a try. But no, like this game, the platforming is so interesting, so challenging. There's a thing where like you jump, the, the, one of the weird, like main things about it is when you jump, you go upside down. So like if you jump, you land on the ceiling, you jump again, you land back on the floor and you, and all the platforming is based around that. And not only that, but it's also like a whole map that you're exploring in 2d. So there are areas where you might jump and then go like three, four, five screens before landing somewhere totally farther, totally like not even anywhere close to where you were before. Uh, but not only that, the, uh, so there's that, there's the platforming is very, very challenging at some parts and the soundtrack is so damn good in this game. It just keeps you wanting to like, Keep going, just keep going, keep going, keep going. It keeps you like energized. It keeps you wanting to play more. Uh, it's just—it's a game that I can't really describe very well. You just have to play it to like feel how how good of a platformer this is. Uh, I think cool. most—I think most of it does come down to challenge, like how challenging it is. There are some parts where like you keep trying them, and eventually you'll like get through them, and it feels like like holy shit! I cannot believe that I actually accomplished that. <laughs> All right, sixteen. Number 16, a game you and I have talked very positively about on a variety of occasions, and this is going to be Cuphead. Um, Cuphead. Oh, wow. That's high. Oh, yeah. Dude, what? This game is so good. This is is a game, like, everybody should try this game. It it is just so exceptional. We've talked about it. The music, the gameplay, the difficulty, everything is tuned so beautifully. The bosses are Mm -hmm. difficult enough where it's going to take you a couple tries, but it's not to a point where you just want to, like, pull your hair out. And the music and the, the visuals for each level is unique and they synergize with each other. And it just, it wraps everything up in this nice little bow. And it's such a simple game, but executed amazingly well. Like It's just so enjoyable. It's enjoyable to watch, let alone play. Like that's what's so crazy about it. Yeah. It is fantastic. Uh, 15, Metal Gear Solid 3. We are uh, done with Metal Gear Solid. It's the last one for me. There is a fifth one. I still have not played Metal Gear Solid 5 somehow. Uh, But Metal Gear Solid 3 um, is, for me, absolutely the best Metal Gear Solid game. A lot of people feel the same way. Not everybody. But uh, the story... it's, It's got all the other things that the other Metal Gear Solid games do. It's got really good stealth. Really crazy story with like really stupid, funny moments. Uh, it's got like you know ridiculous dialogue, but mm-hmm. the story in this one is uh is so 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 good. Even compared to the other ones, the ending is is like almost tear jerkingly good. Wow! And uh, the uh, um, and there's uh, just like Metal Gear Solid Two. There are so many little funny weird like Easter eggs you can do. All the bosses are great. It's got one of the best boss fights ever um, in any game. This is just like a game that there is like it's so far beyond what most other games can even like hope to achieve. Hmm. All right. What you got? I got a pee. Be back. Okay. What's up? I haven't been recording. 
Shut your mouth. For how long? Uh, whenever you said you had to go to the bathroom. Do you know what number that was on? Oh, God, no. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Give me a second. Give oh, me a second. shit. Hold on. Just Robert! I know, no, no, no. No, no, no. I didn't do anything. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. We've made the took the longest podcast and made it longer. Give me a second. Let me uh import the old one. And see where we are. All right. So uh, okay. So we only miss four each. I know that's. Oh, I say only. We miss four each. All right, Jay. What's your fifteen? What's, what's your fifteen? I'm recording. I promise. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Sorry. We we um, I, I missed a few. I stopped recording for for the listeners. Uh, so we might go through these a little bit quicker and I missed just, uh, the next like four of each of ours. So, uh, apologies, apologies if this sounds slightly forced, but we do want to go through and, uh, recap everything we had to say about those, uh, at least somewhat quickly. So, uh, Jay, your 15 was, um, my number 15th was, don't uh, laugh at me. Sorry. It's too fucking easy. (laughs) <laughs> uh, is Advance Wars 2 Black Hole Rising. This was the first expansion to Advance Wars. Um, I believe there were two additional titles beyond this. I know there's at least one. Um, but the first one is very good. The second one is, in my opinion, the best one. It The story is okay. I don't really care about the story, but... You have to build a strategy right. to try and beat the level. You uh, lagged out. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> Give us the two-second version of... No, I'm uh, done. It's Advanced Wars, Black Hole, Sun, and... Jesus Christ. It's, uh... Advanced Wars 2, Black Hole Rising. It's a great game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jesus. <laughs> My number four... I was, ta- I was talking for the entire duration I know, of that. Because it came back and you were still talking. Uh, all right. 14 is Inside... basically the sequel to limbo it's not a direct sequel but it's very heavily implied that it takes place in the same universe uh haunting game not a frightening game but purely just a very very haunting game uh i limbo the way i described it is limbo takes place in a nightmarish dream world inside for me or inside takes place in an equally nightmarish uh real world uh setup with some very very mild well it's got some mild science fiction elements in there, but it takes in place in like a mostly realistic world with like just kind of like some creepy, crazy stuff that's going on. And it is a super creepy game. When I, when I play this game, I, it's about a four hour game and I actually could not make myself stop playing it until I finished the whole thing. Jay, what's your 14? <laughs> uh, my 14 <laughs> is Heroes of Might Magic And it's 3. a fantastic game and that's all. God damn it. <laughs> um, this is so I, I want to kind of at least say this much. So I talked about my Magic Eight, which is an RPG. Um, this game, though, is a turn-based strategy game. It has many depths to it, and there's a lot of strategies involved. This is a very, very fun game. I love the different aspects of it. I love how much there is to it. But each game does take a very long time, so a little bit deterrent sometimes because you're like, eh, I kind of want to play, but even like a small map takes like six hours of gameplay. <laughs> All right, 13, uh, GTA San Andreas for me. For me, this is my favorite Grand Theft Auto game. I, I haven't played four. I've only played a little bit of five, so I can't really speak to those very much. But uh, it, even compared to GTA 3 and Vice City, this one did so much more 
than its predecessors did. It was the same general setup, but just so much more to do in the in that world. Uh, the map was enormous. There's tons of different things to do. Uh, lots of different vehicles, jetpacks, airplanes, bicycles, everything. Like San Andreas just like had it all. Cool. Uh, number 13 for me is going to be Zelda Link to the Past for Super Nintendo. Um, all around, very solid title. Uh, great music. Really enjoyed the... Even the sound effects were fun in this game. Um, I love the the puzzle aspect of this game. I love the first time playing this game, just trying to figure things out, kind of feel out where everything is, slowly progressing, having to do some backtracking, um, but just all around, just a very, very enjoyable experience. They did a great job of keeping this game going at, at pretty much the entire time of it. All right, number 12, Secret of Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. I love the Monkey Island series. That's no secret. Um, this one does have a few issues, but overall the story is so good. The game looks so good. Uh, and it's just like the, the characters and the dialogue are all so, so much fun that I absolutely love it. It does have a few problems with some of the puzzles being kind of stupid and, and way too hard. The game goes on for quite a bit longer than it should in general. But for me, all of the good things are so good that they really outweigh those for, for the most part. So that's what, that's what I got for 12. Cool. Uh, my number 12 is going to be another Zelda game, actually, which is GameCube's Wind Waker. Uh, I really liked Wind Waker. I thought the, the art style, the graphics were... Wait, wasn't Wind Waker a Wii? No, Wii it's game? GameCube. Okay, my bad. No, GameCube. Uh, they made another one. There was one for the, the Wii as well. Um, but originally came out for GameCube. Uh, amazing title. I love I love the art style. I love the 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 what they did with it. It was just it was refreshing. It was something different. Um, I, I really enjoyed the the aspect of rowing around the boat and you know finding different objects and doing the the different. Th there were like these side quests you could do, and I mean just just all around. It's a great Zelda title. I mean the the main story is intriguing. The combat they they changed up the combat a little bit in this one, and it was it was fun. It was a little bit different. Um, Trying to think it also really made this game shine for me, but yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I just, I really have a positive image in this game. I played through it a bunch of different times. I think I played for the podcast last year as well, or the year before, but I just really, really enjoy this game. I, th I think it's got a great pace to it. Sick. Number 11 for me, the first point and click adventure game I ever played is Loom. And uh, it's very different. Well, it's pretty different from a lot of from from other, from other point and click adventure games. It does not have inventory. It does not have the verb box. It has a it has a, a bar staff at the bottom where you play notes to cast spells. You learn uh, little five note songs, four or five note songs from doing things in the world. You have to write those down on a piece of paper, and uh, those are those are spells that you can use to make things happen. That's how you progress through the game. How you get through puzzles. You, if you get stuck on something, that means you got to use a spell on something somewhere. So you go around trying spells on stuff by by clicking and putting in these, uh, playing these different notes on your staff. And um, the the story is what really sucked me in for the most part. The gameplay was was really good, but for me, the story it's kind of a dark and serious tone, uh, which which I really enjoyed at the time. And uh, the music is absolutely amazing, and the story. For a for me being pretty young at the time, it like does like a lot of kind of crazy cosmological stuff, and it really like blew my mind at the time. Even though it might not hold up that great today, uh, again for the time, it was it was fantastic for me. Cool. Um, excuse me. Uh, 
So we talked about Warcraft 3, we talked about Reign of Chaos, can't talk about Warcraft 3 without bringing up Frozen Throne. Frozen Throne, to a lot of people, was their favorite installment of Warcraft 3. This really tied a lot of the story together. It dragged us through this very, very, I would say emotional story. I mean, it it was a, a great arc in a very, very long story. But additionally, they did a great job of introducing new units. They introduced more balance to the game, added some new sort of minor mechanics to the game. All around, once again, they did it. It was, it was a great title, very, very exciting, and still holds up today. Still holds up today. <laughs> we are at our top ten. I think we might make it. I think we might make it huh? through this. Are you Jerry. recording? <laughs> Fuck you! I'm recording. <laughs> all um, right, number ten, my tenth favorite game of all time. What if we both had the same top ten? What would you do? Um. I would. I, I can't even describe what I would. I don't. That's so mind. Everybody would think it'd be planned for sure. Everybody would immediately believe <laughs> that'd be, that. That would be the most bizarre uh, circumstance in the history of the cosmos. Um. All right. This is what I got. Number ten is Braid. Ah. Really interest. Excuse me. Really interesting platformer. Where you, uh, the, the different levels that you do, like time works differently on different levels. And you have to use time to get through, like to get past characters. Like on one level, for instance, like time only passes when you're moving. And so char- so bad guys don't walk until you start walking. So you, you have to take longer or shorter paths to get this or that done. It's all like puzzle platforming. So you have to use these things in a way that like gets you uh, through through each level. I don't remember a lot of the specifics because it's been a few years since I've since I've uh, done a playthrough of it, but uh, it's it's really fun. But what's what's best about this game to me is like just how this is like like how beautiful the whole package is. The platforming is good. The story is some people consider it a little bit heavy handed, and I can understand that. But for me, it's it's a uh, it feels honest at the same time and, and personal, so it's uh, it, it it so I can really appreciate it for that. And the music is absolutely is absolutely amazing. One of my favorite soundtracks of Ow. any game ever. Uh, I absolutely love it. All right, what's your number ten favorite game of all time? Uh, top ten. So or number ten is going to be Super Mario Sunshine for GameCube. Another GameCube title. I think it's my last one. Yeah, wow. it's my last one. I love Super Mario Sunshine. I enjoy it more than Mario 64. I respect Mario 64 for what it is, but Sunshine, for some reason, I really, really like it. Um, first time I played it, I got hooked. I played it through to the end, went back through again, played it through and got 100%. This game is super duper fun. I love the variety of the mechanics of the backpack with the water. I love the variety of levels. Some frustrating levels in this game, but... Generally speaking, levels are pretty darn cool. Boss fights are a little subpar, but overall the game has a good flow to it. A little bit ridiculous at times, but isn't super challenging. Fun game. Just absolutely fun game. Cool. Number nine for me. And depending on when I'm coming up with this list, I might put I might put this as number ten as or in, in Braid as number nine. But for now, I'm gonna go with Braid at ten. And for number nine. Day of the Tentacle. Uh, this is the sequel to Maniac Mansion. One of the greatest point-and-click games ever made. One of the most fun, 
one of the uh, funniest. It's uh, just the art style in this is great. They they it's got like a more cartoony style, sort of along the lines of Sam and Max, and uh, it's it's just a super solid point and click adventure game all the way through. The story is not serious at all, but it's fun. It's funny. The characters are funny. All the events that happen are funny. It's cool seeing little like uh, tentacles that like like anthropomorphized tentacles bouncing around doing things. Uh, the, the puzzles are challenging, but none except for maybe one or two are like absolutely none, none, none of them are really stupid or ridiculous. And even the one or two that might be a little bit dumb, like they don't, they aren't so bad, like anything close to, they're, they're really not that bad at all. They're just kind of like a little bit weird and awkward. Um, but this game just has a flow to it and it's very, very, very consistent in all that it does. And there's really nothing about it that's actually bad in any way. It's just like a super, super solid, um, one of like the most solid point and click Avenger games ever made, I would say. A lot of point and clicks at the final 15 here. Yeah, I know. We're getting there. Um, number nine for me, this might be a little bit surprising, but it's uh, Overwatch by Blizzard. Wow. Overwatch. I, I don't even play this game, but I still think this game is well above most of the games that have ever been done. I, I'm still amazed at this. You take Blizzard, who is known for doing all these same IPs over and over and over. They release a brand new IP and do something they've never done before and do it successfully. Not only that, they take it to the next level and they keep doing it. The game is visually breathtaking. The lore is, it's okay. It's nothing crazy. They're starting to develop it now, but it's nothing super in-depth. But it looks amazing, feels amazing, plays amazing. The multiplayer aspect of it is very well balanced. Blizzard's very receptive on um, balance changes and any other requests that the community has. It's just, it's so impressive to see this Blizzard, who's treating Overwatch like a project that is always changing from Blizzard six, seven years ago with WoW, where they were had their feet in the sand and they basically said, we're not going to make changes. Right. Overwatch, if you haven't played it, if you like FPSs, this game's incredible. It doesn't have any single player but it does obviously have a very, very popular and massive um, multiplayer aspect to it. Well put. All right, Thanks. number eight is, in my opinion, the greatest fighting game ever made. You can probably see where I'm going with this. Street Fighter Two. Yep. Uh, any version of it doesn't really make a difference. Um, <clears throat> the sprites are amazing on this game. The All of the art looks really good. Uh, it's amazingly well balanced, and it is the the fighting game that really like showed the world what fighting games could be. Uh, it's like set the standard, and it is still like in many ways I feel like a standard for what fighting games can and should be. Uh, it like started it all, and it's even it holds up extremely well even now. Like you can go back and play it, and it's. Still very challenging, still very well balanced, still takes a lot of skill to, you know, to master. Uh, awesome character variety, especially at that time. It had eight characters when this game came out was quite, was, was a lot of characters. And not only that, but they're all very different from one another. There, uh, there's, it's, there's nothing bad about Street Fighter 2 at all. It, like, everything it does, it does extremely well, and it's held up perfectly throughout the past 
thir- like 25, 30 years? Yeah. However long well, it's been. I was going to say 25, 30 years is about right. It is absolutely a, an amazing feat in a great game. Speaking of old games that hold up well, uh-huh. uh, let's talk about StarCraft Brood War. <laughs> um, underrated to be StarCraft Brood War. This is substantially higher than Wings of Liberty for me. I, I think Brood War was, it, it still is. I mean, we talked about earlier, the Koreans are going back and playing Brood War again. What, what yep. year is it? Right. StarCraft Brood War, I think the story is very good. I don't think it's the best thing ever. I think it's very good. Um, I think the graphics at the time were okay. They're now obviously very subpar. But you don't care about any of that. All you care about is the gameplay. And you play against other people. And the multiplayer aspect of it is amazing. The ladder system is is fun to 1v1 people. And then you have the use map settings, which is its own universe. I mean, literally, people go in there and just create these custom maps. You have defense maps. You have RPG maps. You have Dota. That is where Dota... Well, I guess that actually came from Warcraft, if I'm not mistaken. But people did create MOBAs in the StarCraft Brood War use map settings. There were all these different types of maps, and that alone was one piece of it. Then you also have the multiplayer aspect. I could sit on Battle.net all day and not get bored. <laughs> if I got tired of laddering, I played use map settings. If I got tired of use map settings, I'd start creating my own maps. Like, you could do anything. It, it was so fun. Yeah, it's a fucking good game. All right, number seven is Earthbound. Oh, there it is. There it is. Absolutely my favorite RPG ever. Uh, just the fact that an RPG made it this high on my list, and I don't even like RPGs that much. Uh, that alone hopefully says a lot. Again, same reason I like the Middle Gear Solid games. It's so quirky, but also serious and has a good story at the same time. Uh, there are no, for me at least, there are no boring parts of this game. And that's, for me... That's very true. In RPGs, I even get bored at parts that most people don't usually in RPGs. In Earthbound, I never once got bored. Uh, there, it, there keeps things like, it keeps lots of interesting things happening. It keeps the, the scenery changing from place to place. Uh, something is always moving along. You're always progressing. Uh, not just in the sense that like, Oh, I leveled up now. Like you always feel like you're doing something that's a, that's, that's, that's advancing the story or at least if nothing else, like giving you new, newer, like new cool things to do and see and look at. I, and again, the story it, like I don't know, I just keep repeating myself now. Earth, I can't even describe it. It's so fun and quirky and and silly, but also with a good story. It's just cannot match this for RPGs, as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah. What about you? All right. Number seven for me is going to be Golden Sun for GBA. Um, I talked about the the second second one. Yeah, second one. The original Golden Sun oh, okay. is. Stupid fun! It is such a fun game. I remember the I got it for a birthday. No, the person got it for me. They were like, "Oh, I talked to some nerd at the store at, at GameStop or Walmart, or whatever," and he suggested I get this game for you. So I'm like, "All right, I give it a shot." And I am hooked. The second I start doing stuff, I'm hooked. It's just such a fun game. I love the variance from combat of this turn-based RPG to this puzzle open world-esque aspect of it when you're not in combat. So there's all these different objects you can move. You have all these different spells that can interact with objects. Potentially. So it opens up all these different um, options to do different things. And it's very, very fun and trying to figure out all the puzzles throughout the game. For the most part, they're not super challenging, but it is fun and rewarding. Cool. All right. Number uh, six. 
And, My uh, number six, this was number five on uh, Jay David's list. And for me, it's number six, and that is FTL. Ah, yeah. <laughs> this game, as you as you mentioned, I sunk so many hours into. Um, not, not quite as much as like a Paradox game or anything like that. Or I guess, I don't know, I just pulled it up and I have 152 hours in this. <laughs> just... Go just going through and you know doing encounter to encounter, trying to get to the end boss and all that, building your ship up along the way. There's so many kind of like it's very it's very similar to Brogue in the sense that I mean obviously the gameplay is extremely different. You're you're doing ship to ship combat, but like Jay said, so many different things can happen, and it's different. It's it's similar to Brogue in the sense that uh, the game based on like the random stuff that happens throughout the game and the things you encounter you have to play the game very differently from one playthrough to the next. Because, like, on this game, you might only find, like, this one certain type of weapon. And then on another playthrough, you might only find uh, this, you know, a different type of weapon that you have to you that you have to play with extremely differently. And on a third one, you might, you know, like, not even find weapons, but you get really strong crew members and a teleporter. So instead of, like, attacking ships, you're teleporting your guys over there and attacking their crew directly. Uh, it's just... The, the variety that's in this game as well as well as the challenge it's extremely difficult and on top of that one of the things that that caused me to have the most hours in this is this is the you know they just they'll just one way people will describe games is like the one minute more game like just give me another minute or like you know i'll just play for for just one more minute and oh wait just one more minute okay oh that minute's <laughs> right just give me one more minute this game has done that to me harder than any other game does, and I think partly it's the way the encounters are, because I'll because you you do it in, you go to a planet you fit, you fight somebody if there's a bad guy there, and then you progress. I would always be like, okay, I got to get to the one more planet, and then I'll fight this guy and save, and then I would always fight him and be like, well, I just want to see what's at the next planet, so I go to the next one. There's a bad guy there. You can't save before you fight him, so you fight him. And then you have the chance to say, and we're like, well, I just want to see what's on this next place. And just keep doing that over and over and over again. Uh, I just play, I could not get enough of this game for the longest time. Wow. Yeah, I remember you play. You were playing a lot. I remember we used to sit in Discord or Skype, I guess, at the time. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so such a good game. Such a well-designed game. Well, since you talked about yours so thoroughly... Um, <laughs> Uh, this one will be a little bit shorter since we've already talked about this a little bit. And this is uh, Chrono Trigger for Super Nintendo. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Number six. Chrono Trigger, I have the same feeling you do. Um, obviously, we share common interest in both this and in Earthbound. Chrono Trigger is a, a very sound game. Very, very well done. Dialogue is excellent. The combat is fun. It's interesting. It's visually appealing. Like, there's just so many different things, so many small things that this game does right that just build into this honestly the one of the closest games to perfection that i've seen it's just it is such a great game and each playthrough it doesn't get boring it's just kind of like oh yeah i remember this part like oh you get you start getting excited again and this is just such a great game and i i think this is something that a lot of people including myself will play many times throughout their lifetime like without question yeah i know yeah many many people do all right number five we're to the top five now i'm feeling good about this um, my number five favorite game of all time is going to have to be Europa Universalis four. Mm. Uh, I think that's the first time I've ever said it correctly on my first try on the podcast. 
Uh, I pulled it up a minute ago, and I have more hours in this than I do on Stellaris or Crusader <sighs> Kings 2. I have uh, about 260 hours in this. And it is a very... Uh, it can be a pretty difficult game to learn all the ins and outs of. But there is so much that you can do in this game. You can play any... Uh, country in the world at the, at the starting time of the game, which is, I want to say, 1490-something. Uh, and just, again, it's a paradox grand strategy game. You play however you want. And uh, so, and like, it plays so differently if you play, like, a, an Eastern Asian country or, like, a, a, a Middle Eastern country or, you know, a European country or a country in Africa uh, or, like, you know, anything... All the different countries, like, work very differently. Uh, well, not all of them. You know, like, if it's, like, Spain versus France, there will be some minor differences. Mostly in, like, what kind of... Uh, what kind of... Uh, not, not stats, per se, but, like, what kind of technologies you'll eventually have. But, like, in different parts of the world, uh, they're, like, the countries play a lot differently. Like, even in England is, is, is a lot different to most of other Europe because in England you have like a parliament that you have to, that you have to kind of control and work with. Whereas, you know, in, in other countries you might be part of the Holy Roman empire and maybe you're the, uh, maybe you're the, maybe you are the emperor country and you have to control the Holy Roman empire, or maybe you're just a state of the Holy Roman empire, or, you know, maybe you're the papacy or whatever. Uh, and it's, like so many, like so many, it's really interesting to see like how this alternate history that you're playing plays out. You know, you can play, you can try to take over the world just like in the other games that I was talking about, or you can just kind of try to do the best that you can or try to be passive or whatever. And it's always so much fun to see like what happens in the game and, and how the map kind of turns out, like how all countries sort of turn out can compare to how they are in real life. Uh, there are so many like events and stuff that can happen. Uh, the, 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 the military and all that is like so deep in this game. It's, uh, it's just an absolutely, um, I would call this game a masterpiece. I would call this a masterpiece. <laughs> all right. What you got? My number five is Zelda Majora's Mask for N64. Another Zelda um, game. I know. Um, so this game, I love this game. I play, I've, I've talked about, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of different types of attachments to this game. Um, I enjoy this game very much. I love how uh, there's like this dark overtone to the story. You know, there's this looming threat of if we don't solve this in three days, this meteor is going to crash and kill everybody. And so you get to do this, this repeat of these three days over and over and over to try and figure your way through this and and basically eliminate the meteor. Along the way, obviously you find a lot of mini quests and meet a lot of interesting people, a lot of repeat characters from Ocarina of Time actually. And you kind of progress through this game. You get these different masks that allow you to do different things. And it's just a Zelda game. And it's super duper fun. And I, I've played through it a bunch of different times, just like a lot of these games. And I will continue to do so. I, I love <laughs> this game very, very much. Um, I recommend it to anybody. If you if you like Zelda games and you haven't played this one, definitely give it a shot. They just did a re-release for the 3DS, right? Like two years ago? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, I would I not be surprised in the for, least. Yeah. Cool. All right, number four. Where did my list go? Four. Oh, I'm going to go with The Walking Dead Season 1. Dude, this was on a lot of lists that I read. Was it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. This game had such uh, like such an amazing response when it was released. And I, I it wasn't something that was really on my radar until like I heard literally everybody talking about how good it was. I was like, 
eventually, like a few months later, I was like, well, okay, well, I guess I'll try this now. And it completely sucked me in. <laughs> uh, it is the, the way the story progresses and even the part. So like, it's a kind of like, it's a telltale game, sort of like choose your own adventure style almost where you uh, are going through and like crazy things happen. You have to choose how you're going to respond. Um, and it doesn't always, the, the way that you respond does not always affect what happens in the story. Many times it does. And sometimes it doesn't. Uh, the overall arc of the story stays the same regardless. But what it does, even if it doesn't necessarily change a whole lot, it makes you think like, what would I do in this situation? Like you, mm. something happens and you have to make a decision on to do this or that or the other. And, and for me, it was very challenging on like a personal level. It's like, holy shit, well, how would I, how would I respond in this situation? Um, and it's also got parts that are a lot more intense where like maybe two guys are getting attacked by zombies or, you know, like two, two, two people that are in your group are getting attacked by zombies. You have three seconds to choose which one you're going to save or else both of them are going to get killed. And you have to like choose, you have to come up with a decision in two or three seconds and, and save that one. And the other one's going to get killed. And that's, that's a result that you have to live with for the whole entire rest of the game. Uh, this is also, I've never cried in a, in any video game, but this is the closest I've been to ever crying in a video game. Wow. Uh, at the very beginning, it's at the very beginning when they're just setting up the whole game and, uh, you are, uh, well, you're not playing as her, but a young girl is one of the, uh, main characters in the game. And you, he- very early on, you hear the messages that her parents left to her at their house the parents were off on vacation somewhere and they were, and all this, the, the zombie apocalypse happened and they they called the house several times to try to get in touch with her. And it has, uh, you, you listen to the answering machine and it has the voice messages that they left her like, uh, saying, Oh, Hey, you know, make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. Uh, you know, be, you know, be careful. You know, I don't think we're going to get to get home. You know, we love you so much. I'm sorry. You know, we, we may never see you again. That stuff like really, really hit home to me. Because, uh, again, I, it put me in that situation. Like, what if that was me? What would I do? Uh-huh. Uh, and, it like, that was, again, I haven't cried yet in a video game, but that is definitely the closest that I've, that I've gotten to it. But just overall, the, wow. the, the way the game, like, makes you think, like, what, what, what would I do in this situation and that? that that's really what, what did it for me in general. Cool. All right. Number four. Number four, Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's so high. I know. Th- this is... I actually just started playing this again like two, three weeks ago. Just kind of off and on. I just kind of had a craving for it. This is such a fun game. I mean, it. I, I, we, I was playing with um, Lisa and one of my old roommates, and we would just kind of alternate. We did the two-player, and it's just so fun to progress through this game. And there's just... I, I love the kind of macro... St- portion of it where you're stockpiling items for the later stages of the game and then as you kind of get into the later stages of the game obviously you have to start using the items and you're conserving lives and the levels are fun the music's great each each uh, world you go to has its own theme to it oh man this game is just incredible and there's just there's some very challenging parts and then a lot of it is just really really fun this is just <laughs> yeah. such a great game it's, it's incredible to me how old this game is and just it's just such a complete game. It really is amazing, like how good they did with a game that long ago. Oh. 
All right. Number three is TIE Fighter. The oh. best of the uh, Star Wars space combat simulators. Without a doubt, definitely better than uh, X-Wing and X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter. TIE Fighter was the second entry in the series. And uh, it just does everything that um, that the other games do that I talked about, but just does them absolutely the best. No question about it. There, there are some parts that are extremely hard, uh, but overall it does it really best. It does it by far the best. And it also has a really cool uh, kind of story where you are, you know, obviously you're in the, uh, you're working for the Empire and piloting the ships. But then it like, it's like, oh, well, you're such a good pilot. We're going to take you into this like secret society of, of, uh, of Empire pilots. And uh, there's a really a lot of cool stuff, even with the storyline, surprisingly, as far as that goes. Cool. Uh, my number three had to be on here. It's Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, we have talked about this game probably more than any other game. This is AD. not your number one? This is not my number one. This is my number three. Wow. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics, incredible story. Super fun gameplay. Obviously, it's a strategic um, turn-based game, so it's a little bit slow at times. But, oh, God, it's so fun. And as your characters get stronger and you start just doing more and more damage and have more abilities, the game just gets super-duper fun. Um, I've played this game... I can't even estimate how many times. It's just, I have played multiple ports for it. I have a problem. This game is just so good. <laughs> I love Final Fantasy Tactics. It, it will forever be one of my favorite games. It, it might actually be my favorite game of all time, but we'll see. Let's see. I'm, okay, so I feel fairly certain about what your number one is. Interesting. Um, but I have no idea. Since you've already done Tactics and Final Fantasy X and Chrono Trigger, I do. I have no clue what your number two is going to be. Interesting. Uh, anyway, should be obvious, but okay. Well, maybe I don't know what your number one is. Then I know. I know <laughs> one for one hundred percent damn sure is in one of those two spots. I don't know what the other one is. <sighs> um. <laughs> all right. Uh, where are we? Number two. Number yep. two is. Uh, I think I said this maybe a very, very long time ago, like on one of our first episodes. I kind of remember vaguely saying something along this. When I say this game, it's going to sound like I'm trying to be hipster about this and just pick something surprising. But uh, honestly, this is truly my second favorite game of all time, and that is Dear Esther. Uh, oh, okay. very simple indie game. Um. There is almost no gameplay in this game. You are walking through an island, uh, or you're walking basically like kind of around an island. Uh, you're on it getting from one point to the other. And all it is is you walking along and sort of your character narrating things in his head and you having like m- memories about your wife, uh, who I-, I won't give too much away, who-, who is no longer alive and he's kind of thinking about stuff related to what happened to her and trying to figure out what like is going on right now and uh, trying to figure out what's going on. He's sort of like exploring this Island just for the, just for the sake of exploring an Island. And he's trying to figure out like, what's like, you know, different things, like not even anything that crazy or interesting, but he's just sort of trying to figure out stuff about the Island. And uh, the way that the story kind of comes together as he tells it out as He's just sort of walking along thinking to himself is really, really interesting. And the, uh, the music 
I said this for Braid, and I'll say equally the same thing for Dear Esther. Some of the best music I've ever heard in any video game ever. Uh, really, just... Eh, I, I, I almost don't even know what to say. I, there's really not much more to say because it's an extremely simple game. There's no combat of any sort. There's no puzzle solving of any sort. You're just controlling your character as he walks around this island, and that's all it is. And you're listening to him sort of narrate things to himself, try to figure some things out in his head, and that's all there is to it. But it just it is so well done that I just cannot. I, I've I've got multiple playthroughs of it, even though it's so simple. I just like cannot stop coming back to this game. I just enjoy it so much. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh huh. It is. Number two. Number two. World of Warcraft. This is no surprise to anybody who listens to this podcast. I have played, been playing World of Warcraft since it came out. I have been playing on private servers for the last like three, four years now. Um, I love the lore. I love the music. I love just about everything there is to this game. And it will forever be a game that holds a very, very special place in my heart. I've just spent a lot of time playing WoW, and yeah, I mean, everybody knows what it is. I'm not going to go into details. It's an exceptional MMO. If, if you don't like it, okay. If you haven't tried it, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried it. You're crazy. Well, we already knew that. <laughs> um, that was the one that I knew was going to be on your list, so I do not know what your number one is now. Should it be obvious? Uh, Maybe. Okay, we'll find out in a minute, I guess. Uh, number one for me is probably very obvious to everyone. Do you know? Secret of Monkey Island 1? Uh, yep, exactly. Yeah, I, was gonna, I remember you said the second one, but I don't remember you said the first one. It's not the first point-and-click adventure game that I ever played, It is, uh, but it is the second, and it is... I just love this game so much. There's like It does everything so, so well. The game is fun. The puzzles are fun, they're, they're challenging, and they're interesting, but none of them are too ridiculous. The uh, The scenery is really... Uh, the scenery is interesting, it changes, it's dynamic, it changes from place to place. All of the characters are interesting and funny. The story is also interesting and funny. It's also got just enough seriousness to like, you know, add, add a good bit of weight to it. Uh, the art is really well done, uh, and it was... My my first uh, Loom was the first point and click adventure game I ever played. This is the first like real point and click adventure game that's actually representative mm. of of point and click adventure games in general. It doesn't have the unique stuff that Loom does. That's that kind of separates it from the rest. It's uh it's it's a it's about it's as true of a point and click adventure game as you can get. And uh, every time I play it, I have almost as, like it, it's a game that it's again it's a game that never gets old. There are no boring... Well, there's one small boring part that doesn't last very long at all. That's where you're doing all the sword fighting. But that doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it is just... I, I Every time I play it, all the puzzles are just as fun as they were originally. Even if I you know remember what they are and know how to do them right off the bat, I still have just as much fun playing through this game uh, as I ever did, pretty much. So yeah, Secret of Monkey Island. When uh, I did some research on some lists, this actually came up quite a bit as well. Oh, did it really? Yeah, see. It did. Awesome. I, I'm kind of surprised. I didn't think... I mean, I know it's a very well-beloved game, but I didn't know that you know so many people consider it one of the best ever. Yeah. 
I was, I was a little bit surprised, but kind of happy as well. Mm-hmm. My number one is for Wii U, and this is... I played uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild for Wii U. I didn't actually play it for the Switch. This wow. game is something else. Uh, this game took everything to the next level. I was unbelievably impressed with this game. This is one of those games that we had so much hype going coming into. Every Zelda title always has a ton of hype coming into it. And this one not only reached it, but it exceeded it. This game is incredible. I love everything about it. The combat is exceptional. The, the Just the visuals, just the feeling of immersion into this world that is just open and vast. It is just so exciting. I love the music. It's got a good tempo to it. It synergizes well with the different scenery that you're at. It's just a crazy game, and you can do anything. You can pick up objects and throw them at enemies. You can sneak around. You can do just everything. It's an open-world game, and I don't know. The, the first couple of days I played this game, I pushed the game to its limit, and it, it nothing bad happened. Like I love that you can – there's an ability where you can – freeze an object and you, any damage you do to it will shoot it in the direction uh, yeah, uh, yeah. that you hit it right so my favorite thing to do in the world the first time i saw it was i'm gonna find a rock i'm gonna freeze it i'm gonna beat the shit out of it i'm gonna jump on the rock and go to rocket town guess mm-hmm. what exactly yeah. that happened except for i missed and the rock <laughs> hit me and killed me <laughs> but you it's like it, i wasn't it, mad. I, I, I wasn't even mad this game is super yeah. fun. The the dungeons are great. The story is Zelda, so it, it, it does have a story. It's interesting. It's not super gripping, but there are certain elements of it that are, are great. This game blew me away. It's been a long time since I've had a game just absolutely just exceed my expectations, and this game did it without question. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, that's such a great game. We did it. Well, we got five more to go, but we did it. Any emails? Oh, we have emails too. We got emails. All right, oh, let, let's 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 fucking first of all, those lists were really good. I feel yeah, like. I agree. Uh, and they were fun to go through. Let's can we just like race the fuck through our top fives so we can get to emails and uh and go I'm sleep? fine with that. I'm fucking tired. So all right, top fives. You uh, I'll go. F- I'll, I'll just how about I'm gonna bang mine out. You bang out yours. Okay. Bang your dad. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, number uh, five. My top five. So these are the games that we think would probably have been on our list if, if, but we had never played them. I'm gonna go straight down. Number five, Star Control Two, which we were talking about earlier. Number four, Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> number three, and I actually added this uh, to my list after uh, I heard Chase talk about it tonight. Master of Orion Two. Number two, The Curse of Monkey Island, because I have not played any of the Monkey Island games past the second one. Hmm. Don't ask me why. I don't know. I, I think I may have bought this and played a little bit of it and then just kind of like never got around to finishing it. So I, But I think that would have been on my list. It's supposed to be extremely good. And number one is Red Dead Redemption, which I still have yet to play. Wow. Okay, uh, my number five is Dragon Age Origins. My number four is Super Mario Galaxy 2. Uh, my number three is Dark Souls 3, for obvious reasons. My number two is The Witcher 3. And my number one is Super Mario Odyssey. I think if I played okay. Super Mario Odyssey, it would have been in my top three without question. Oh, that really? game, top three? Oh, without question. That game is incredible! <laughs> I, I don't normally 
go crazy about new games, but Breath of the Wild and Odyssey both are just they're exceptions. They're they're just unbelievable. <laughs> very very awesome. All right, let's let's get these emails read. How many do we got? Uh, like five or six. Holy shit! Oh, good I for know. us. Yeah, I know. All right, the first one comes from Jonathan. Jonathan says, wow, you made it. 100 episodes. I did, oh, here we go. I did some calculations in celebration of this event. Uh, this is what I like to hear, Jonathan. I added up all the time that is available in podcast edited for our listening pleasure. A whopping 12,326 minutes of classic gaming. Holy shit. That's over 200 hours of listening to you to you guys banter. Well, minus about three hours of silence when you forget your recording. Fuck you, Robert. Uh, I hope you packed it. I hope you packed a lunch because this will surely be your longest episode to date. Uh, hell yeah! Uh, yeah, yeah. We're almost at five hours right now. No, dude, we're almost at <laughs> we're six. six okay, never mind. We're almost at six hours, boys. I forgot we started now early. To honor and commemorate the special occasion, I thought about listening to all 100 episodes. Oh my god, stop, you're an animal. And counting the number of likes committed, but I think I have something better in mind. I have decided to create my own top five list and will rank my favorite podcasts from the Classic Gaming Podcast's entire episodic list. Holy shit. Now, there are some caveats to my list. I am ruling out all episodes where you either had a guest on the show or... Or when you did an interview. This is because I personally feel that each time you have someone on, it's a special occasion and all of your guests kick ass. So I don't feel like I should judge the episodes that they were on. Awesome. I feel like I need to, I feel like I will need to do a top five list of your best top fives <laughs> sometime <laughs> soon. Some amazing Please topics no. over the years. Anyway, down to business. All right, Jonathan. So he's, he's, he went uh, once again and listened to all hundred episodes for like the third fucking time. And these are his top fives. Of our top five best episodes. Okay. Number five. Hold on a second. I'm seeing. Okay. Number five is episode number 23. He, uh, he subtitles this Robert's flappy tongue. <laughs> the episode is short, but sweet. The hosts are finally starting to really click and toy with each other. Blake uses his God mode voiceover and Robert nearly shits himself. The intro is amazing. Each person is clowning around and having a really great time. The games for this cast are good too. If you like if you like Rob's reviews, you're in for a treat because he has two games this time. Robert played Harvester, a point-and-click horror game that was so twisted he couldn't decide how to even talk about it. Mario RPG and Majora's Mask round out the top round out the episode and top three classic horror games. The boys also talk about their first five-star iTunes review. All right, number four is episode 68. He subtitles this one, The Miracle of Lesbian Love. I actually remember that quote. Coming in at a whopping three hours and 40 minutes, this is easily their longest podcast of the series until today. Yeah, I was going to say. Some of the awesome highlights are new fucking kick-ass intro music, Email music that Rob can't wait to play, and he does, for every email, <laughs> and a new logo. 
Nintendo Switch is announced in the Nintendo Switch is announced in the news. Oh, that's that's fun. The games steal the show in this one. Jay rekindles his love for Anamusha. Rob <laughs> Rob plays a point and click game that is so terrible he can't continue. Oh, I wish I knew what it was. Uh, but it was one of the King's Quest ones. And Blake, oh Blake, he plays two games in this episode. Final Fantasy XI gets the usual treatment, but Final Fantasy XIII does not. Fasten your seatbelts as he dives into the intricacies of what makes this game suck. His rant goes on for quite some time. He also obliges Robert with a fake god mode, and they discuss top ten, three, uh, top three non-square RPGs. Number four, episode 71, Honey Pop Warriors. Oh, this God. episode opens up with VGAs and Blake admits his hatred for Inside, an indie game that almost won Game of the Year. Other news uh, talks about Nintendo pairing with Universal and the ideas that one day they will be that they will open theme parks based on Mario, Zelda, and other famous Nintendo franchises. Final Fantasy games again highlight the episode. Only this time, it is the spinoffs that are played. Jay reminisces about Dirge of Cer- Cerberus and how it's like every other. Devil May Cry wannabe, but worse. And Blake talks about Final Fantasy X-2. This game is quite hilariously compared to Sailor Moon. <laughs> Jay tries to block out its existence and, war- and Rob wants to stop listening. Sponsors for the podcast show up for the first and only time. What was that? I don't know. I don't fucking remember this. I would like to know who are sp- sponsors. Okay. All right. Oh, and Rob's game features a funny game over clip that is enjoyable. I get a shout out from the fellas as Blake taunts me by saying I should count how many times he said cool and then the best top three of all time. What is it? You can't leave us hanging like that, Jonathan. Number two, uh, episode nine, Blake's pregnant. This would be nice. This would be my number one, but the top three is too good in the next one. This is the classic Robert's Rant episode. Ah, okay. And follows Kingdom Hearts in its annoying gameplay. Oh, God. Yeah, this is a good one. Robert even makes Jay blush. Just to give you an idea of what this rant entails, I'll give you the cliff notes of the Tarzan level. <laughs> Down a tree, to a village, to a bamboo thicket, to a cliff. Nothing. So backtrack through thicket, back to village to screen with hippo by a vine. Climbs vine. Inner vine section. Leads to treehouse. Nothing. So backtrack. Scours every nook and cranny. Finds tent in village. Talks to Jane. Go to treehouse. Back to the vines. To the treehouse. Cut scene. Or cut scene. Back to Jane. Go to bamboo. Go there. Come back. Talk to Jane. Go back to treehouse. More fucking vines. Rob's words, not mine. Then he talks about Traverse Town and a fetch quest from Sid. Jay tries telling Rob that we get your point, but it's cut off by Rob saying, no, you don't fucking get it. (laughs) And then he continues to bitch about the design of the game. All in all, it's over half an hour and wonderful. Uh, The episode also features Chocobo's Dungeon, Ogre Battle. Oh, wait, question of the day. Did you guys ever uh, ever play the sequel to Chocobo's Dungeon on the Wii? Pretty cool. I didn't know there was one. Did you know? Yeah, okay. I did know. I, I, well, I want to, but not yet. Uh, pretty cool top three where they talk about classic games they were most addicted to. Warcraft 3 and Tactics are among some favorites. Blake even broke the code in Tactics and started a trend where others altered the game. And finally, my favorite classic gaming episode. Episode number four, Jay's 34-hour boner. <laughs> what? I don't know. 
The fourth, the fourth episode of your podcast is incredible. I've been listening for years, and yet this one almost all, and this one almost makes me want to walk away. Robert spends the first three episodes of the podcast talking about and building up my favorite game of all time, and then abrupt, and then abruptly chooses to stop playing because he became bored of it. I think he's talking about uh, Chrono Trigger. That sounds about right. It does. Let me see real quick. Uh, Episode four. Yeah, it's it's Chrono Trigger. Uh, (laughs) I do remember that. I remember talking like from the first episode. Yeah, I've been playing this. I'll finally get to talk about it soon. Uh, Even worse, he quits right when the game really becomes the most fun. I remember that too. After being berated by Jay and Blake, he tries to redeem himself by creating a top three segment, the first of a long-running series. At this time, each participant each participant must uh, list games that are loved by all, and they cannot stand. Many childhood memories are mercilessly crucified as the guys reminisce about the games they loathe. This episode is a must for fans and is enjoyable, even after listening several I'm times. I'm tilted already. Thank you for the memories. All right. That's funny. Um, Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you so much, Jonathan. All right, uh, Jay, you think you can take one? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This is uh, this one comes from Father Beast. Father Beast. All right. He says, "Hello, Father Beast here." So I'm running in for my picks for that unusual but interesting category of games that probably would be on my personal top 100 list if I had actually played them. This has been hard to identify since not having played these games. I don't know if they are games I would actually treasure. Also, just to see how I rank, just how do I rank these, never actually have uh, played them. So what I did was rank them according to the anticipation I have for playing them with, with the most anticipated coming in at number one. Also, if you need hints for this category, just take a peek at your Steam library or GOG for games that you bought but never played, a.k.a. The Wall of Shame. <laughs> Number five, he says Doom from 1993. I actually just included this so I could hear you guys say, have an unspecified number of cows when you hear that I've never played Doom. The fact is, somehow ju- it just passed by me. Uh, when my wife and I first got into PC gaming in 1996, we used the Commodore 64 before that. Um, it was an old XT with a CGA graphics and an 8086 processor. It couldn't run Doom. Then when we upgraded to a 386 and then a 486 around the year 2000, I got most, uh, I got most of our games from the thrift stores and used racks at game stores. And for some reason, Doom never showed up at any of them. Maybe that should have tipped me off that people love this game so much that uh, when cleaning out their old games, they couldn't bring themselves to let go of Doom. I did play Wolfenstein 3D, which was okay, and later on Duke Nukem 3D, which is pretty much all the FPS I ever needed. I'm just not as much of a shooter fan, and before you recommend other stuff that that should convert me, I did play Half-Life and quit about a third of the way through. Wow. Hmm. Um, Incidentally, I still don't own any version of Doom anywhere and have no plans to get it. Uh, his number four is Grim Fandango. He says, ah, one of the LucasArts greatest, or so they say. This keeps coming up on the best list of all time. I just haven't played it. The main reason that I did play Escape from Monkey Island was, oh, excuse me. The main reason is that I did play Escape from Monkey Island and was severely disappointed. And I know that Grim Fandango was built on the same engine, so I'm reluctant. 
Um, I do own Gr Grim Fandango Remastered on GOG, which I'm told helps to make it more playable, but I just haven't done it yet. I'll say real quick, I've heard, I had heard also the same thing that Grim Fandango is one of the best, if not the best, point-and-click uh, LucasArts game. And when I finally, finally got around to playing it uh, just a couple years ago on the podcast, I was actually somewhat disappointed. So yeah, it's uh, I, I for me it wasn't it was not anywhere near what I had heard it built up to be. Cool. Uh, number three, Sins of Solar Empire. Everything I've heard about this game makes me think it was made for me. Even though it's an RTS, it spans multiple star systems of being confined. Wait, excuse me. It spans multiple star systems instead of being confined to a patch of ground like most RTSs. I usually go for turn-based strategies, but this sounds almost as if it has the advantages of an RT, excuse me, of a TBS, except it's an RTS. Plus, screenshots look way cool. I would need to buy it somewhere, though. Uh, number two, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Okay, there's no doubt that I know I'm going to get going to love this uh, when I eventually play it. I did play about a half hour half an hour of Oblivion, but stopped myself and said I should come back to it once I finish Morrowind. I still haven't quite finished Morrowind. I think I've only gotten a few hours onto the main quest, and then it's on to Oblivion. That's why I bought Skyrim on Steam in a sale a few weeks ago, but never installed it. I also have considered going back and playing through Arena and Daggerfall, but I seriously doubt that will actually happen. Yeah, I would probably just play Skyrim if, if you can't get through Morrowind. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, like, yeah, you can play them in order, but they're also just really fun games, and Skyrim's pretty damn fun as well. Uh, and he says, number one, Dungeon Keeper. Yes, I own it on GOG. No, I've never installed it. This is my own This is my own anticipated great game I've never played. It sounds like great fun, and I think about it fairly often. I'm a little nervous because I installed another game so, uh, I similarly anticipated, which was Populous, and ended up having no fun at all. Somehow still, I want to try it. I'm just too busy playing Titan's Quest, Ragnarok at the moment. Don't put your hopes too high for Dungeon Keeper. Dungeon Keeper is a fun game, but if I think a good number of it has to do with nostalgia, similar to Populous, so I wouldn't put your, your expectations too high. Um, so there we are. But let me give you some honorable mentions, which means games I brainstormed but didn't make the top five. Uh, Master of Orion, Conqueror of the Stars 2016. Supposedly this is just a uh, remake of Master of Orion 2, but I did a pretty... But I did drool pretty heavily while watching the Let's Play That Space Game Junkie uh, posted while it was in early access. I own it on GOG. Uh, next he says, Age of Wonders. Fantasy strategy is always appealing, and I've enjoyed every iteration of Heroes of Might and Magic Good for you. Uh, this game or perhaps other games in the series, and often touted as being something like a classic, ma classic Masters of Magic, so I want to check it out. I just haven't. Oh, did I get Worlds of Magic and Plan? Oh, I did get Worlds of Magic and Planner Conquest, which are heavily uh, Master of Magic inspired. Uh, next, he says Starflight. I'm a bit nervous about playing a game this old and probably be too hard to control or get information uh, from, but I am told that the quirky races in the game served as a major inspiration to Star Control 2 and later on Mass Effect. Huh. Uh, next, he says The Walking Dead Season 1. Yes, <laughs> yep. the tell Telltale game. I played Sam and Max and Tales of Monkey Island, so I know these guys can make a good adventure game. The reason I'm nervous is the high praise this game gets. Yeah. I'm just not sure I will have the stamina to take the emotional roller coaster this game is supposed to be. Obviously, he goes you on, what, 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 I, uh, what I thought about it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, everything you said on, on top of that should be an easy pick. 
Um, and then he goes on to say, okay, that's it. As you can see, it is a heavily PC game oriented. That is sort of my goal when I write to you guys. So I, I am so little into consoles that so I will sometimes skip an episode if I don't recognize any PC games in the title. So just to provide a little balance to my list here, an extra honorable mention from the world of console gaming. Katamari Damacy. <laughs> <laughs> Great game. Somewhere I picked up a cute game about rolling around town, absorbing paint and painting the town. I had some fun with it. And somewhere in the review, someone called it Katamari, called it a Katamari clone. I had heard the name uh, Katamari Damacy before, but previously had no idea what it was. I did a search for Katamari type games. I ended up buying a game called The Wonderful End of the World on Steam. Um, I've had a great deal of fun with that and have considered looking into emulation in order to play Katamari Damacy itself. Okay, so there we go. I look forward to your episode 100, and we'll likely listen even if it's seven hours long. Father Beast. <laughs> good, that's a good we're thing. not quite there, but we're getting there. <laughs> we're, we are getting there. Thank you, Father Beast. That was a really good email. Yeah, it was. All right, next is from Sam. Uh, and apologies if, if we race through these slightly faster than <laughs> we're used to, but uh, we're about to probably die. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that point. But we definitely want to get to all these because we, cause we really appreciate them. Uh, all right, Sam says, well, guys, you did it. 100 episodes. Crazy how time flies, huh? Oh, his email subject is you're a third of the way to Sparta. Uh, <laughs> he says, spoiler alert, this is going to be a really long email. Apologies in advance for whichever one of you has to read this. All right. About six weeks ago, Jeffrey informed me of a little project uh, that he, Chase, and Jonathan are undertaking and asked if I wanted to join in. Whoa. Uh, of course, I said yes. What I didn't realize was that it would involve me listening to over 200 hours worth of classic gaming podcast. 206 hours, 10 minutes, 50 seconds, according to my inner Jonathan. Wow, so they like grouped together and did this. Damn. I'm scared. What are they going to accomplish next? <laughs> what have we built? About three weeks in, how, however, I was maybe a third of the way through the backlog of episodes. Had a friend not recommended I listen to uh, the episodes at 1.5 times speed, there was no way I could have been able to listen to every episode before you recorded episode 100. Of course, when I tried listening to you at normal speed, after listening to 60 plus episodes at 1.5 times speed, you guys sounded super drunk. <laughs> That's funny. Unless you do record your episodes super drunk, in which case I suppose I can't complain. It was really quite interesting listening to the podcast evolve over the past four years and 99 episodes. The first half dozen were a little awkward, but as time went on, you guys hit your stride and found a great balance between news, reviews, top three slash five lists, and current game talk. The fact that some episodes reached three hours or more in length didn't deter me one bit. Rather, it meant I got to listen to my favorite podcast for even longer than any other podcast. Wow. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Uh, also, I found it quite fascinating to hear Jay's evolution as a person as time went on, specifically in regards to the Metal Gear series. <laughs> at first, he would groan at the mere mention of Metal Gear Solid, but as time wore on, his opinion softened, and he even played one of them for the podcast. You really grew as a person, Jay. I applaud you. <laughs> I'm proud of you, TJ. My mom would be proud. <laughs> quite a lot has changed for the show over the past year. We got new guest hosts, new ideas, and one unfortunate departure. But you've soldiered onward, and the podcast is still as entertaining as ever. So bravo to you. Here's to the next 100 episodes. And with that, I suppose it's time to drop the super secret top five. So here we go. My top five favorite classic gaming podcast episodes. Wow, so that's awesome. So they all that's did super the cool. top five episodes. Oh, that's great. Okay, I can't wait for this. 
Number five, episode 11. This was the first episode that really felt like things were gelling between you guys. You also had a great top three favorite classic games. Uh, Rob saying he'd pay $500 for a copy of Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay can, disconnecting from the call and having to rejoin by using his cell phone. Oh, yeah. I remember this. I do. You said you were so fucking loud. Uh, initially sounding like he was talking through a fast food drive through speaker. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounded like. I had to drive to a nearby area to get Wi-Fi on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it was like all of a sudden we're just like talking you're like <laughs> hey I'm back yeah uh, <laughs> it was comical uh, this was also the first it was like one of the funniest things I think that's happened on the podcast honestly this was also the first of many episodes to almost make me bust out laughing at work which would have been super awkward as I work in a r- relatively quiet office <laughs> yeah no that legitimately was one of the funniest things that's ever happened on here uh, number four and number three, uh, he's putting these together, are episodes 51 and 87. I had to give these episodes a tie because they were the first episodes featuring SNES Drunk and Gaming J1001, respectively. 51? That's really cool. 51 had everything trampling, had everyone trampling over each other's top three most influential SNES games. Oh, I remember that. And the top three breakfast list. <laughs> By the way, breakfast burritos are awesome and Rob is forever Ooh. wrong. I had a breakfast burrito today. Oh, nice. That was pretty nuts. 87 had OGJ's Awesome Quest 64 rant, as well as a great discussion on games that should be on the hypothetical N64 classic. Number oh, yeah. two is episode 94. OGJ was gone, so SNES Drunk and Gaming J filled in wonderfully. He really oh, likes the episodes of them. Yeah. Yeah. It was when you were sick and it had been like a month in between episodes. So I, was I like, know. And everybody I thought just... I, nobody thought I was coming back. <laughs> Great discussions all around, especially the top five games most representative, most representative of all video games. Bonus wow. points for my, my most embarrassing email moment, putting angry birds in my top five list. <laughs> <laughs> a moment I may never live down. Number one, episode number 41. The main attraction was the top 10 of 1990, but really, uh, the reason this is my favorite is because it was the first time I wrote into the podcast, totally not biased or anything. My email was the last one read, and when Robert said that my email was even longer than the last one, everyone groaned. (laughs) (laughs) But in the end, I take pride in knowing that I helped Jake get get the girl laugh out of Robert that day. Sweet. Oh, I want to know what it was that I laughed at. You have to listen to it. I guess so. All right. A few honorable mentions. And this is, by the way, like a hundred honorable mentions. <laughs> Number 69. Uh, or episode 69. Despite Jay totally forgetting it was episode 69, there was a solid right. game talk and a unique top three favorite 8-bit, so- 8-bit songs, which, by the way, you guys should check out Tim Fallon's work if you haven't already. He wrote some amazing music for some really crappy games in the late er- 80s, early 90s. NES, Silver Surfer, slash Pictionary, etc. And I think he's underappreciated in the video game music world. Huh, interesting. Episode 76. The episode with Extra Lives had a very interesting discussion about Final Fantasy IV and a cool top three characters that you would want to see in Smash Bros. Episode 82. Blake's Kingdom Hearts level rant on Legend of Zelda Parallel Worlds. Oh, I remember that. And Final Fix and Final Fantasy VI Brave New World. 
as well as Chase's email triggering a huge argument over what constitutes a snack versus a meal. <laughs> That's funny. And a few random tidbits I found awesome hilarious, slash hilarious. Episode four. The first top three games you hate that everyone else loves that ended up with all three of you hating each other. <laughs> One of the defining moments of the early episodes, along with episode nine, Robert's Kingdom Hearts were in it. I don't oh, think anything Jesus. needs to be said about this. Episode 10, <laughs> Blake the Hedgehog. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Classic Blake the Hedgehog. Again, oh. no explanation necessary. That's what my D&D character looks like, by the way. <laughs> is he, is he, does he look like he's dressed in a hedgehog outfit? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he looks really mean, but he's a really nice guy. <laughs> he just misunderstood. He's got a dark he's side. That's his name. It's Miss. It's, he's actually a girl. <laughs> Miss. Understood. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm getting cancer right now. Can't do this anymore. I'm already halfway delirious as it is. Episode 20, Robert admitting he doesn't understand how Super Smash Brothers works. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no, no, you can't, not now. I need you. <laughs> he says, yes, that actually happened. And finally, episode 32... Which had the best top three of the entire run so far. Dot, dot, dot. Hottest male characters in video games. Oh, yeah. Truly, this was the best and most awkward top three ever, and it was glorious. I remember that. I remember that. But wait, there's more. I wanted to toss out another top five for you, and this one won't take an hour to read like the one I just wrote. Here are my top five recommended games that I hope you guys will eventually play for the podcast. I'm going to actually write these down. He okay. took the he took the time to do all this shit. I'm going to write down the games that he wants us to play. Maybe we'll do it uh, sometime soon. Number five, Kabuki Quantum Fighter uh, for the NES. This sounds vaguely familiar. Uh, it's a pretty basic action platformer, but your character's main weapon is his hair, which he whips around and blows up nanomachines or computer viruses or back something. Back and forth. Is that what you just said to me? Yeah. Uh, but he but he uses it to blow up nano machines or computer viruses. He's not sure. Oh my gosh! Sort of a hidden gem, if I do say so myself. Uh, number four. This one would have to be all you. Shining Force one and two uh, for oh, yeah. Genesis. Uh, some of the earliest. I'd turn- probably be down for one of those. Some of the earliest turn-based tactical RPGs out there, predating. Uh, FF Tactics by a good five years. They're much simpler than FFT, obviously, but I enjoyed the first one, and I'm currently playing the second. The first one is very linear, but if you like your turn-based RPG tactical RPGs, you should try these out. They're they're both in the Sega Mega Sack Pack too. Sega Mega Sack. <laughs> Duke Nukem. Oh, this is one that uh, he's Duke Nukem, the OG one for PC. This is actually one that I uh, had been thinking about playing at some time. Um. So, uh, yeah, Duke Nukem OG for PC. It's a pretty standard action platformer, but it's kind of neat seeing where the man with balls of steel originated. Uh, number two, Riviera, the, the, the promised land for GP for uh, GP GBA, uh, a unique JRPG with some interesting mechanics and light. Don't judge me. Dating some elements. Uh, 
If you guys want a physical copy, I have an extra one from that time GameStop sent me two copies of every game I bought from them. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Wow. Uh, number one, Castlevania Symphony of the Night for PS1. This is supposed to be really good. I believe Blake talked about this briefly, but this is one of my favorite games of all time. And I think both of you, or all of you, if you have guests, should play this one if you haven't already. Honorable mention, Mutant Muds with two Ds. Uh, it's a relatively recent game. Uh, but it has a lot of retro qualities and inspirations and is really a good, pure platformer. I have a couple more things to say and then I'll stop because holy crap, I've been typing for a while. My only pet peeve about listening to the past 99 episodes was Jay referring to every single strategy game as an RTS. We just went over this tonight. <laughs> Regardless of whether they were turn-based or real-time. It nearly drove me crazy, but only temporarily. And finally, I'm going to do it on purpose going forward now. <laughs> Everything's an RTS. And finally, a shout out to Chase the Night Cleaner. He, he almost single-handedly kept the email section alive for a ridiculously long time. He found time to send an email as his wife was giving birth to their child. It took me almost <laughs> two years to write in my second time. Props to you, good <laughs> sir. Really, all the folks who send in emails deserve shout-outs. You're all fantastic. And even though I don't know any of you personally, I feel like we've wanted... I feel like we've become good friends thanks to this great podcast. Uh, okay, I feel the same way too, Samuel. Okay, I, uh, I suppose I've run out of words for now. I look forward to listening to what will likely end up being a 30-hour episode of the podcast. Thanks, as always, for the wonderful, entertaining podcast, and I'm sure I will talk to you soon, Samuel. Thank you so much, Sam. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and yeah, that's a real. I, I I I may have said this earlier, but if I didn't, uh, yeah, we had Chase on uh, earlier, of course, uh, because he's basically kind of been a fixture on the podcast for a very long time. And I I would have wanted to have a whole lot more uh, of our like regular emails to come on, like especially uh, Jeff, who's been writing in for a very long time, and uh, Jonathan, who has been like our archivist. But uh, if we had more time, then if, if this was not going to have been a six and a half hour episode, I would have had the rest of you guys on in a blink. But as it was, we only really had time to have one of them. And I thought Chase is the one who kept it alive forever. So so we'll, so we'll do him. But actually he kept it up. Yeah. Let's just be real here. He kept it up. He kept it up. Maybe we can have uh, some of the other people on sometime. All right, Jay. We got an email from Chase the Night Cleaner. He says, hello, gentlemen. Have a great night. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, he says, hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here on this centennial episode of your podcast. Uh, you're involved as well, so kind of part of it. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked today. Oh, damn, he knew. And I hope you enjoyed me being on the show. He knew. Yeah. But I felt I should drop a few things into it at the end because without writing emails, I don't think I would be on the show at all. That is correct. <laughs> so I'm doing my thing. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so for this episode's top five here are the improvised top five episodes of the classic gaming podcast no numbers no orders just five of my favorite episode of your amazing podcast just water real quick <laughs> episode nine this is my favorite episode I think. <laughs> aka rob hates kingdom hearts everybody likes this one Episode 35, hottest female character episode. This episode was a gong show of hilarious. Oh my God, you are so Canadian, Chase. That is such <laughs> a funny expression. I love that expression. 
Uh, he said, this episode is a gong show of hilariousness, and all the hosts try to navigate not being sexist. <laughs> <laughs> episode 60, in which Robert played Honey Pop way too much and breaks the end of the show. Yeah, definitely don't miss that. <laughs> episode 68, in which the podcast gets some sweet new music, and it's awesome. Also, Blake burns Final Fantasy 13 to the ground. Or, yeah, 13 to the ground. Episode 85, in which Blake departs the show, but Jay and Robert continue to do a solid job. Thank you, Chase. Uh, Look, this episode is is likely huge, so let's keep things short and sweet and jump into the question of the day. Having having done 100 episodes of the show, what is one... We've done like 99.9 episodes. (laughs) What is one... Well, considering how many episodes you didn't record, we've definitely done 100. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, okay. What is one thing... It was just that one. It was just the one. I know. I'll just say okay. What is one thing you wish you could have done differently throughout the process? To be clear, this show has been really good uh, time. Excuse me, a really good time for me as a listener. And if you'll notice, you have some very dedicated core audience. But do you think you have any regrets or anything you wish you could have done or given more attention to when you have discussed it? Hmm. Uh... There, there are certain times when, when I'll talk about a game where I wish I had more time to play it. Um, there are some games that, that if I play six, seven, eight hours, I get the full glimpse of the game and I feel like I can talk about it like very, I feel like I can actually have an opinion on it. And then there are other games where if you play five, six, seven hours, it's not enough. And as I'm talking about it, I realize, or as we're leading into the episode, I'll realize like, "Mm, I wish I would have had more time to play this game because I think there's probably a little bit more to it. I don't have anything like that, but as far as like anything that I would have done differently, I wish that I had a reasonably good mic for the first like eight episodes (laughs) because they really, really sound bad. And I also wish that we had, that I had gotten like this, like our current intro music, like right from the start. Yeah, I can agree with that as well, actually. But mostly like more, the mic one even more so because like, honestly, those first like eight episodes or something like that. Like the sound quality is terrible. That's 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 the only thing that I would change. Cool. He goes on to say, and that is it. That is all I have for today, gentlemen. You're doing a great <laughs> job, and I hope you aren't burned out yet. We on behalf tonight. of the regular, what'd you say? I said we are tonight. <laughs> Just uh, getting there. On behalf of the regular listeners out there, thank you for the highly entertaining hundred episodes. Keep up the good work, but also maybe take a break. Cheers, Jason Eckler. Yeah, we'll Chase, thank you as always. Yeah, thanks, Chase. All right, here we go from uh, from Jeffrey. And then we got one more after this. Okay. Jeffrey says, hey there, boys. Hey, Jeff. Hello. Undoubtedly, you are at least five hours into this marathon <laughs> session. And Everybody's undershooting it. <laughs> and can't wait to get it over with. But not so fast, my friends. I'm glad Rob had fun with typing of the dead. Of the dead. It sounded like the developers had a lot of fun with some of the message you, messages you had to type and developing themes for sections of the game. Uh, yeah, I think so. When you said some of the phrases that seemed really random, I noticed that the words you mentioned use a, used a diverse number of fingers. It's a dumb thing I think about a lot. For example, did you know that pleasing is an eight-letter word that uses all of your typing fingers? I do, which is troubling. <laughs> it is somewhat troubling. You know, StarCraft is only one hand, just your left hand. Oh, Star, you know, Star Wars is also. All right. He says, uh, wow, 100 episodes. I think you probably have more episodes than listeners now. Hey. 
If I had started with episode one, heard Rob count down three, two, one, and then go right into shitty beatboxing, I'm sure I, I'm sure I would have been out after 30 seconds. <laughs> Thankfully, I started with episode 18, which was a gem and was willing to cut you guys some slack early on. That's very thankful. Uh, we're thankful for that, Jeff. Uh, I decided not to go along with your top five, but if I had Lufia two, uh, but if I had Lufia two, would have made the list, except for the fact that I just started it yesterday. It is already everything people have said it is. Engaging world, good battle system, and it is the rare RPG with interesting and challenging puzzles. Mazes that are intuitive instead of secretive evermore level bullshit. For example, uh, for I'm sorry, for episode 50, I submitted a top three of my favorite episodes. Uh, so I thought I'd go back to the well for episode 100. So here they are, my top five episodes that I remember most fondly. With an episode with an emphasis on episodes fifty one through one hundred, number one episode thirty eight. It was on my other top three, but I had to bring it back because it was the first time I had one of my emails read on the podcast, and my insatiable ego was temporary <laughs> temporarily satisfied. Nothing like Ro- nothing like hearing Rob read the words "kill yourself, Robert" out loud. He just got it again. I probably should apologize for that now that we are best friends. <laughs> nah. Number two, episode fifty-one. Nope. The first time that my favorite host, that my favorite host of the podcast, SNES Drunk, appeared. Wow. Oops, did I say favorite host? Of course, I meant favorite guest host. I definitely <laughs> don't daydream of him as usurping Rob and hosting the podcast with <gasps> Jay. Holy shit! What the hell? And inviting me as a guest. <laughs> Thought never crossed my mind. All right, we're not reading any more Jeffrey's emails. Uh, I enjoyed hearing his fresh perspective on shmups, Japan-only releases, and simple breakfasts. <laughs> Episode 57. Jay was in rare form ranting about Blizzard, and I really enjoyed him talking at length about WoW. Rob talked about Day of the Tentacle, and it is noticeably more fun when you both talk about games you are passionate about. I also enjoyed it even more uh, going back after I played Day of the Tentacle as my first entry into Point and Click Adventures. Bonus points for Rob being on the same page as me, wanting to live in the world of dead or alive beach volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you redid that top three, if maybe a game that rhymes with money mop might make the list. Stop it now. I think he's on to something right now. I think he's off. No. I need like a two minute break, okay? Robert? No. Episode 89. Down. <laughs> Another SNES drunk episode. Everybody loves the SNES drunk and like yeah. Gaming J episodes. Uh, I'm glad you don't do it frequently, but I enjoyed the gimmick of all three of you playing ActRaiser. Not to mention Rob suffering through Kingdom Hearts again and getting Alex's jilted take on what a dumpster fire that game was. Whispering, I still like Kingdom Hearts and I will never replay it because I want to hold on to those positive memories of my adventures with Donald Duck. Alright, you do whatever you need to, Jeff. That was you talking. No, that was Jeff talking. Okay. Number five is episode 87. This episode was a was of particular importance to me. First off, Gaming Jay was a great guest host, and I thoroughly enjoyed every time the two Jays got confused about to whom Rob, about whom Rob was addressing. <laughs> the but the reason I loved this episode is that it was the third episode after Blay left, and the first one where I enjoyed the episode without ever thinking about the fact that he wasn't there. Oh, that's interesting. When he left, I was worried that the podcast would feel slow or quiet or like it was missing an element. I have to say, I have never felt any of those things. 
this is still my favorite podcast, and I only like it more with each passing episode. Thank you, Jeff. Honorable mention to the 30 or 40-odd episodes in which Jay says, what's in the box? <laughs> you do like to say that, don't you? Oh, what's in the box, dude? You gotta say it. Sorry, this, <laughs> It is pretty hilarious. You're right. Sorry this went on so long, but like I said, insatiable ego. I need my words to be read. I have a supercut that is just every one of my emails and tweets ever read on the podcast, and I listen to it on loop all day at work. Congrats again on reaching the century mark, and I can't wait to crack open another hundo with you in a few weeks. Uh, later, dudes. Yeah, actually, I will say like that I'm kind of the same way when I if I ever write in a an email to a podcast. Like, the next time I listen to it, I always skip straight to the email section to see if they have <laughs> my email. And it looks like we are on our last one now. Jay, you got this. Hello. Okay. <clears throat> Who's this from? Oh, I'm sorry. This is from Simon. So Simon. Okay. All right, so uh, Simon says, congratulations, classic gaming centurions. That's totally how it works, right? Let's say it is. Uh, thanks for 100 amazing episodes of great classic gaming discussions, or, well, at least 99 amazing episodes. I probably shouldn't speak too soon just in case episode 100 sucks, but I'm pretty sure I can count on you guys to keep this episode at the same standard. I don't know, if it, was a, I don't know if it was a great one, but it was definitely better than like the first couple. So we'll go with that. <laughs> Uh, with the main difference being that it's probably going to end up being seven hours long. Oh, I think she's really close, actually. This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> we started seven. Actually, it's been six and a half hours right now. It's been, yeah. It, with with edits, it'll probably be about, I'm going to guess like, you know what? With the edits, I'm going to say it's probably going to be closer to 610 right now because there are Listen, a lot of. You editing is going to take six hours. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's going to take fuck longer than that. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I figured this momentous occasion would be a good time to give a bit of my history of the podcast, so here goes. Uh, when I first discovered it, I saw the hottest male and female video games characters listed as the topic of recent episodes, which meant <laughs> that I went in with such exceedingly low expectations that it can only get better from there. Like many listeners, though, I, did I decided to start from episode one. One thing I immediately found really unusual was that the hosts each played and talked about a different game, which was different to what other retro gaming podcasts did. But the more I listened, I started to find your approach really interesting. When one of the hosts hasn't played the game in years or possibly ever, they ask questions that would never be asked if everyone had played the same game. Oh, that's interesting. And the overall, it's actually a very interesting perspective. Yeah. And overall discussions end up being more dynamic. The other thing I came to really appreciate was how you never took yourselves very seriously. The reading of spam emails and bad reviews on the <laughs> air and the way you constantly make fun of each other really built up a lighthearted atmosphere that was not hard to or that was hard not to love. And by the time I finally caught up to those hottest video game character episodes, they actually ended up being pretty hilarious. The interaction with the listeners, once you eventually got some, <laughs> has also been really cool. Regular emailers like Chase, Jonathan, Jeffrey, and Samuel seem to have become just as much as part of the podcast as the hosts themselves, which yeah. really gives the show a sense of authenticity and community. And because this email wasn't already long enough, here comes the best part. The top five of the classic gaming podcasts. 
Well, sort of. At the end of December, I plan to re-listen to the entire back catalog and decide my top five episodes before the big 100 was released. Alas, I had to concede defeat. I just don't have Jonathan's incredible binge listening skills and only managed to get through the first <laughs> 70 episodes. Seven. So instead of being a real the top... 1.5 times speed thing. That's actually true. That probably would have helped a lot. Um, I guess we'll just call it a selection of five recommended episodes. That'll do. I'm also just going to list them in chronological order because I'm too indecisive to rank them. Episode four. I know you like to tell new listeners to skip the first eight episodes, but here's a secret for hardcore fans. This episode is the key to building a thorough understanding of the deep classic gaming podcast lore, (laughs) even without the developer's comment, excuse me, without the developer's commentary DLC that you can only access by (laughs) pre-ordering the collector's edition of the podcast from GameStop. Send it to my PayPal. Be on the sh- be on the lookout for such historic moments as Robert getting up, getting to the final boss of Chrono Trigger, and not bothering to finish it. Fuck you, Robert. <laughs> uh, but, but most important of all is the top three for this episode. Uh, series this is, this that is, everyone wait, on, else loves. This, this is which episode? Uh, four. Okay. Uh, series that everybody else loves, but you hate. Here, fellow listeners, lies the origin for this, the ongoing Metal Gear Solid, Solid subplot that continues to permeate new, new episodes to this day. Truly a pivotal event in the history of the podcast. Episode 22. Okay, I admit it. This one just made the list because of the top-tier puns. You don't get gems like Shadow of Mordor's means there's more... <laughs> There are extra doors. I remember and that. A, <laughs> and a literal third-person shooter <laughs> is when you shoot the third person in the game. <laughs> oh, shit. I remember both of those, but the more doors one was what cracked me up the most. Oh, God. <laughs> Episode 26. I mean, this one had Ron Gilbert on it, so it automatically makes it a winner, but also yeah. features such notable moments as Jay forgetting what things are called, including platformers, and then there's, if you don't know what a Hammer Hammer Brothers are, they like vomit hammers in your direction. Fair <laughs> enough, I suppose. Episode 55. Where to even begin with this one? Robert proves his bra- ba- bravery by eating pickles and mayonnaise on air, but also... His incompetence at holding NES and N64 controllers. Then there's some Sonic the Hedgehog discussion, and you know what that means. We discover the shocking truth that Blake the Hedgehog's father is a vampire, a twist that not even the most dedicated 12-year-old deviant art addict could even predict. (laughs) To cap things off, we get Chase's email debut, as well as a rather confusing discussion in which Jay insists that he's met Blake, but Blake claims that he's never met either Jay or Robert. (laughs) I do remember that. that. I don't remember who it was, but somebody else at EG reminded me. Anyways, who cares? There's nobody else that was anything that like looked anything like Blake. I swear there was. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Maybe I just met Blake. I suppose Jay might have just been getting in real life mixed up with his self in. With his self-insertion fan- fanfic in which he meets Blake Hedgehog slash Fox slash Harshan persona. Don't worry, <laughs> it happens to all of us. And episode 68. This episode sees the debut of the great new theme song and highly dramatic email music. Robert and Jay get so caught up on talking about how amazing the music is, they forget to explain why Blake isn't there until half an hour into the episode. <laughs> I <remember this. laughs> 
when Blake finally shows up, his rant on Final Fantasy Thirteen reaches such epic lengths that even Robert starts asking if it's almost over. <laughs> Chase's question of the day is what gaming-related thing the hosts wish they could do, to which Robert says, start a podcast. <laughs> kind of heartwarming if you think about it. Well, either that or a smart arst, but let's go with heartwarming, Robert. Uh, then pro- oh, Robert then proceeds to replay the email music for the second and third emails. He likes it that much. Yeah. I do remember that. I do note, however, that he didn't play it for the fourth email, which was mine. What a ripoff. Oh, man. Yeah. Finally, yeah, Robert's discussion of Crusader Kings 2 is possibly the greatest thing you'll ever hear if you take it out of context. My third wife looked like a winner, but I didn't pay very close attention to her characteristics. And after I married her, I realized she was a lesbian. But also, she was a, she had the lustful trait, which overcame her lesbianism. Yeah. So I was able to to have plenty of children with her. <laughs> I nice. Hope, and that was a good voice. That was re- a good impersonation too. Thanks. That that was you. Uh, I, I can only hope he was recording this episode on his phone while on public transport or something. <laughs> Looks of anyone overhearing this would have been priceless. Then again, his wife. Oh, there's more. You cut off. Huh. Oh, my bad. Here, hold on. Let me. uh, Holy shit! There's more. No, there's just a little bit more. I was gonna say, oh, this is like my entire screen. Holy shit, Simon! You can type. Uh, so let's see. Then again, his wife overhearing it might have been even better. I'd like the fifteen honorable mentions, but given that you probably. You're probably in about the ninth hour of the podcast by now. I better not go there. But I can't pass up a quick shout-out to episode 60 in which Robert Robert's discussion of Honey Pop causes Blake to literally leave the call and not come back. <laughs> I was very close to doing the same thing. Uh, and that sounds like a good place to end this email. I hope you realize you're going to have to top this episode when you reach number 200. Better start Fuck preparing those that. lists now. Dude, we'll top. Are you kidding me? We will dominate this. Okay, but maybe we just won't take as long to, to dominate it. We'll do we'll do a fourteen hour episode. All right, that is going to actually do it. Is it? Is that for, it? That is it. So uh, a few thank yous I'd like to throw out before we finish this uh, this centennial episode, as everyone uh, has been calling it. Uh, thanks to all of the guests who came on earlier in the show. Uh, Ken Taylor <clears throat> from uh, from Extra Lives, Alex from uh, SNES Drug, of course, Jay. From uh, Gaming J one thousand one, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and of course Chase the Night Cleaner. Thank you guys yeah, for coming on, joining us. That was a fun way to start the episode, and it actually didn't. I thought it was going to be like absolute chaos. I was like, well, that'll be fun, even if it is. But it actually <laughs> went really smoothly. Yeah, so. they were very respectful of each other. And yeah. it was actually crazy. Uh, thank you to all of the emailers. For this episode and all of the past episodes, especially the uh, the very regular emails, Chase, of course, uh, Jeff, Jonathan, Simon, Ryan, Sam, uh, Father Beast, who wrote in tonight, has written in a few times. If I for- if I forgot about you, uh, then I am sincerely uh, sorry, but right now I'm about to lose my damn mind because I've been talking for eight hours straight. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you so much to everybody who came on. Thank you so much to all of our emailers. Thank you to uh, to Blake, who, even though he's not a part of the podcast anymore, he was for a very long time and was really a very important part of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We wouldn't have started without him, to be honest with you. Yeah. And that third person. Right. Yeah. And thank you, Jay, 
for uh, doing this six-hour, 45-minute so far marathon. And for um, what, what other kind of what other kind of things do I have to thank you for? I guess that's basically about it. For for what? Let's let's talk about all the times <laughs> we've gone to events together, all the times we've hung out, played games together, we worked together for a number of years. Jeez. Okay, all that stuff. <laughs> and help. No, thank thank you as well. It it actually has been. If, I was talking to Lisa about this earlier. I can't believe we've been doing this as long as we have. <laughs> I know it's. When we started it, we were just like, we're just going to do this. And yeah. if it works, it works. If not, no big deal. And now it's three, four years later, and we're a hundred episodes deep. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to think about. It seriously is. Somebody was uh, on Twitter. I was like, you know, because I've been making like a big to do about like a hundred episodes. Like, sure. You know, this is going to be long and all that. And like, we're going to take a break in between or, you know, an extra week break. Somebody, somebody, I realized it probably sounded this way from the way we were talking about it. Somebody messaged us on Twitter and said, you guys aren't quitting after the hundredth episode, are you? <laughs> I think we made it sound that way, but no, we will uh, hopefully be back. Farewell. We might actually take a little bit of, we might be, be three weeks in between to the next episode this time. Yeah, we can uh, talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll see. See if um, our voices exist. Yeah. It's going to be a good few days until we're able to talk again. And thank you finally to uh, to all the listeners who have been uh, just listening to the podcast. Maybe you haven't written in or whatever. Uh, thanks to everybody who's 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 been listening. And with yeah. that, I think that's going to bring episode number one hundred to a close. Jay, do you have any final words, or is, have you pretty much said them? No, I think that that's pretty much it. We're officially Centurions, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty sick. I wanted to be the title of Centurion. But... I'm gonna wear a cod piece. Please do. Okay with that. All right, I will. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you've made it this yeah. par, this par, this far, then props to you for doing so. Uh, and we will see you guys in two or three. Weeks.